And away we go. Woohoo. But what is ready? And what really? is go? If we look when at Monopoly, go is, you know, a very specific analog. thing. The beginning and the end. And most go is a form of salary. No. Go is a video, no, not a video game, board game. It's like the original board game, right? I'm sure there's a video game of the board game, though. It, actually, I played it, yeah, on Xbox 360. It was alright. Did you yeah. guys know that go is the shortest uh, sentence in the English language? No, it's the shortest sentence, not the shortest sentence. Yeah, the short, that's what I said, the shortest sentence. Yeah, when Americans say sentence fast, they start saying sentence. sentence? Well, noticed. yeah, when you speed everything up, you're going to have to make budget cuts. <laughs> God, you guys the get the tea, discount the version of everything. The T didn't make the, uh, the, it just couldn't make the grade. People are already saying, Wolf, he's, he will be here. He's not currently here. It'll, it'll happen Wolf, eventually. Unlike the rest of us here and the EFAP family, Wolf likes to prioritize other things. Prioritizes like life and stuff. Here. It's disgusting. Doesn't he know when, that EFAP comes above literally every single thing? We've spoken to him about this at length, um, but he seems pretty steadfast that. There are things that are more important than all of you guys. Now, yeah, the rest of us, we oxygen. disagree, and we disavow his position. <laughs> but he's definitely a work in progress. And that's why you should elect us as your 2020 candidate for the presidential electorate electionizer. Yeah, I think that we're going to bring the country into a new golden age of EFAP. We'll bring balance to the force. Look, Wolf is just out for some cigarettes. He'll be back soon. Any day now. Or have you seen the hey. podcast between Alt Shift X and Just Right? That's a thing. Oh, Alt God. Shift X, never heard of him. I like He's Alt a guy Shift that does X. a bunch of uh, Game of Thrones episode recaps and uh, analyses and such. He does pretty good oh. work. Accidentally found it already. What is this? Episode 15 Game of Thrones featuring Alt Shift X and Just Right. Oh, so it's like someone else's podcast with them two on it, I guess? <gasps> okay, well. <laughs> I like Alt-Shift-X's wig. I'm not a fan of Just Right's wig. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know what Alt-Shift-X thinks about um, being objective about the wig or whatever, because he, uh, I've seen a lot of his takes, and he usually says that his channel isn't about having a, um, a personal take on what happens. So, for example, with how bad Game of Thrones was, he was like, eh, you know, this happens, this happens, this happens, and that doesn't really make a lot of sense because this, and I'm not going to get into it. That's not all this channel is for. It's like, ooh. Yeah, but that's not objectivity because there's some philosophers said 200 years ago in a book that he wrote that no one read except. Well, do, 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 that's oh, the true, Rags. That is the true. I used to read books, but then um, I gave up reading for Lent one year, oh. and I forgot. How did that go? It turns out reading isn't like swimming or something. You can just forget how to do it so that's what happened so now i only read through pictures and uh very generous interpretations hmm. how do you read a picture how do you read a picture well i say that in more colloquial sense it's like to scan it with your eyeballs yeah to access the aesthetics um see blessed southpaw said he's been watching sicario have you guys seen sicario I have not seen Sicario. Oh, Rags, can we watch that? Maybe even today. <laughs> yeah, sure. I fucking we can, we love can that watch movie. Sicario. 
I've heard like, good things about Sicario. Then they made a sequel, and I almost made is a video. Sicario, like, uh, is he like an Italian guy? Yep, he's an Italian. He makes pizzas, but someone. Ah, my name just, is a Sicario. He gets ah. he gets some bad luck. His his, his pizza place is attacked by Spider Man, and he has to fight him. Sicario oh, is like uh, no. in the Spider Man universe. Great, pretty good. Yeah. It's the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Most people didn't know that that was actually in that universe. It's only recently been uncovered. Oh, I had no idea. Yep. Because you never actually see Tobey Maguire. You can only hear his tears. Oh. Rise in different scenes. It's really, really good. They... Balls a lot it's of cash. riveting storytelling. Yes. Um... So, so how is everybody? It's been like ten years since the last EFA. It has been a while. Um... I couldn't read last time, either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's good because it means that you'll never necessarily reach you know an end, so it'll all be middle. And I've heard mixed things about the middle. Uh, I've actually... always liked the middle, namely being in the middle. Mm -hmm. I, the I've heard that everybody prefers like it the these right days. Place to be. Yeah, everything's all about the middle or something. That was such I a was bad gonna, video. I was going to say also that the, now that we've established I, that I cannot read. Um, I just wanted to let you know that all the all like all the messages that we exchange, you know, to set up these efaps and everything, I don't actually know what the fuck you're saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just have to go by your expression. Yeah, um, like sort of like the the volume alone. You yeah, just guess things of, from that. Yeah, kind of. Uh, and I just sort of just clap the keyboard, and what happens happens. Mueller invite. So I hope that you've been getting legible, you know, messages back. Invite. Be high, cheeks set me high to EFAP. <laughs> me high, oh, cheeks set me high. If you would like to be on EFAP, we would, we would love to would, have you. Would appreciate it. Video was such a catastrophe. Yeah, there was someone posted on our Discord a screenshot of somebody in chat. I must have missed it. Who said something like, like you know, the only reason you're ripping this video apart is because you're breaking it up into pieces. You keep pausing. Let the guy make an argument. I was like, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it I was don't know that. About that. <laughs> I'm I'm not certain that's why we ripped into it. I th I think that the video that was That was how we ripped into it. Yeah. You know, some videos can stand up. I mean, this is the thing. We've covered videos on EFAP that we've actually concluded aren't too bad even with our format. So some videos can apparently survive it. Videos are like that are why it's no longer fashionable to be like an academic or anything. Because Explain. people people just go on the internet with some reference to some book of some kind and start spouting utter nonsense in a video essay with like tangential reference to some kind of theory by someone or something. What are you saying? That's probably not even remotely relevant. You're saying Game of Thrones was one. bad outside of the fact that it lacked more middle? Yeah. <laughs> I think that theory just nailed it. I don't see how anything else could possibly explain anything. I was so beyond impressed with it. Well, I don't know. I have to feel like there's some other issues going on. Hmm. Maybe that's just me. It might be just. It my was opinion. once said that a sandwich um, without a middle is only bread. Theo, we're mad at him for Why? D and D. Have you ditched D and D for today, D, D, D Theo? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This was the thing that Theo was supposed to be doing last time, but then we got sidetracked with being Nazis. You know, it happens. Yeah, that takes my. Uh, that takes our attention away. Hmm. You can't blame us for it, but this is the this is the final yeah. time you'll ever be taken away from D and D unless he wants to come on future. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you you know. have to know where you're. My last ever are. appearance. Goodbye, everyone. You have a, to know who you're one. loyal to. Your friends or us. 
Oh, I mean, shit. EFAB comes above all, like we said, other than maybe oxygen. We'll let you have oxygen, okay? That's our oh, gift. Yeah, gods. that bitch. Because I need, I need oxygen in order to partake in the EFAB, so... Yeah. I guess I don't need D&D in order to partake in the EFAB. It's either mm. us or Mihai Cheeks sent Mihai. I can't get over that name. <laughs> <laughs> I like how like, before we checked it, it was funny. And then after we checked, we were like, no, it's still funny. <laughs> the fact that it exists is still funny. I, it sounds like such a meme name. Like, you, that's not a real name. I like how we instantly <laughs> paused the video when he said that. And again, like, I want whoa, to clarify. You can have a funny name no matter where you're from. That one's just hilarious. That one's yeah. just funny. Mihai Cheek sent Mihai. It's just a <laughs> funny name. I'm glad it really it's so rolls funny. off the tongue. It's memorable too. And I wonder if he like learned English, you know, after having that name, and then sort of looked back on his name like, oh man, that sounds really dumb. But in a good way, it'll be a good icebreaker. Be mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm Mihai Cheek sent Mihai. People are like, what? My name is Mihai Cheek sent Mihai, and you're like, I'm I'm sorry, I got the first word, but what? Mihai. Mihai, do you like? Okay, I get Hello, it. Hello, hi. No, 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 no. Me, hi. He's like, oh, I got you, dude. Blaze it. <laughs> no, I no, feel no. like that must have me happened to him. He's like, oh, you like to take it up the ass? He's like, no, 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 no. Me, high cheeks sent. I'm like, oh, you sent your high cheeks. And he like writes all of it down and shows you, and you're like, nope, still not following. <laughs> like, no, me, high cheeks sent me. Hi, hello. <laughs> See, no. we've already written like a whole me fucking hi, comedy. Me <laughs> sent me hi. Like, hello, me high cheeks sent me. I wonder if his parents hated him. And shouldn't it be my high cheeks sent me? Like, no, 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 listen. Me high cheeks. <laughs> How long's this scene gonna keep going? Oh, the whole episode. <laughs> um, so what yeah, we, the plan today is to talk about. Finally, Just Right, which a lot of people have wanted to talk about for ages. Just Right's video on objectivity, and then if we can, we'll get through another video on top of that after that one. Um, but before that, but since it's thematically relevant, there's another video that I was sent, and I, I want to cover it first. It's only ten minutes, this one. Um, is, is everybody in the watch together, ready to start up this disaster? No, let, yeah. me, let me click on the watch together link, and we'll explore. So this one is called Modern Critique Bingo. And it is a criticism of, I guess, video essays using words that uh, they don't necessarily understand. And so that's something we kind of do sometimes. Um, or if we, These if words we don't understand? We, we criticize people for maybe that, but also maybe just not being clear on, say, for example, use one word, and it can mean several things. It's like, maybe tell us what you're trying to say. Instead of just using it and assuming we know what your chosen definition is, that's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. I usually get confused with like, that. Like, I feel that people misuse the word facetious often. You're being facetious. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's worth saying that asking for clarification is a good thing. No, it's bad. Like, if you don't what? understand what people are saying immediately the first time they say it, you're a fucking retard. Boy, it sucks we're in a society where that's actually the case. If someone says you're being facetious, someone else might be like, I yeah, I know. And then they quickly like when it. I was talking to somebody about like Game of Thrones, and I was like, "Well, could you could you define a nitpick?" And they're like, "What do you mean? Everyone knows what a nitpick is." Like, Except everyone, knows, everyone disagrees. Everyone knows that. And then eventually, when I got him to give his definition, it was completely different than mine on a very fundamental level. So, like, this is why we do this. 
almost as if definitions are a lot more fluid well, yeah. than they're made out to be. There was an argument on Twitter ages ago that was like, um, uh, he doesn't even know what nitpick means about me. And then they were like, what does it mean? They were like, it means an invalid criticism. And I was like, that's not uh, what it means at all. <laughs> Isn't like I've always known nitpick to mean a valid but tiny criticism. Very small one that doesn't really matter. But it's still there. In, mm. in the way that it's like, your perfectly white suit has a small black piece of, like, I don't know, fluff on it. I'm going to pick that right off. And it's like, all right, geez, it didn't really matter. You couldn't even see it. And it's like, yep, yeah. but it was still there. Um, it carries the connotations it. of, like, overreaching to try and find problems. Yeah, and then, and then you can have people Which say, because of that black piece of fluff, your entire suit doesn't work. And it's like, um, no, that doesn't really follow. Like, how, how do you... Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, and that's what... People are typically complaining about people nitpicking for. They're like, don't, oh, all he does is nitpick to try and say the thing is bad. And it's like, oh, well, I think that we should talk about nitpicks because the reason why they're there and, why, and how we can get rid of them. But yeah, I wouldn't say that uh, <laughs> everyone has a different definition of what qualifies. That's the problem. I mean, wouldn't things be better without those things that we could nitpick? Yeah, that's a simple piece of logic. It's like, why, why not not have those things? And how do we do that? Well, we need to identify them so we can learn how to not have them there in the first place. That'd be good. Why not have consistent writing? Why not have no nitpickable things in it? Yes. Um, which leads us to this video that's going to bring up a lot of topics and this man's perspective on all of them. And we're going to have some fun on the bun. Um, you guys ready? Oh, who's bun? Ready when you are. But yeah, again, this is called Modern Critique Bingo, if you guys want to uh, check it out yourselves. Alright, do we need to, do we need like a bingo board in order to... He didn't supply one with the video, I was quite upset about that, I thought that he would, in the description, give me a link to a bingo board, but nope, apparently not. He's gonna do the bingo in for us. DX. Who's DX? Following video is in the 21... 9 aspect ratio. Select 1440p for intended viewing. Mm. Well, hold on. Uh, all right. All of, like, all of my videos are 1440p, 60fps, or at least they are now. Thank you, Das Bullshit, for helping <laughs> me do that. Um, but I don't think I ever have to change... I, I think if you don't have it in 1440p, if you have it in, like, 480 or 360 or whatever... I don't think he... Then they'll I still guess... fill the, the YouTube screen, right? I mean, no, it doesn't really well, matter. Let's, let's, no, I don't, I've seen important. the first few minutes of this, and his footage oh, doesn't okay. really... Oh, if you go to his, his video, click on the link to the video. It's like in this ultra-wide, yeah. But, like, his footage doesn't necessarily um, matter. It's just, it's just a series of clips in the background that are not, not necessarily connected to what he says. I might be wrong, I only saw the first few minutes, but it doesn't seem that important, but, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I've never... I don't think I can remember another video that had this aspect ratio on YouTube. Criticism is everywhere. It's inescapable nature. <laughs> like the... This fucking <laughs> intro. God, I hate it. I agree. Criticism is everywhere. Right. Criticism is everywhere. Its inescapable nature, made possible by the accessibility of the internet, has made it the forefront of many discussions about entertainment. And for good reason. The discussions we have about works of fiction promote critical thinking, especially when there's a back and forth dialogue about things we disagree on. We learn a lot from the things we don't like. And as of late, I've seen a lot of terms and terrible rhetoric thrown around that don't really describe the issues at hand with a work as much as they act as a doorstop to any real discussion or critique. Alright. I guess okay. is it setup? 
Following? Seems fine. or critique. Today, we're going to take a look at a collection of these terms and explain their true meaning while sharply contrasting that meaning with the way they're popularly used today. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I, uh, it can, all right, so here's what, I haven't seen this yet. Um, my prediction is that his complaint will be that philosophically, Object, he's going to apply some ultra anal philosophical definition to objectively here that nobody uses. Um, possibly well, philosophers use it. Well, well, I mean, people, people, <laughs> hey, come on, man, <laughs> philosophers aren't people. Um, yeah, when, when I saw this, I was just like, oh god, here we go. Because, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like it's a very to be objective about anything, like make a statement or a claim, and it can typically be put into objective or subjective, and then it could be valid um, or invalid as an objective statement. Like if I said, uh, there are seven bricks in that wall, and you look at it and you're like, but there are eight. So what I said wasn't necessarily subjective, it could have just been objective with poor information. Um, but if I was like, there are eight bricks in that wall, I'm, I'm curious how someone would argue that you're not being objective. You, you were clearly influenced by your bias if there was actually eight bricks, so I should be like, oh. Hmm. It's All like, right. well, you were using your eyes to make that calculation, and so you're just using the interpretation of the light bouncing off of the objects and right. being picked up by the retinas of your eyes and scanned by your brains, which means that truly it can't be possibly, you know. Which again... I hope but, it's not going to be one of those videos. I mean, it, I, I don't typically bother with people if they go that route, because I'm just like, okay, yeah, so you yeah. think that nothing can be objective whatsoever. It's like, okay, that was a great conversation, Most bye. Most people I know of are happy to agree on, like, facts. Like, but what is the there's fact eight bricks in that wall. Well, typically people don't like to go against science being objective. That's, that's a boundary line they don't want to cross. So if, they, if that can be objective, then we start to work from there. And how can, we, how can it be in, uh, approached with art? Hmm. Objectively is the most egregiously misused term in the modern most? criticism. It's also the most obvious because it's popular use in the phrases objectively good and I think that the most egregiously overused or misused thing is like theme. Yeah, That's I think I agree with you on that. I actually yeah, I think I agree with that. Um people abuse the shit out of the word theme and they don't tend to actually talk about what makes uh a theme let's say well planned out or at least uh, consistent with the actual narrative versus just going no. It's a great theme. They you know, don't so like to go for themes with strong, like, textual reference, which is how you make a strong interpretation. Right. They just tend to, you know, bring well, something yeah, and I don't think people tangential are prepared, to the work, I'd say. I don't think people are prepared for the whole, like, you know, oh, TLJ's theme was blah, blah, blah. And then you go, but this thing that happens in the film is in direct opposition to that theme. And then they'll be like, no, it's not. I disagree. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. There was no, we didn't need to go to the like, oh, it's my opinion thing. It's like, no, 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 these are the, did, did, do you remember, we had this with Major Lee, where it was like, the whole idea of Poe didn't make any mistakes, and his, his argument at one point was that Poe, uh, that Leia slapped him. And I remember being like, so, by virtue of Leia slapping him, he did something wrong. It's not that she could have been incorrect about the scenario at all. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, no, it was the Kylo, Kylo and Ren were clearly... Kylo and Ren. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
Wake up um, not bad no, of it. Maybe second. I'll remember. I'll remember her now. I will do it. Ray is her name. Not Kylo and Ren. Kylo <laughs> and Ray, who are the characters featured in The Last Jedi, in that discussion that we had, we he brought up how Kylo and Ray had some romantic thing going on between them. He's not the only one who thinks that, I found. Well, he it, that is sad, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's just like, okay, okay, fine. What are your references? They touched fingers. Mm, okay. I've touched fingers. I've had my penis inside of people that I didn't feel roman romance for. Well, So this whole touching fingers thing ain't gonna fly, son. I always found it really awkward in that film because she goes from, like, absolutely despising him like sort of liking him in just one scene. Yeah, like, really that's, poorly just, developed. that's how charismatic uh, Adam Driver is and how the <laughs> script just enhanced his charisma. Uh, but yeah, he's, so he said his, his problem is with objectively good and bad, so I'm going to let him go on a little bit before I guess... Kylo Ren... I can add one thing to that the first order. really quickly uh, from... Uh, like I guess the philosophical camp is that that is one of the main digs with objectivity is the idea of objective value. Yeah, like, we agree then, on facts. How do you the, the jump that people have issues with is going from Holdo as an inconsistent character in TLJ to Holdo's inconsistency in TLJ is objectively bad. Yeah, which and then uh, turning that into a general rule. You still have you have to dig deeper into all the definitions. So again, I was going to let him go first. And then I'll develop in again. modern criticism. It's also the most obvious because it's popular use in the phrases objectively good and objectively bad totally is the most evident in jokes. its contradiction. Good and bad are subjective terms. So good and bad are subjective terms. <sighs> the issue mm. is that good and bad, as I've said on this podcast a million times, and people really don't want to grasp this, is if I told you to define good. Your answer to me should be, um, well, <laughs> kind of depends on how you're using it in the sentence. Yeah. Because... There's two different uses of good. If we go with Google, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven main definitions. So, like, the idea that someone uses it to mean having the required qualities of a high standard, which is the second most used definition, um, people ignore that. They're like, no, that's not what good means. I got ten here. So to be there are definitions as a noun and an adverb. I, yeah, that's the thing. It gets even worse when you start to look into all of the definitions as well, because they can all vary to a different degree. So if good, if I'm using good to mean of a high standard, and I'm using objective to mean irrelevant of my feelings, then objectively good means of a high standard with no influence of how I feel. Does it not? In that, and you'd be like, well, not necessarily. It could mean, and I'm like, yeah, 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 but that's how I'm using it. That's what I'm using it to mean. That's why I always say uh, objectively good storytelling. Typically, in my videos, I, I'm trying to grow out of just saying good because I know people for some reason will be like, wow, he's saying that objectively everybody should like it. And I'm like, that's obvious. <sighs> no, that's not what I'm saying at all, but okay. So, of a high standard. And then you, you can go on to say, but a standard is subjective. That would be the next step. But, like, we couldn't even get that far with this guy. As far as, as far as he's concerned, good and bad are subjective things. Um, Just decreed that they're subjective terms, and you know, I'd like to see some backing for that. Exactly why that's the case. Maybe I'll go into that. Yeah, and I don't know. That seems, and, and there are people out there who'll be like, "Wow, use Google definitions," and I'm like, "I mean, 
we can you you can use whichever one you like. Let's uh, Google, if anything, is the simple ones, which means that if you want to keep going in, we're just going to get more and more and more exact. And that only helps us. Well, and, and this is the thing. Google's just trying to represent what people are typically using it for. That's what a dictionary is for. It's like, hey, this yeah. is what this word is typically used for. And so I appreciate the fact that the primary definition is to be desired, something that people like or want. Well, and it's like, yeah, but that's like, not what we're talking about. Tell us the definitions that Google gave us you disagree with. Uh, and, and yeah, that's the thing, if you're very specific about it. And then I was going to say, and that's why we use sometimes words like solid or um, strong. We say like writing is strong. You're like, what do you mean by that? And it's like, usually mean tight. What do you mean by that? And it's like, well, without no, inconsistencies. Writing can lift heavy objects, smaller. <laughs> that's kind of, and that's the primary definition of strong, right? Probably, I don't know. I just, this is the thing, it's like, he's already assumed that everybody's using the definitions that he uses. Because I told you, I already understand, uh, People, there's some people out there who think objective means everybody feels that way. Like, we, we do see that quite a bit. And that's something a lot of people that's, have said. Just right said if it. If one it's like, person what? disagrees, it can't be objective. And that's, that thing isn't nothing objective at that point because there's no, there's always going to be what one guy. What if there's a crazy person out there who thinks the Earth is a red velvet cake? Or that the world wasn't birthed by the cosmic chicken. Like, there are people out there who don't believe in that. It's a travesty. But they'll learn. Oops. They'll learn in the end. Mm. And when it comes to settling on whether or not good and bad can even be objective, one way to bridge the gap of a non-believer is to ask if one thing can be objectively more good or more bad than another thing. Mm -hmm. If there are degrees to good and bad. Anyway, kicking on. Hmm. Here if we can get some arguments. Add our subjective terms. Objectivity is the opposite of subjectivity. No, that's you... not true. The Object opposite. The, the, op the opposite of objectivity is not objectivity. And the opposite of subjectivity is not subjectivity. It's not what I'm opposite. I mean, is he the trying to argue of, that they like the fill two halves of a hole? Uh, that's probably what he's trying to get at, but that's not actually... If he's going to be anal, then... Well, we I've had, well a, I've had a lot. I've had a lot <laughs> of practice. Okay, so activity is carry the on. opposite of subjectivity. To use the term objectively in relation to the word good or bad shows a fundamental misunderstanding of what the word means. So, by saying what the word means implies to me that he thinks that there's only one way to use any word. Pretty much, which is this word. The word means this. There's no other way. The word is used, which yeah, is wrong. And if I was to be, introduce someone to the idea that a word can mean more than one thing, the word I would use first is good or bad. They would be the ones I'd yeah. choose. I'd be like, yeah, these ones, they're some of the worst for this shit. They can mean a lot of things. Like, what were the other ones? Uh, we went over two of them. We got um, skilled at doing or dealing with a. No, wait. Possessing or displaying moral virtue. Yeah, we haven't even gone over the fact that there's a moral element to it. Um, I guess that comes into the whole deserved thing. Giving pleasure, enjoyable, or satisfying, thorough. Did you about the, about the herpes question? I was on for that one. Okay, I was, just, I was making sure who had and hadn't, because I was just trying to keep my brain straight here. Mm. <laughs> what was your answer to that, Theo? Uh, it's probably expected, but I don't know if they deserve it. See, Theo's on a smart some, man, perhaps. <laughs> He said, I don't know if they deserve it, Rags. He's in the middle. The, ble huh? the blessed <laughs> middle. middle. He's in the middle. The, place to be. the, bless the blessed middle. He's an enlightened centrist on Join the Join me HQ. in the middle. 
yeah, so another definition is valid, which takes you into a whole other fucking... Uh, and then seven is used in conjunction with the name of God or a rela related expression as an exclamation of extreme surprise or anger, such good as heavens. good heavens, yeah. Good golly gosh, Batman. And so if someone said good heavens, then he goes, you've used that word wrong. There is no, so you can't have something that is a good heaven. Or something you'd be like, okay. <laughs> in my opinion, heaven is good. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is already I'll be just having a good time. Also, yeah, just whoever made this video, if you ever catch wind that we've covered it, you're welcome to come on and talk about these points. Because I don't know. I feel like he would fold on this immediately. He'd be like, "Yeah, okay, there are more than one ways to use it." I wonder if he'd say like, you "Only in you can't use it more than one way in film criticism or something." Yeah, you don't get to just say that X and Y terms are subjective or are objective are something because that's not. That's not quite how language works, especially words like good and bad, because of the huge variety of uses have they have. Meaning? Yeah, I don't even... Or do they just have shared understandings? Pretty much. Because <laughs> words evolve completely. Look, look at... Look at... Um, <laughs> look at Massive. <laughs> <laughs> we are so large. Word good or bad shows a fundamental misunderstanding of what the word means. Further, the use of this term kills any discussion about the subject because it simplifies the subject by making it an undebatable truth, thus killing any no, elaboration the on what it. So How, we have so we've had so many discussions prompted around just the idea of objectivity as a concept in criticism. I think this is like the a discussion. I don't, it's it's almost you could just discuss this for ages. I don't know if anyone who's making an objective claim with regards to a film is saying this is absolutely the case, rather they're saying as the facts arrayed before me are presented, this appears to be the case. Um, like, X film is bad because, uh, because of X, Y, and Z that has appeared to me from the film. If anything, objectivity, as we see it in media, allows us to formulate those discussions and leads us to believe that we can come up with a what we believe to be the, the correct um, answer on something. Yeah. I mean, there's objectivity. We, we use objectivity as essentially the basis of the scientific method as we understand it. And Lord knows there will be never ending discussion as that topic's explored. What, you think we're going to figure science out? Well, I was going to say, there is, to this day, discussion out. on whether or not the Earth is flat. <laughs> so, like, I don't think it killed discussion, unfortunately. So well, Cosmic chickens don't lay flags. Um, so, you know. A lot of people... That's true. It's, I, I've asked chat a few times, but everyone keeps saying rewind, and I was asking why. I can't seem to find... Apparently, rags objectively misheard something. What did I miss here? I don't know. I don't know either. Also, yeah, the, as, as, as Justin's just highlighted, the fact that I've been trying to use objectivity in videos has caused massive amounts of discussion. <gasps> massive. Yes. That it. Um, Alright, well, we'll go back, no more. like, a good half a minute to make sure we've not missed whatever people are talking about. It's also the most obvious because it's popular use in the phrases objectively good and objectively bad is the most evident in its contradiction. Good and bad are subjective terms. 
Objectivity is the opposite of subjectivity. To use the term objectively in relation to the word good or bad shows a fundamental misunderstanding of what the word means. Further, the use of this term kills any discussion of- Did he ever actually explain how it's a contradiction? Because uh, the words are inherently subjective and you're trying to- It's like, I guess he thinks it's like you're saying that is objectively subjective. Even though- <laughs> You could say that actually. <laughs> I was just thinking. Yeah, he's because he said the the use of the phrase is objectively good and objectively bad, objectively bad are inherently contradictory. And I'm like, can you tell us how? Yeah, that oh, claim so, needs substantiation. Rags. So he, uh, yo, apparently he said objectivity. He didn't say objectivity is the opposite of objectivity. He said objectivity is the opposite of subjectivity. I thought you knew that. I thought yeah, Rags, that, that no. doesn't yep. actually change the... Rags' response was that um, the opposite of objectivity would be not objectivity, right? That's what you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, if you, even if you swapped them around, it would be the exact same thing. Yeah, so, yeah, Rags wasn't... Rags didn't mishear that. That was... It would be the same response either way. But hey, we'll, oh, I, I do try and... I do kind of try and keep track of chat in case we do... Um, Make a mistake of some kind, it's all good. Um, you know who can't track chat? Wolf. <laughs> we can't if he's not even here. It was a fundamental misunderstanding of what the word means. Further, the use of this term kills any discussion about the subject because it simplifies the subject by making it an undebatable truth, thus killing any elaboration on what is actually meant with the use of this term. By so the implication uh... being that once I tell you that Holdo uh, was wrong not to tell Poe the plan. It kills discussion on the idea that she may or may not have been wrong to tell Poe the plan. Yeah, Is we've, that what you're we've never had any discussions uh, around The Last Jedi, especially. Also, I don't think that it's a bad thing to reach a conclusion. Um, yeah, so, it feels like uh, it's a cart before the horse, almost. For example, is it contrived that Star-Lord punches Thanos in... Infinity War. Infinity War, and it, it's a discussion that goes on for a while, and uh, thanks to Endgame, I think we've concluded that it's a yes now, because Doctor Strange would have seen it coming, and he chose not to do anything about it, when if he had, it may have stopped everything. Like, if he just mm -hmm. ported Star-Lord out, and the fact that Iron Man saw it coming, and he could have probably blasted him away, and he did nothing, the fact that the gauntlet doesn't come off for ages, even though Thanos is asleep, it's like, what's... put some butter in there, guys, come on. Get, get, get it out. Butter him up. And yeah, you, you talk about it for a while, and a lot of people who, uh, probably including myself, who come straight off the movie are like, no, 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 it makes sense, because then you support it with all of the Star Lord's history. But it doesn't, when you get to the wider context and you're able to separate yourself, you can reach a conclusion, and then, it's not like there's an ongoing discussion about whether or not the room is a masterpiece of filmmaking, for like writing and direction and audio editing and stuff. It's like, no, it's pretty much been concluded. Because However, if you would like to make an argument and have yeah. a discussion, that would be great. And that's what that happens on YouTube. Super fun. You get those videos I, that are like, turns out Spider-Man 3 from the Raimi films is actually good. You'll find a video like that and you're like, okay, give it to me. What have we got? Yeah, let's hear it. The, the discussion happens, then the consensus is, is uh, reached, and that's what's considered, quote-unquote, objective, until I suppose a better argument comes along and changes the consensus. A consensus doesn't necessarily start from one person just going, "Hey, this is my, this is what I saw from the film, and I think this is a problem. Therefore, it is." And the conversation stops there. And no, it's hashed out until a conclusion is reached. 
And if someone says, uh, for example, Batman Homecoming is a terrible movie, we don't have to accept that. <laughs> we can be like, all right, give us your arguments, and we'll, we'll argue against it, because... And there's not a limit on how many discussions you can have about a particular topic. Nope. You can just keep having discussions until the cows come home. Literally. And the idea that someone uses object like you know so we conclude that this is objectively poorly written and he's sitting there watching the video like what well now i can't say anything back it's like no, no you can they might have fucked something up you can be objectively wrong because uh, you got a faulty piece of information i don't know objectively is basically the n-word of criticism <laughs> so who do we get, who do we get it, the pass from down all discussion who do we get the pass from um me oh you have the objective pass I am, uh, I mean, if you, it depends on how, you want, how far back you want to go, but I am, uh, I'm some part inward, I'm sure. Thus, hello, all my inwards. That's us. Wolf gave us the pass a long time ago. He gave us a lot of the passes. Massive pass was one. He made a pass at me. He did. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep going, I guess. See what else he's got thus killing any elaboration on what is actually meant with the use of this term. By saying something is objectively anything, it robs that subject of its true meaning. What oh, tell me what, what? is true. Sorry, but what does true mean? <laughs> yeah, Holy shit. True meaning. Not one of them there false meanings. How is, how is, uh, how can I not just reflect the same criticism on him? I'd be like, true meaning? Does anything have a true meaning? Yeah, what do you mean? You mean objectively the true meaning, or just <laughs> like, what you feel is the I'm not even meaning. sure I agree that anything has true meaning. What does that mean? <laughs> I, what does that sentence mean? Robbing it's, it's it of its true meaning. Fakingly. It, it, it's a whole lot of buzzwords, I can tell you that much. I was gonna say, this is kind of an ironic video, but... Uh, what, so You're what do you say is saying something is objectively anything robs it of its true meaning? Yeah. That's that's something to just um, stare at for a while. <laughs> I'm trying to. Oh, how? What if you're right though? Is what if you're like... right about your assessment of its meaning? Then it doesn't rob it of its true meaning. It just means you've described its true meaning. If he believes that, because he he says things by saying that he robs by him saying that the true meaning has been robbed, it implies there is a true meaning to be robbed. Hmm. I love just for him to develop that because it sounds like he's just a hypocrite right now. I don't know. Is nah, objectively it no, anything, no, no. it robs that subject of its true meaning. Water, for example, is not objectively good for us. Water is essential to our- Well, it depends what standard you're well, using. Depends, uh, yeah, it depends on what you mean by good. If you mean it is good to survive, then <laughs> yeah, yeah like, water like, is objectively it's, good. It's got nutritional value, I suppose. Or, you know, you could easily have a scientific- But then you could be like, uh, water is objectively bad for us in massive quantities where we're stuck in it, if you know what I mean. Like, you can drown yeah, us. Like water is objectively good in moderation. Yeah. If the, if the end point, like, if our goal here- which is an which is generally a good thing to have in these discussions is what is the, what are you trying to accomplish? What's we, the end goal? We we we, we, we object, human beings objectively need water to survive. Like I don't even. What do you I mean? mean? Generally, they do. Yeah, some are sewer, some are suicidal. Right, I guess, right. But well, yeah. I was just gonna say, like, is there? Can you can't like whatever the compound is at the base level? Like humanity, humans need it to. To go on, right? Like we die of dehydration before starvation, um, because water is more important fundamentally oh, yeah, to way us. Oh yeah, quicker, yeah. I don't. Well, 
mean, it's it's an oddly formed thing here that he would say, I mean, that's, you want to frame, all right, if the goal is X and water has these properties and we know this about humans, then you can say, barring freaks of nature, right, and, and flukes of evolution and such, then we can conclude this about water's effect on human bodies that helps us to reach that goal that we've determined. I think he's trying to use a different definition of objectivity. He's just he's not just elaborating it on really well. Yeah. Robbing it of its like, true meaning. Because objectivity, as used in philosophy and other places, uh, is essentially independent of human thought, uh, ideas, or perception of the matter. Like the thing as it is, kind of, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a whole argument around objective value in that case, like that kind of objective value. That's where, again, one of the big problems arises. In that, how, how does a thing get value without people to ascribe that value to where is the value located within that thing kind of deal, if that makes any sense? Yeah, sort of. I think I, think I know what you're trying to get to. I think I'm, I think I'm picking up what you're laying down. The idea that, uh, like, for something to be valuable, it requires, like... A physical it presence. It requires, sort of, like, yeah, things around it to communicate that value with one another, almost. Yeah, point to, me, point to me where on the human body the value is. Yeah, exactly. It's valuable because of... It's valuable intersubjectively rather than objectively or subjectively, necessarily. But like, with our input or not, Water will uh, subsist a human being. Like it's not, it's yes, not water, debatable. That, yep, water that's can absolutely be the case. But then it can, can also drown a human to facilitate survival. Yep. in a human being. These things are all true. So it's like, so is it objectively good? It's like, well, it depends on what you mean by good. And if you mean it satisfies a standard, then you have to tell us what standard. And if that standard is to prolong existence for a human in moderation, then absolutely it is objectively good. And if you want to just look at water itself and say, is water good? Or what is good water? It's like, well, that's another thing, water, yeah. you know, hydrogen and oxygen molecules in this arrangement. <laughs> so if it is arranged like that, that is good water. Mm. And if it isn't, like oil, oil is bad water. And, <laughs> and yeah, so this is the point. His statement could be correct. It depends on what the context is. What is he actually saying? And that's in these videos. It's part of why my videos are so long. It's like it all reaches one and statement bad. at the end. Like right at the end, I'm yeah. like, so this is a piss poor piece of writing. Thanks for watching this past two hours. <laughs> like, well, why is, okay, is piss objectively poor though? Yeah, piss poor. Oh, it, no. it, it refers to a um. About it. it refers to the objective true meaning of writing. Okay? Piss. The objective. The true yes. meaning. What is, the, what is the true meaning of piss? Uh, substance that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go into this. <laughs> you know, there's some water in piss, so it's objectively good for humans. The water in piss yeah. is good water. Mm-hmm. He just keeps shitty company. Ah, I get it. Our survival. With water, we tend to conflate our survival with the concept we understand is good, and we further conflate that with a truth that is self-evident and therefore objective. Similarly, That's an interesting sentence. Yeah, I need to hear that one again. ...is not objectively good for us. Water is essential to our survival. With water, we tend to conflate our survival oh, with the concept okay. we understand. So we conflate that. our survival with an objective good. It's like, um, 
You can do that. It's the whole point of the word. I mean, once we, once we all, I mean, once everybody in the discussion, if you don't want to set up an objective standard to work towards, then, I mean, that's on you, man. Like, is, is existence inherently good or bad? Probably not. It isn't. I wouldn't say. I think it's completely outside of good or bad because existence is just a state of something. I think I think he's stuck really all the way back. At objective can only be a statement of what is. It can't be a statement of what's good or bad or what's high or low or what's nothing. Anything further than that would be rel relative to something else, and so it's invalid. I'm I'm stuck right now because he, he seems to have shot himself in the foot because he said water is not objectively good for us. Like again, I think you can quite happily say objectively it is factual well, that if it water enables our survival, then that would follow that it's good for us? Question mark. Uh, it, it's good in a utilitarian. <laughs> Someone said in chat, survival like, equals good. Like yeah, I don't know. I guess that comes down to I mean, I, sure. It depends on how inherent to the universe you want to define it. It's like I, I'm perfectly happy going along with the idea that existence is neither good or bad. It's just a state of something's reality or not. Right. Hmm. If you'd said water is object, water isn't objectively good. That's something I can get behind. But you said water isn't objectively good for us. I was like, well. But it, well, it, it is, this is the I'm thing, afraid. This, this is an implication of standard, and I would just be like, so what do you mean when you say that? And once he explains it, I can be like, oh, right, yeah, so what you were saying was true. Which is, this happens all the time. Like, this is why you always develop statements and stuff. By saying something is objectively anything, it robs that subject of its true meaning. Water, for example, is not objectively good for us. Water is essential to our survival. With water, we tend to conflate our survival with the concept we understand is good, and we further conflate that with a truth that is self- So what is and good I mean, to him? Good. What is good? Well, well, yeah, I was about to say, when you say good for survival, which which of the ten definitions of good are we going for here? Okay, because uh, at this point, does he, is he referring to the moral element? Good. I mean, I, I'd say, I mean, existence, I would say, is amoral, it's just... Yeah, that's because that's the if, thing, if he would actually be right. It wouldn't be a moral good that we exist. Yeah. But, is that what he's saying? I don't know. I don't this know is the problem with good like, and bad, you have to be a little bit more specific sometimes. I have no idea where he's going in these past 10, 15 seconds. I don't, I don't know what he's trying to say anymore. I had, like, vague ideas, but it's gone now. <laughs> just, again, buzzwords, I suppose. That's his point, Theo. We further conflate that with a truth that is self-evident and therefore objective. Similarly, some critics tend to conflate well-written examples of character development or foreshadowing as good and turn it into a standard when it was them who decided these examples were well-written to begin with and also them who decided the work of fiction by. We do not decide the truth. The truth exists, and our acknowledgement of that truth is irrelevant to it being a truth. By labeling a work of fiction as objectively good or bad, you're saying that what you're describing as good or bad is a matter of fact, despite you basing this off your interpretation and your standards for what makes a work good. Yeah, we, we acknowledge, we base this in this, or is it, we explore this critique, essentially, in the same way that we do science. Yeah. We cross-reference it with other people. What, what he just said examples. is... We try independent verification. That's how we do everything, what he just... He just criticized how literally humans have approached analysis of anything. But yeah, we set parameters. 
I guess by the definition of objective he seems to be going with, then sure, uh, a media analysis at that point would be normative or intersubjective rather than objective necessarily, I guess. I mean, if we go with, when... that, if we go with objectivity as he's using it in this context. Yeah, well, because this is the thing. It's like, why is it that um, Ray's that weapon that was going to kill Ray disappearing is an objective bad? And my argument would always stem from the idea of the progression of story is completely interrupted. So by the standard of the very piece of work you're trying to create, you've damaged it. In the same way that a pile of fucking bricks is a bad house. And if someone was like, that's not necessarily a bad house, it's like by the standard of what a fucking house is, it is. And it's like, ah, yeah, that's the subjective. And it's like, yeah, but that's what we're talking about. That's specifically what we're talking about in this instance. And it's like, what if, what if someone wanted to create a story that was bad? It's like, that's fine. They can. It's still what it is. And, you know, it's the word bad that gets uh, stuck in everybody's teeth, I guess. You get upset by it, because I think it's just too closely associated with a, an emotional reaction. And so they immediately, when you say that, they immediately think, like, why are you telling me my emotional reaction? That's not what it was. Mm. Like, oh, that's not actually what, what what I was doing, but, you know, that's how people feel about it. Pile of Bricks is where J.B. Ladder still is. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. For fact... Despite you basing this off your interpretation and your standards for what makes a work good. My real issue with this is how people just leave something at objectively bad. Never mind the misuse of objectively, there's often no elaboration on what is objectively bad about the work. Which brings how can you us say that we're objectively misusing it? <laughs> That's when it gets super complicated if everything's subjective, uh, uh... then what if it's my subjective take that I'm being objective? It's just like, oh Jesus. At what point do you say, you know what, we're just being so loose with this word, what's the fucking point? I'll throw him a bone here, I have seen this, people just calling a thing oh, objectively definitely. bad and leaving oh, it at yeah. that, but then, then it goes the other way too. But that's the, the interesting Maybe part is when you explore the actual, because like, for example, um, uh, we on EFAP and Shadowversity agree that TLJ is objectively poorly written, but we'll actually reach different fundamentals for why. We'll have different yeah. sort of like base standards of storytelling. They usually uh, are akin to storytelling or relevant storytelling, but they're uh, slightly different. And um, the idea of like logical consistency is absolutely something that Shad takes seriously, but he also has a couple of other additional ideas about how characters are meant to be written or what makes strong characters that I don't necessarily agree with. I think they're good guidelines sort of thing. So that's the really interesting part. But the idea that nobody ever like explains themselves or whatever, some people out there. I mean, we will do it. Yeah. I, I do want to raise something really quickly off the back of that. Just a question to, I guess, pick your brain a little bit. If you all have different fundamental standards, is that still objective? Um, I mean, I guess once you agree on the standards, then it's not really our opinion whether or not it holds to that standard. And there's two yeah. different things, being objective to a standard and then having an objective standard in the first place. Like, what is a standard yeah. that is objective? And to me, I, I think progression is inherently tied to the definition of what a story is. So it's like intrinsically tied to it. You can't, it's not an, a, a standard that was brought in from my personal preference. Like, oh, all characters should have long hair. Like, the, what's that got to do with storytelling? It's like, it's not really connected. Yeah, you could set that as the standard. Yeah, and you could be objective to it. Long, like, we are going to set the standard for this discussion that long hair is good and long hair is measured by it being this long. Like, you know, give a measurement. You know, 10 inches, 
five inches, whatever you want to set it at. And then boom, we could now talk about this in a purely objective way. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've talked about that before. Like, uh, someone says a film's only good if it has more than 10 people in it, and then they watch a film that has nine, and they go, well, that film was bad. And they're actually being objective in that case to a standard that they need to let people know about. This, the idea that you go, well, this is just a subjective take because you just didn't like it yourself. It's like, no, actually, funnily enough, you explore mm -hmm. what they're saying, they've remained objective to a rule set, but then you can talk about how valuable the rule set is. And I think logical progression... really a description. It's not necessarily a quality assessment. Because something could be objectively objective, but kind of awful. I mean, quality usually adheres to the, the degree to which a standard's achieved, right? So, the standard in which progression is most coherent would actually have a limit, like if everything in a storyline follows, then it is as coherent as it can be, therefore the maximum standard of objective progression. And if it was mm. half and half, or if it was zero, you've almost, you've generated a, a scale there that's uh, technically a quality scale, even though it's based entirely on what are essentially ones and zeros. Right. Isn't that in, in is it like, referred to qualia versus something else in, um, like, basic philosophy? I remember Glib talking to me about it. Because this Ooh. is this is not something that we've come up with by any stretch of the imagination. This has been around for a long time. Mm. Uh, that's not one I've heard or read about, I'm afraid. It gets very interesting when you start to poke really, really far. But no, you know, oh, yeah. not all people do. Some people just say, blah, 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 objectively bad, moving on. It's like, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. And yeah, and the unfortunate thing is the author of all of those statements may not know they need to explain themselves sometimes. Like, we say it a lot on EFAP, we're like, hey, what does that mean? But... You know, you do have to give them a bit of room to assume themselves, like, oh shit, I guess people don't see it the way I do, fuck. Uh, yeah, so what I mean by that, and that's the thing, my videos can always be longer. Every word I use, I could be like, oh, I could explain that one. Like, I'm not going to go on a nitpick rant ever again, hopefully. It was in my TFA part one, and I'm never going to do it again, but maybe I will, depending on mm. more and more people talking about it. We shall see. To our second term. Oh god. Good and bad writing are terms less offensive than objectively, as the people using them don't think their opinion is fact, but they have um, the same- What would be the point of saying good slash bad writing instead of saying I don't like this writing or I like this writing? You, you, by starting off with the examples that he did, he's almost kind of poisoned the rest of the entire video. <laughs> yeah, because he can't be objective about any of this. I need to stop and ask, how is this, like- significantly different yeah. from yeah well, because i've already assumed i've jumped the gun on this i assume he's going to be saying that when they say that they mean the primary definition of good meaning they were satisfied by it therefore this is what bothers me about videos when they say this is good writing i'm like when you say that do you mean this is writing you enjoy and then they go well what else could i possibly mean and i'm like oh right yeah because they think there's no other definition. So I'm just saying, like, why didn't you say that? And it's like, because it doesn't sound as good. If you just end every sentence with, and I like this, it's like, meh. But if you say, this is actually well-written, you go, ooh. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that's what he's going to be running with, and that's why he doesn't find it egregious, I guess. Writing are terms less offensive than objectively, as the people using them don't... Also, again, have you noticed how these just clips? Yeah, they're just, they're just mm. clips. And he has that thing in the beginning, like, this needs to be viewed in this way, and I'm like, why do you even need to see what's on screen? Yeah, one little neat editing thing was when he said the words good and bad, uh, when he said good, Batman was on screen, when he said bad, Bane was on yeah, screen, was but other than that, mm. that was like, but are they, but, right. 
that's not even objectively true anyway. So what's no. the fucking point? Right. <laughs> Maybe he was just referencing what people typically say. I don't think their opinion is fact, but they have the same effect on a discussion because they generalize and quantify matters that should be discussed or at the very least examined before judgment is made. If I argue for a certain plot point and someone just tells me to stop defending bad writing, they haven't made an argument. Counterpoints are an argument. Um, does anyone ever use the phrase stop defending bad writing as the entire crux of say, the conversation? That sounds like the end of the argument. Yeah, who is this video directed at? Yeah, who are these people? <laughs> modern critiquers, modern critics, I guess. Because oh, we'll channel. say stop defending I bad writing, but yeah, that's at the end of a long well, four-hour evening. Yeah, I was going to say... After, yeah. That's after the consensus has been reached. I would end up writings. saying it if I was pretty much at the point of being like, giving up. You know, I'd be like, oh my god, yeah. stop defending bad writing. Mm. I wouldn't start with that, because I agree with him, that's not an argument, it's just a conclusion statement. Hopefully you have an argument supporting it. They haven't made an argument. Counterpoints are an argument. Condensing elements that you believe to be bad or good without being able to explain why doesn't help prove your point. Unfortunately, if you put most people on the spot, they wouldn't be able to tell you what good writing is or how you achieve it. I thought you just said that doesn't exist that doesn't anyway. Mean anything though. Yeah, first off, it doesn't matter whether on the spot people can tell you that. That's actually not an argument. <laughs> Sorry, bud. So good. But why would he care? Because they'd be wrong either way, according to his previous fucking section. Yeah. If good and bad are inherently subjective terms, then that sentence is it falls into the same trappings as the previous section on objectivity. Why is this a different section? For one, what good writing is differs from person to person. That's why we set a standard we can all agree on. Right. And then <sighs> so so is the point of this section that this is the subjective angle, but they don't explain themselves. Is that his criticism? The first one is you can't be objective, this one is you can be subjective, but you have to explain yourself, you can't just say it. Is that the I simplified guess. vision? I think so, anyway, that would be my best faith analysis of this. How you achieve yeah. it. For one, what good writing is differs from person to person, but more importantly, it's far easier to point out the bad things in entertainment than it is to explain the good things. Why? I would I would agree that's true. Um I I think that uh, I mean I I think I, I I imagine the three of us would probably agree. I'm not yeah, sure I do. Because theoretically I, it shouldn't necessarily be that way with how we've broken things down. Why well, why would it be easier to break things down in a negative way than a positive way? Well, no, I don't think that's necessarily like the 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 whole idea of what he's saying. I think that people do kind of even if they don't even if they're not conscious of it immediately, or even if they can't put it into words, people sort of know, or at least feel, negative things. Um, in a, it's like, you know when something bad happens, you pick it up, the whole you might not have noticed it, but your brain did thing about bad stuff, it just stands out more. Like, we know something's wrong, or, or we feel something's wrong, even if we can't kind of explain it. I... Uh, I don't want to put words in yours, but I think you guys would agree with me when I said you tend to judge like elements and aspects of media in a sort of functional sense, like in terms of the role that is playing within the work and how adequately it performs that role. Yeah, functional. Yeah, so. yeah would be a good word. Yeah, yeah. So past that point, I'd probably say it's a lot easier to tell when something is broken or not 
performing that function um, like it is non-functional than it is to tell when something is three good functional or four. It's harder to quantify positively than negatively. Uh, you still haven't seen Far From Home yet, right, Rags? Uh, I haven't, no. Um, but let's like let's use a fork as an example. Like if you if you put a fork, you show someone a fork, right, and you show someone just a, a fork that's just in in dust, right, and you show the two of them and say which which one of these is, I don't I don't know. I get it's it's hard. I'm trying to find a way to really phrase the concept in my head. Um, I think people recognize things are bad more clearly than they recognize things being good. I mean, I would tacitly agree. I just, uh, on a fundamental level, if we identify what's bad by being, to a degree, inconsistent, then surely good is just identified by being consistent, which is pretty simple to spot as well as the opposite. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd probably just agree that we typically see that people are much find it much simpler to point out flaws than uh, praiseworthy elements, I guess. What's the, what's the I, word you'd use in opposition to flaw? What's the antonym of flaw? What's, uh, flaw, um... It's interesting. Uh, the opposite <laughs> of I a like, flaw... Well, well in, in the colloquial sense, opposite. Um, I would say... Uh, See what chat says now. A, yeah, um... Merit? Virtue? Merit? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'd like, I'd like uh, I'm with I'm with merit, yeah. I'm with merit more yeah. than virtue. Um, virtue has moral implications. Yeah, like deserve. Yeah. Pick a pro, law and pro. Benefit a strength or something. Uh because uh, we're defining good. At relative to a standard as the degree to which a standard is met, right? I said anthony. Uh, so, so I, I guess my point would be um, sorry, go uh, ahead. the degree the degree to which a standard is met, ha it's a lot harder to measure like I suppose excelling at that standard or exceeding the standard than it is to see something non functional or below the standard and how many degrees below the standard it is. The severity of the like issue. Um, someone in chat said as well that sometimes it seems to be that the the good is almost the lack of bad, and so when you're watching something that's coherent, you'll be like on the prowl for any deviation yeah. of that. Like um, we consider good the default. Almost, yeah, and that's maybe why we're not wired as much to then engage in why something is good. Because you'll find with a lot of critics, really? and again, this isn't this is something I've always been working on as well. But if you go, say for example, oh, I just came out of fucking. Homecoming's terrible, all these reasons, you name all these things. Then you watch Far From Home and you're like, oh, that was amazing. And you go, why? Oh, I just, I really liked it. Yeah, but why? I, I don't know, I, I had a lot of fun with it. And you're like, yeah, but when you said the other one was bad, you named all of these, like, mechanical things. What's, what's good about this one mechanically? And you're like, I don't know, everything worked. Like, a lot of people do have trouble with it. But, you know, I, uh, I actually do think that there is, like, an equal and opposite, so... Every time we highlight any kind of flaw in writing, there will be the reverse of it. Like, Luke being out of character, what is the good vision of that? It's like, well, him being in character. But we don't necessarily praise that, because it's supposed to be default. You're not supposed mm. to be deviating from him being in character, because it's like, what the fuck? I guess, yeah, that's my point, because then, I, I, ideally, in this case, we would want something above that for, uh, for a scale. We have yeah. insufficient, sufficient, it and more than sufficient. 
is it praiseworthy not to fuck up? <laughs> it's mm. like, well, yeah. you know. And then yeah, how do we start think... quantifying those positive elements in a praiseworthy manner? I, there you go. I think we've cracked and now agree with what he said, pretty much. I'll have well, a, I got a, I got a, there's a friend of mine here who uh, runs a YouTube channel, Steve McRae. He's really big into philosophy. That's his bread and butter, essentially. So we need to get him on one of these days to talk about the nature of objectivity. <laughs> Is he free right like now? Um, I don't know. Um, but with uh, I think we'll be good for now, but we should probably... Like we should probably pick a video specific to him being a guest. Sure. I mean, because this is probably the only video have we ever covered a video. Wisecrack did technically what they call philosophy, right? In the last DFAP. The uh, philosophy of the middle. But we're definitely doing philosophy with just right soon enough. It's gonna be great. Thing is differs from person to person, but more importantly, it's far easier to point out the bad things in entertainment than it is to explain the good things. To help with this, I'd like to quickly. Uh, I well, I would say pointing out and explaining aren't dichotomous, so. And I don't f necessarily find it that way for myself, but I guess it's probably because I've been trying to work on that. I, I like to want to start uh, figuring out. If, if there's a bad, then what is the equal and opposite, and how do we start uh, talking about them as well? I need to do more praise videos. I understand that I've only done literally the one, other than saying positive things in the long-form videos, but I want to do more positive ones as well. I just, I'm still pissed about Game of Thrones, so... <laughs> Give me yeah, a second. Things. To help with this, I'd like to quickly explain what good writing is to me, as it's important for the next term we'll talk about. Right. To me, a story, any story, at its core is about us. Our perception of fictional characters is based entirely from what we understand of our own species. A well-city of humans within its constructed world and convince Maybe. us that the events the characters are going through, no matter the story's concept, are actually happening to them. And that the decisions these characters make are consistent with our own rationalization patterns. Mm, what do you mean they're consistent with our rationalization patterns? They're them, not us. Or is he referring to us in a like? Does he mean the sense? yeah? Does he mean the as long as they behave in a way that we can understand would be a human yeah, it's way? Like you're only judging this from the perspective of how a human would act and behave. I'm like hell yeah, I am. You can have stories that create a whole new being, like a Vulcan, you know. Mm -hmm. Like they, yeah. They... Well, even well, we can still objectively analyze the thing that they're doing. We just say, all right, this is how they behave, and this is what they're goals are and motivations are i'm saying that we can't we don't empathize with the vulcans necessarily uh because of what we know about us is oftentimes it'll be we understand how they work who they are what they do and then when they make decisions we'll be judging it entirely from what we know about them we'll be like vulcans are blah 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 who created the concept of vulcans anyway so yeah clearly they can be understood with a human mind in a way so i i don't this is a silly point I was gonna say, like if, if that's all it is, then yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that yeah. we judge everything based on how we understand everything. It's like, yeah, fair mm. enough. <laughs> ...are actually happening to them, and that the decisions these characters make are consistent with our own rationalization patterns. Bad stories are the ones where the characters stop resembling people and you begin to see the strings on their bodies as the author or writer marionette them through the world with uh, no... maybe. Depends on what we're analyzing here. Yeah, I was gonna say, what about a character that's built that way, like a, a yeah, literal a, a robot or a puppet? Controlled can still behave in objective ways or have objectively analyzable um, you know, traits. This is really observe. limiting on what a story can be. 
And I think that if you were here, you'd be like, no, of course, I'm referring to characters that aren't robots, that, that in context have robotic decisions that don't make sense toward their own values or something like that. And I'd be like, well, okay. I, I doubt he would say that, you know, a robotic character is bad because they're robotic, you know? What about human characters, like explicitly human characters that are made to explore a concept rather than to be as close to being a human or like as humanoid and normal as yeah, possible? Like they're made, like they're made in exaggerated, abstracted ways to try and explore an idea. Like, and surely this guy hasn't forgotten that characters aren't human anyway? Well, sure. But you, you refer, like, have you got an example of that, Theo, just so I know what you're talking about? Like, almost to... like, are you saying like a character that represents more of an idea rather than a person? I suppose, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. So, like a character, uh, like in well, the female, the female in uh, Chernobyl, um, uh, Kolmu uh I forget the name. It's a weird Russian name, but she was an amalgamation of people in the real world. She wasn't actually a character in that sense. Sure. But she's mm. still seeing. She was still pretty consistent in in who she was, yeah, right? She like I believe so. Yeah. Um, I but, was I was thinking more like you know like Full Metal Alchemist. You have like uh, Envy is a character, but it's more yeah. of a representation of an idea. Yeah. Um, but again, I if so if he was to say Envy uh, is unrealistic because nobody's that envious, I'd be like, well, that's the idea. It's that it's Envy in the purest form. I don't know. Yeah, but but we just say en Envy just has to be that envious. That's the only person who has to be that envious is that character. Yeah, again, you know what's funniest about this is this whole video is just too short for me. I'd be like, I'd love to delve into every one of these topics with this guy, assuming he's, um, you know, not willing to shut mm. it down uh, after every statement or anything. Author or writer marionette them through the world with no attempt to mirror reality. There's a very jarring feeling when a story starts doing this, and one of the complaints that manifests itself because of this Plot is... Plot armor? Um... I guess you can have that manifest through a character. I don't know, not necessarily their behavior. It's usually how they yeah, an action either survive or don't survive arbitrarily. Yeah. It's a, it's it's mm. if anything, it's a lack of an event happening. The lack of an event being that character's demise. I don't. I, I'm being completely honest here. I don't know many people who misuse plot armor. Most people seem to know what it is. Yeah, and plot armor is. I mean, just like real armor, it's not all the same. So there no. are some things where someone could like uh, explosions are great because they generally have a randomness to them, yeah. which means some people can seemingly miraculously survive explosions and other people can f tragically die when you wouldn't expect it. So when an explosion happens on screen and a character doesn't die from it, oh, that's not quite as plot armor E as someone, say, being crushed by a extremely large, ridiculous object and surviving as a result. Not all plot armor is the same, essentially. Because of this is... What no one tells you about plot armor is that every character has it. Fictional stories are not retelling. Okay, uh, does, does that need to be told uh, to you? <laughs> okay, depending on what you mean by it, though. Like, technically me and Rags have plot armor in that we are human beings that have basic defenses and an immune system. Um, we have armor against certain things from happening, but like... Well, armor usually refers to like armor that they shouldn't have, or uh, only, or the only reverse surviving of that. because the plot wants them to survive. Quote well, like, unquote, wants someone gets hit survive. on the head, and then the next scene is like they died from that. You're like, what? 
They were just hit on the head with like a fucking shoe. Like, why did they die? It's like a lack of plot armor almost, or anti-plot uh, armor. I guess you could try and overextend it and say so, say that like any given narrative has a requirement that certain characters make it to a certain point such that the narrative is able yeah. to proceed and thus like they have to survive to that point thus they have plot yeah. armor even if it never comes up I would up. agree but even then it's I think people have like a tolerance for plot armor levels like mm, people but... don't complain about like Frodo and Sam surviving often but they'll really complain about uh, Jon Snow surviving massive arrow <laughs> volleys and cavalry charges and you're like <laughs> yeah, what a lucky guy you know Mm. Congrats, you beat cancer. You must have great plot armor. And excessive luck can sometimes probably be interchangeable as well. I think. I think, I think it's a category. Yeah, yeah. egregiousness. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People can only tolerate so much because people ultimately understand they are watching a story. So people have a tolerance for what they will ultimately see and what eventually yeah. happens. Yeah, and like in in stories, like if a character gets shot in the gut, we all immediately understand, right? Clock's ticking. They have to get to a hospital now, otherwise, it, give it like a yeah, handful of hours. We'll see them go pale, handful of hours more, and then they're just not moving, not talking. You're like, oh, they're probably dead. But if they get like shot again and then again and then a week later they go to the hospital, we're just like, this fucking shit sucks. <laughs> and if someone was like, why does that suck? Why can't that just be the story? It's like, well, because the stakes. How could I care about anything that's happening if there's no rules? Hey, what? It's a slightly tangentially related question. Sorry. Not on EFAP. Would it be plot armor if a character survives something like incredulous and then they're just completely plot irrelevant? Um, like th they do nothing for the entire rest of the film, but they they survive something they absolutely shouldn't have. Is that plot armor? Um, I guess the question then is: is plot armor directly related to their effect yeah, on the plot? It, yeah, is it contingent on their importance on the plot? May um, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't I know if I'd, I don't know if I'd say that that's necessarily how armor. I use it. I usually just yeah. use it to mean that it helped them survive something that should have killed them. I, I use it with reference to like. Their importance in the plot, like oh, well, I would say that does make more sense. It does make more I would sense say because the plot they had itself to survive that. that. It was the plot itself that gave them their survival. So whether say, they were yeah. important to the plot or not, it was the plot that determined they survived. And arguably, their plot goes on whether or not it's relevant to this story. Okay, so it's That's it's arguable, question. but I like the question. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and again, both of those would still come down and, under luck. You should be like a fucking. So, or you just say, no, nah, it's just inconsistent. They were shot in the head and yeah. they didn't die. Fuck off. Tellings hmm. of real world events where luck and randomness are indiscriminate. Because stories are constructed narratives, they can only simulate the factors of luck and randomness. And it's the degree to which they do it that we can calculate their believability as a reflection of real world examples. It's not just luck, though. We're talking about, like, if you have a character that gets their head chopped off, it's not lucky that they survive it. It would just be a direct contradiction. You'd be like, you can't survive that. You'd be like, but they did. Mm. Like, okay. <laughs> you do not then say they're lucky. That's not a thing you say. It's not, it's not lucky when a person survives something with as, about as close to a 100% fatality rate as you can get, and then just yeah. fine in the next scene. <laughs> like, they're, I mean, they're literally separated by the atom. <laughs> Ultimately, plot armor does rely to some degree on individual's ability to believe something that happens mm -hmm. on screen. Mm. But I think there's enough 
I think there's enough people out there when you talk about plot armor with people, they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. What's the example you gave? An explosion. Everybody react like a hundred people see a guy with an explosion of dynamite two meters away from him, and then he falls over and gets back up straight away. Half the audience is okay with that. The other half are like, what? He he he's just straight up dead. Maybe all the audience are okay with that, but some are like, wow, that was okay. Yeah. Yeah, and we can talk about the concept of plot armor without all necessarily having to agree that it is plot armor or not. And then we, I mean, yeah, even the yeah. fact that we're discussing that if whether or not it is plot armor means we all are trying to come to a conclusion. Does mm -hmm. it meet the requirements for this thing? This thing is a thing we have all agreed exists, even as a concept. Yeah, and we usually we talk about feasibility to stop it from turning into a plot hole and turning into just a convenience slash inconvenience when it comes to plot armor, like being disintegrated or being shot in the chest and get into the hospital in a couple of hours. It's like, oh, I think that could work, and then you Google it, you're like, how long can someone survive a gut shot? And then it, sa you know, it says however long, and you go, oh, okay, I guess I can believe the character did that then, that's fine. Just my understanding mm -hmm. of how gut shots work. But the literal chopping off someone's head and they survive, is like, no. Sorry. Okay. You have to have an in-universe rule for that, like, this character's species, their heart is located in their fucking head or something, and you're like, oh. Hmm world events where luck and randomness are indiscriminate. Because stories are constructed narratives, they can only simulate the factors of luck and randomness. And it's the degree to which they do it that we can calculate their I wouldn't say they simulate it, I say they determine it. Um, simulate luck and randomness, does he mean that it's all preconceived by a writer, therefore none of it's actually luck or randomness, it's just simulated? Yeah, I wouldn't I, I don't think simulate. I don't think simulation is a good way to describe it, really. Oh shit! Someone's just uh, super chat. No plot armor in Sicario Two. I don't actually want to say it until you've seen the first one. Sicario Two is a fucking disaster, and I hate it. It's an I've, insult. So I've, to the I've one. heard that Sicario Two is not nearly as good as the first one. I hate it. But I've heard almost universal praise for Sicario One. But I can say without spoiling anything, a character is literally shot in the head, and then they're left for dead, and then a day later they get back up and they continue living. And oh, it turns oh. out what? they had this big you cover on their head, and they were shot through both of their cheeks. Um, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's possible. It's possible! This is the thing, it's not an actual contradiction, it's... Wow. Okay. I mean, it's part of the thing where if it it's not unheard of, I can believe someone getting shot through the cheeks. Absolutely, I've seen pictures of it. But, oh man, why would you aim for the cheeks if you <laughs> kill someone? Those are some bad odds. I mean, you can have your jaw blown off and survive. Um, this is what I mean. It's like, oh my god, you're so lucky. You, the bullet went through one cheek out the other, and I don't even think it hit his teeth. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> Oh, that movie. Anyway, this <laughs> is a complete. It's a it's a middle finger to the audience. Like that's what I would argue. I'd be like, yeah, that's just a fuck you. It's just like, look, the character you care about is now dead. It's like, lol, no, he's not. You're like, what? Why did? Okay, fine. There's a that guy's just fucking hated his cheeks. <laughs> And it's the degree to which they do it that we can calculate their believability as a reflection of real-world examples. As long as an author has a story to tell, well, the characters... a reflection of real-world examples. If you're going to say reflection of real-world examples, it should probably be if you're trying to reflect something, maybe a real-world singular example. Also, you because tend... re the real world is just a shit ton of general trends. Yeah, and, and funnily enough, you would tend to go for the general ones if you want audiences to be convinced. They need the ones that pe people typically understand. Like I said about the gutshot one, does anyone know how long 
it takes for someone to die from a gunshot wound because I don't actually know. It, yeah, it depends where they were shot, what they were shot with. It depends how quickly they get first aid. It depends how quickly they get to a hospital. There's a gajillion, billion, mm -hmm. million variables to something like that. And then if you have... But this is the other thing. It's not even necessarily that, though, because if, say, they were shot by um, you know, a quantum phase ray, I'd be like, okay, so what is that? You go, oh, we'll go to episode three. They explain that a quantum phase ray fires... Blah blah blah, and it does blah blah blah, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay." So actually, you need okay. you need the All additional right. shit. Otherwise, I can't follow the stakes. I need to know what this stuff does. Um, mm. Like a lot of shows and TV will have uh, tranquilizers that are instant action and work on humans, and it's like, oh, that's yeah, how they like, work. Uh, it's not logically impossible, but that's not how they generally work in the real world. But we can buy it. I'll just go. Uh, okay, I guess they have that kind of thing in this world. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I mean, we do it with time travel all the time. We're like, yeah, as sure, long we'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. As an author has a story to tell, Harry the Potter. characters in that story will always need some sort of protection from the story's choices to imitate real-world hazards. Stories are contrived in their very nature because you have to take characters from one point in time to another. Depends on how you write your story. Yeah. You, um, you can literally... Because I'm pretty sure George R. R. Martin has talked about this. He does have a couple of endpoints he wants, but... Uh, it's the whole garden thing. I think someone said garden versus something else. Someone Gardner chats. versus architect. Oh, there you go, yeah. I would absolutely prefer an architect approach, but I appreciate a gardener approach. The idea that you like you set your characters, you set your world, and then you let them go. And you write as they would do what they would do. And then things will happen, because that's what happens in real life. All life is is a fucking bunch of motivated people with a world that has rules. And then things happen. And you can, you, can, you know, have a tsunami here and there. <laughs> but, like, ultimately... Yeah. Uh, roll a die every five chapters to see if a natural disaster hits. And then if you're like, well, how do you know that the story will be interesting? It's like, well, in a world where you've got seven kingdoms fighting over a chair, uh, some interesting things are bound to happen. Problem with that approach is you get what George R. R. Martin has right now, which is uh, the work spiraling out of his control yeah, as more and more elements get introduced. The Miranese Knot as well, right? That's the famous yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one one point in time to another, both points of your own creation as a writer. While we as people are affected by factors outside of our own control all the time, stories are a nullification of these factors because characters can only go through what the story wants them to. These Not necessarily. It's kind of a weird way to put it. They go through what the story wants them to. Because uh, you can have characters that essentially dictate their, um, their journeys Via what they want or where they want to go. Like I said, the, again, the gardener approach kind of counters that. It depends on what you. I mean, it's a quote-unquote rule that you generally want a fairly active protagonist, is it not? That seeks out and does things towards whatever goal it is they have. And it's if someone's writing a story, to... and their goal for the story is not everything I want to happen, everything that I desire to happen in a story will happen in this story. Sometimes things happen in a story, and the the uh, the artist of the story, the the author, and it's yeah. Well, I don't really change. want it to happen. I yeah. don't like it, but it makes sense in the story, and it makes it very believable. So therefore, it will be in the story. I am ignoring my own personal desires. It's the kind of thing that happens when you write yourself into a corner. You realize I, I need to I need to either let something really well, bad like it, happen that could affect the narrative yeah, like further wants... down the line, or I need to. You want a character to live, out. but they're in a position where they just can't live, and you're like, mm, "Yeah, I like this guy." 
factors yeah. because characters can only go through what the story wants them to. These factors have to be reintroduced at the expectation of an audience, yet not at the random they don't have peril to. of- Not necessarily, yeah. You don't have to. Hmm. Whether or not people like it doesn't have anything to do with any of that, actually. What the story wants them to. These factors have to be reintroduced at the expectation of an audience, yet not at the random peril of the characters. So while it's easy to say that a character has plot armor, it's far more beneficial to explain the situation the character is in has issues with its believability and examining and That's what it is. I was gonna say. Who doesn't think that's what plot armor is? It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty much intrinsically tied to believability, and that's why if someone says, this character's got plot armor, and then you go, uh, no, they put the mithril vest on earlier in the film, so that's why they survived that. And you go, what the fuck's a mithril and vest? It's like the strongest metal. I think metal. I started off by saying it was about the audience's tolerance determines whether or not they would call it plot armor or not, which is essentially believability is the tolerance, whether or not they can believe it. Is this video addressed to five-word long YouTube comments? Because that's the impression <laughs> I'm getting. <laughs> Because, like, it does kind of have that vibe, yeah. Who says these things? <laughs> Who are these people and where can we punch them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has issues with its believability and examining and critiquing why that character or characters are in the situation they're in to begin with. Since we've started talking about characters, another 10 cent phrase I character see getting thrown arcs. around a lot these days is. This should be fun. Yeah, I don't know. Where's he gonna go with this one? Oh, yeah. Um... Mm. I don't even know if I could hazard a guess. Character arcs are a story's way of simulating how people change through the course of their lives based on the experiences they have. One of the problems with the term character arcs and their so bizarre- an objective Hold standard for critique. Uh, you guys whoa. are slightly ahead of me. I think I need to rewind. I'm at 622. At 621. I'll try and go to 610. that work? change yeah. through okay. the course yep. of their lives based on the experiences they have. One of the problems with the term character arcs and their sudden bizarre inclusion as an objective standard for critique- Is anything bizarre about it? Is he doing that in like quotations like objective standard for- or is he saying like that is an actual objective standard for- <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what about- I'm confused here because how is character arc a standard? Well, but I was going to say, I don't even agree, because a character doesn't necessarily require an arc. Static characters are fine. Yeah, it Flat depends. characters are fine. It's well, contextual. Dependent on... Uh, well, for example, what is the arc of... Um, you can name a lot of villains. Villains don't typically go on arcs. What's, mm. the, what's the Emperor's arc? Is he a bad character because he lacks an arc? Really? So... Uh, I guess I need more information on yeah if he's gonna because it sounds like he's not gonna agree with this either. Um. <laughs> Again, I need to know what the people he's arguing against are saying. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know if these are real people or if he's just fucking up some dudes he's thinking about in his head. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Is that they imply that characters must change, and that if a character reverts no, to a to. previously heard point say they in have their to. arc, Who that says their arc this? is then ruined. I mean, there probably is some guy out there. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? I have a reference. Uh, people told us to respond to Jenny. Is it Jenny Nichols or Jenny Nicholson? I always fuck it up. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Uh, she she says she's complaining about the characters in Rogue One. And she goes through them all and explains they all don't have arcs. And I remember 
like listening to it and being like, why is this your standard right now? Like, why can't you talk about what they do and who they are? Why are you talking about whether or not they have an arc? I was like, this is strange. If they have an arc, talk about the arc and how well it was executed, but a character doesn't have to have an arc. Yeah. Um, so there are people who apparently use it as a sort of, like, litmus test of how good a character is, I suppose. And, you know, typically, again, this is not an objective good or bad as far as I'm concerned, but typically people will like a protagonist in yeah, a long story to have an arc. I like to see a character change over time, especially in relation to events that they experience. It yeah, it makes means, sense. It means everything was, you know, it's all remembered. It, it was all impactful. It was all worthwhile. It wasn't just watched it and now it's gone. Those are, yeah, it's just how people generally are. They're collections of memories that respond to events and all that Is that they stuff. imply that characters must change and that if a character reverts to a previously plotted point in their arc, that their arc is then ruined. Character well, th oh, that's possible. That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people can naturally regress. Again, it's all contextual. Because I feel like this is a very loaded kind of thing to say because, you know, oh, a character reverting to a previous stage in their arc or having their arc undone. Where have I heard that before? I guess TLJ. The Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Jamie Lannister the... has upset many people. But um, yeah, the, 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 that's definitely um, something you can say. I'm curious if he just, does he just flat out disagree with that? Characters like people change if they want to. And it's the nuance in that choice and how they interpret the experiences that change their lives that is interesting, not the mere fact that they change. By implying that the only good characters are the ones who have changed through the course of a story, we ignore the fact that there are people in life who yeah, don't change. I, yeah, I, agree I, with like, I feel like, are we trying to defend who says Who? this? Well, I was going to say, whoever said this is wrong. Yeah, whoever yeah. said that's clearly wrong. I don't even know if... I don't think anyone in our audience would say you have to have a character arc for the story to be good. Mm. Or for the character to be a good one. And then to the idea of, is it strictly better for a character to have an arc than not? I'd be like, not necessarily. It's, it's really dependent. It's complicated. Depends on their role within the work. What is what is Jack Sparrow's arc throughout all of his films? Doesn't he pretty much just stay the same? Isn't that like his whole thing? And yet people yeah, absolutely adore that character, yeah. so... I mean, as long as people... If people don't change but behave consistently, I'm totally fine with that. Kind of raise Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, yeah I mean, a lot yeah. of people, they don't change very quickly. The dude, But they're yeah. consistent with themselves. And this is the thing, if, if it doesn't make a character bad to lack an arc, and therefore a character with an arc could still be really poorly written. Because um, <laughs> the arc can be broken. Yeah, but I guess he's implied that that isn't necessarily true. Oh, someone said Patrick said it, and that gave me a bit of a flashback. I think Patrick says about Batman vs. Superman that the character's like a flat slash don't learn anything. Which there's like there could be an implication there of Patrick saying that they have to grow and change in order for it to be good, or at least engaging for him because he obviously doesn't believe in objective stuff. I, I don't think anyway. Yeah. What was Ned Stark's character arc? Um, there is something there. He, he at the end of his rope, he does give up on his idea of always being honorable and honest in order to try and save his daughter's life, and it ends up technically killing him. I would argue that. He breaches, but the thing is, that's not necessarily against his character because he's already breached his quote-unquote honor to protect Jon Snow. So, 
Ned Stark. When a character mm -hmm. doing honorable things when they can, or extremely often, I mean, no character is perfectly consistent with their morals, or at least no human is. I don't think. I don't the think so. No. Real world is a the the real world is a very messy place that doesn't care about your perfect streaks. So, I think it's just natural for. I think it's just inevitable that at one point you're going to have to make hard choices. <laughs> Ned's character and, arc is being alive and then being dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a change. <laughs> Went from one place to another. Also, Shagley Boy said post a vid. It's coming. It's going to be really long. I've already tested more than half of it on Fringy, and he liked it even without seeing Game of Thrones. So, it's coming. This is coming. People are going to keep asking me, but it's coming. Change and that they can be equally as interesting as those who do. For example, General Zod is the same character at the beginning of Man of Steel as he is at the end of it, but okay. that doesn't make his interactions with the world around him any less interesting because it's his conviction that defines his- See, so he's just- I actually have a criticism for him now, because he's- he said people saying character bad if no arc, and then he responds with, it doesn't make his interest- is in- interaction with the environment around him any less interesting. It's like, oh, was that was what they were saying by good or bad? Were they saying that if you lack an arc as a character, you are therefore less interesting when you would interact with the environment? Is that their standard? Be nice if we knew what their standard. Because I was going to say, like, I, maybe that's true. I don't know. I, I don't think I'd agree with that. <laughs> like, I, I, I kind of yeah, like, I broadly agree with what he's saying, but it's it's quite easy to agree with. Um. Yeah, I guess we'll just let him care. You know, I guess he's just making standard arguments for why a character isn't terrible even though they don't grow, which I would agree with him on, so. Because it's yeah. his conviction that defines his character as he is quite clear about his unwillingness to change. Stories have the incredibly difficult task of trying to mimic human behavior. Characters that don't change are hard to write, but characters who look like they're changing and then don't are probably the hardest. We're Wait, what do you mean? Why did you reference Jamie Lannister when he said characters that do look like they're changing and then don't? He does change. He, he literally abandons Cersei Lannister to fight for mm. the living. That's an action you can't just say like, no, he was just lying. <laughs> like, he nearly dies like three times in that episode. He did it, but he was lying. Yeah, he, was, he didn't mean it. Fuck off. He just fucking did it. <laughs> you can't reference any scenarios of him like, quote unquote, relapsing throughout, like after he leaves. Other than the part where he just up and decides and I'm going. Yeah, it all Bye. seems to be a collective uh, decision. It's like he doesn't ditch. He's still Team Cersei. Um, when he gets back and he sees what she's done, he's still Team Cersei. Then he sees that she blows up the seven. He's like, eh, still Team Cersei. I want to go back to it. But as soon as Cersei basically says, I would rather everybody die than lose the throne, he's like, yeah, nah. Like, I like you and everything, but nah. This is yeah, too much. I don't stick my dick in crazy. <laughs> And then, yeah, so, and, and the whole Brienne thing, there's no point going into it here, but, like, if, if that's not a character arc break, I don't know if there is one. Don't are probably the hardest. We're not very forgiving of irrationality in our characters because of how out of place it can seem in our own day-to-day -day life. Well, that's why you have to set that up. You have to show us the elements of the character that inform that. You don't just have it happen. I.E. Star-Lord. Saying, like, the idea with Jamie is that Supposedly, Cersei's supposed to be something like an addiction to him, and uh, addictions are supposedly like, a constant temptation. So right, he relapses. We, ne we need to see that. Yeah, we don't see that. Yeah. We, we see that he's he's kicked it. Yep, you will then, understand that. Yeah, 
we've we've seen that uh, Jamie he's kicked his Cersei addiction, I suppose. Yeah, otherwise that nothing is anything anymore. We're just like, oh, so anything can happen because anybody can really make any action ultimately. Like rags could just randomly jump out a fucking skyscraper window. It's, yeah, humans can do it. Like what? Yeah, why? Why? It's the su it's the subtext of rags realizing the futility of life. <laughs> the futility of being objective. Yes. Are probably the hardest. We're not very We're forgiving of irrationality. Sorry. I mean, dying is not objectively a bad thing for me, so mm, fuck it. <laughs> ...in our characters because of how out of place it can seem in our own day-to-day -day lives, but a character we think makes an irrational choice that sets their progression as a person back to square one isn't instantly a bad character, nor... Well, well, you just implied then that there is such a thing as a bad character. Is there or is there not? And does he just They're mean... They're not this thing. Character? Oh, so you think this thing is... A thing that exists. He's fucked because he just said that, yeah. and it's like, okay, so you don't mean objective, right? Because you're just talking about uh, subjective stuff because there is no objective bad. And he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, so why are you saying that whether or not someone can dislike a character has to be based on them doing X, Y, and Z when, when it's all subjective anyway? You can dislike a character for being consistent. I could be like, I fucking hate this person because they always do X. He's just yeah, that's no fun. He's just Shake running himself up. around in circles. You can't say like, oh, that's not that doesn't make a bad character. It's like you can't decide that if it's entirely subjective. Screwed himself by saying that good and bad are uh, inherently subjective terms that early, because then he had to write the rest of his script without <laughs> saying good or yeah. bad ever again. As a person back to square one isn't instantly a bad character, nor that choice automatically illogical. Irrationality exists, and it's important. I think we should. Uh, I think we could fairly well me measure whether or not someone's doing something logical in or a story. irrational, right? Yeah, like, or irrational, yeah. I mean, unless it, that comes into the whole, you can be irrational while being logically written. As I'll just keep using Star Lord as the example. The problem with him hitting Thanos isn't him hitting Thanos. That makes complete sense. It's like we understand why he's doing that. He's a very emotional character. He loves Gamora. He's already done this previously, like. That's fine. It's the other surrounding elements and what the character, what the other characters are doing. Um, so, like the the idea that someone does something absolutely out of character and insane, and his answer is, well, you know, people are irrational. It's like that. This is like Patrick Willems. People that aren't irrational. logical. Are we really that irrational? Apparently, we know. will see that there's such a thing I think as crazy most people. People do things that they believe to be rational. Yeah. There are crazy people in the world. My conclusion on this one. <laughs> so <laughs> even crazy people will behave in a way that they believe is rational. Well, I would want it's to write a crazy. Of... If I had a crazy person, I would prefer that I have some level of like. There's a consistency to their insanity. If you if you know what yeah, I mean, like just for the writing sake of it. Thanos is a fucking psycho, but he's following rationality. Like, he thinks he's being rational. I. Even on a more fundamental level, in a sense, a character is a collection of attributes assigned by, like, the creator to explore something, or for whatever purpose that character might have all of those attributes, rather than, and, like, that has to account for, that has to count for something. So, you can't just deviate from that at any point, because then, is it really the same character? It just spits in the idea of progression then as well, because any character can do anything at any time, so there's no point in even having fucking characters. Why even have names? Mm. Everyone is everybody. Yeah. Why, why, why do I bother assorting these characteristics and attributes? Just call them, uh, just call them A1, A2, A3, A4. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and then you're like, why did you say A4 did something? It's like, it may as well just all be A. Don't A4. call them characters, just call them events. A4 jumped out a window, then A3 caught him and threw him out another window. <laughs> ...to analyze whether or not that choice the character makes along their arc is one that is true to the character. By defining everything as a character arc, we're saying that progression not everything's must a character be arc. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, define everything <laughs> by character. When you define whether or not a character is committed to an action that's true to them, you have to figure out what their values are, what their motivations are, and then see if it's in line. So, um, oh, hey, DX is in chat, by the way. Sorry. Apparently, DX is in chat. The creator of this video. Oh my. Word travel fast on the planes. Hello there. We're nearly done with your video, sir. If he is in chat. I'm, I'm I scrolled up and I saw someone. Um, DX, do you think that your video is good? I think he thinks it's good. I just want to hear him say that his video is good. Because if, if he does, it's fine. <laughs> I know where you're going with that, right? <laughs> uh, we shall crack. Oh yeah, there he is. Hello. We are responding to your Hi, video, sir. In the chat. By defining everything as a character arc, we're saying that progression must be linear when sometimes it's circular. Just because progression is linear, the results can be circular. But I was about to say, wouldn't linear. a circular progression still be linear? It would have gone in a complete circle. It wouldn't have jumped around the circle. Is yeah, what I'm saying. results can can come. You can have repeating results, so we call that circular. However, the progression is going to be linear. Um, because like Jamie Lannister, people are calling that circular, while I would call it a 180 and then jumps right back. Like, he gets yeah. halfway around the circle and then he just fucking teleports back to the beginning point. That's the thing, because there's no, there's no progression there from further on. It's an arc from A to B, I suppose, and then no arc back, just, you know, he flickers out of existence at B and reappears at A. Mm -hmm. That's not an arc, and that's not circular either. But yeah, but the idea that, I don't know, like, I don't know anybody who really defines everything about a character through their arc as opposed to what they value. Like I said, that's that's where I typically would start. And their values may change across their arc. Like, um, uh, a lot of the times, like a character's arc, they'll, they'll have a fundamental value that stays the same, but maybe they will um, change the way that it's expressed or at least... Uh, Will they incorporate a new value? Yeah, like it's learning something about. I mean, hang on, to some, I guess. Or, or an Han experience Solo makes them appreciate something like, oh, I appreciate my family now. I appreciate, you know, something such. It's a reference, good old homecoming, but going from I must get into every battle possible and help every person possible to I must pick my battles and do, like, responsibly, act responsibly, and use my power correctly, not just jump in. Um, hmm. It's the same value, the goal of helping people, but it's like expressed in a different way thanks to the arc, I suppose. When sometimes yeah. it's circular, just because you end up at the same place that you started doesn't mean you haven't yeah, grown as a person. characters aren't that one-dimensional, yeah. You can go back on one thing, but you can develop in other ways. Um, yeah, yeah, so I guess DX, if you want to... Uh, Come on, you're welcome to. Do you have Discord? Well, um, we typically, since we're close to the end, we'll try and finish a video and then we'll talk about it. That's what we did with uh, the Doom Sausage Man.
I think it's what we've done with everybody. Pretty Someone's much. Video yeah. to be able to stand on its own. Hmm. I can't remember. Did we do that with Snowman Gaming? I think we got through most of it. I can't remember if we finished yeah, it. Yeah, I think we pretty much finished it. I don't think we've ever had someone in while we were watching their video. Because um, of the whole, the video should stand on its own. Yeah, so in the description for this video, there is a, a link to my Discord. Get in there and then at me. Um, and then I'll, I'll add you into this conversation. Be wonderful. But, uh,. We'll sort it out, like I said, we'll just try and finish this video. Change uh... who you were to begin with. The final term I'd like to talk about is a strange one. Subverting oh God. expectations. Why <laughs> oh boy. Why have this movie here for subverting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wolf unironically believes that Ryan Johnson's destroyed the concept with the TLJ because subverted expectations is such a, like, neutrally kind understood. Of and... It is. Well, we, we use it as a meme. Right. Don't forget. Don't forget Benioff and Weiss's contribution to that the um, destruction of subversion. Well, they've also destroyed foreshadowing, like the concepts. Yeah. That everyone's had to talk about foreshadowing versus development, thanks to them. In theory, a story that subverts expectations is an amazing one. It does two things we've already talked about. It creates a cast of characters so closely resembling actual people that their behavior is consistent and therefore their actions predictable, yet it also forces these characters into situations that make us question whether or not their choices that have subverted our expectation of the choices they would have made were choices that were true to their characters. Yes, in a way. In theory, it could be very sure. good. So, like, a character who's... I, I just think that you need uh, not a strict one-dimensional source of information. You need a bunch of things. Like, um, there are characters throughout Buffy and Angel who some of them have a rule of never kill humans, some of them have a rule of never kill good people. And so they will con conflict. It's, it's the same with superhero like stories where the Punisher versus Daredevil, for example. Um... And so, could you enter into a scenario where the person who said they would never kill a person would, and, and you'd need a bunch of additional information and context to be able to set up this moment. But maybe maybe that's something you would expect because you understand the, I guess, the ultimate, what, what's like a great subversion of expectation? I was going to reference The Departed, but I already did that in my video, so. Um, you argue Ned's fate as a subversion? Whose? Game of Thrones, Ned Stark's. Oh, um... Yes, actually, probably one of the best because it's yeah. the reason we don't expect him to die is because it's almost of like meta subversion. Yeah, we understand yeah. that you don't kill not only a top billing star, but your protagonist. You don't kill them. That's not something you do. But everything points to him dying in that episode. There's no reason why he mm -hmm. shouldn't. And then the closer and closer you get to it, you're like, no, no, no. And then the characters react to mm. it. You're like, no. <laughs> and yeah, he doesn't come back. So. Yeah. There's a couple ways. It depends on what you're subverting, I suppose. Which expectations? Complicated I, feat. I tend to be of the opinion that a subversion is like it's still a kind of payoff in terms of setup payoff kind of uh, way films are made. Like it, it still comes from something within the work. Yeah. Um, and then again, it's like uh, our expectation of what the character will do or what will happen to the character or where the story will go. There's lots of different things. And there's lots of different, mm. uh, I guess, ways we can gain our expectations. Like, you know, you can have a scenario where something happens and then two people, one of them's like, yep, that makes sense. The other one's like, what? That, that came out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, so they got information differently. I suppose. The problem with this line of thinking, and why this phrase needs to see the pits of hell soon, 
is because you don't actually need well-written characters or difficult personal choices to make the subversion of expectations a component it doesn't of have to story. be think of yeah you, you don't, don't have to subvert expectations. yeah you don't have to have subverted yeah. expectations to have a good story not at all a lot of the times they can't help it if they're done right but as we learned from the last jedi if they're done really crappily <laughs> then it really hurts the final product. They expect everything to be meaningful. Let's make nothing meaningful. <laughs> like, okay. okay. You got me. <laughs> you showed us. You've successfully paid off nothing. Of I feel good about A component of your story. Think of subverting expectations as a box. Now, I'm going to put everything that has ever fooled me into thinking something about a character or a situation inside of that box without any context as to how I was fooled by the story. That is the problem with this term. I said that a character's behavior has to be consistent so their actions are predictable, but that doesn't mean you have a great character on your hands because I don't think- What do you mean by any of these terms though if none of them are objective? Is, does great just mean character you like? In which case- are these are the is there a standard by which we can objectively like measure um how is it measuring is, what makes a great a character is, is it consistency because he was almost saying like it doesn't you don't require x y and z to make a character great and then i'm like but what is a great character by your own definition because i've thought that, that wasn't a thing beyond you saying that a character you enjoy i don't know this is true either. For every General Zod, there's a Euron Greyjoy. Both characters never changed, but only one was actually interesting. Wait, is he saying that Euron is interesting? I... Some... I hope not. He referenced Zod earlier, I think in a mo... in a some... Somewhat positive way? I think that was a yeah, positive sorry. reference for Zod. Yeah, I All think right, so I, too. Yeah, because I haven't seen Man of Steel in long enough to not remember if Zod was like... I don't know. Whoa, whoa. A great character? I, I hesitate to ask chat because I'm pretty sure everyone hates Man of Steel. <laughs> you know, we, can, uh, we can explore that one one day. We will. I also said that irrationality exists, and while the choice a character makes that subverts expectations could fall under legitimate irrationality, it also could have been pulled out of the rear end of a horse. Right, so how we define that is the important part, how we figured that out. Hmm. Was it them being irrational but within character or was it them being uh out of character if we label anything under subversion of expectations we're not actually specifying the quality of that subversion yeah no i agree with him you need to be more specific than saying it subverted my expectations therefore good yeah, yeah. we're just like, what if your expectations were good what if your <laughs> expectations were excellent and they made what? sense and they were rational and then, a, therefore, the traits of what, what made it subversive was the fact that it was terrible. What if the subversion doesn't, doesn't pay anything off, doesn't do anything with any of the material present, and kind of, I guess, squanders it in that sense? Like, say, TLJ, I guess. I think that they did really well. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see that shit coming. <laughs> that it's a subversion, and many people think that subversion is objectively good. I don't know who says that. Which brings us back to objective. I'm sure, there are people. Out the there. problem with modern criticism is that some critics, both professional and amateur, would rather encapsulate their criticism into descriptors than actually. Ex 
mostly a games critic these days, but my ability to resonate with an audience still comes entirely from being able to explain in great detail how something fails or succeeds. Mm -hmm. If I said a gameplay mechanic was objectively bad and left it at that, the viewer. Oh yeah, I, I, saying something's bad on its own is boring. So like, you gotta, yeah, gotta yeah. say why. <laughs> you, otherwise, what you, you, don't, you don't get to say something's objectively bad without then qualifying. Yeah, before or after, because fuck. Otherwise, yeah. What's the point? It's just a thumbs up or down for every video. It's like yeah. okay. Doesn't learn anything. If I explained why I thought this mechanic was objectively bad, the viewer learns something, but is in a poor spot to debate because I've determined that it is bad no matter what. If I explain- Not bad no matter what, no bad, matter what. but you haven't explained it. It's a different sense of objectivity. Yeah, yeah it depends, it depends on the framing. It. Because I mean, like, yeah, uh, I, com if I, I completely agree, dude. Like uh, if I said to, to Rags the fucking Endgame is objectively badly written 100% and that's it. And he's like, wait, and I go, no, that's it. I'd just be an asshole. <laughs> so it wouldn't be that we're having... That, that word doesn't stop discussion, I guess, because that's something that he's echoed from earlier in, in the video. Um, but what it tells Rags is that I've got information that goes beyond my feelings. And so he can be like, so what are you referencing? Well, I, I really all I know is that you believe it. Well, no, even, all I really know is that you've said it. Well, I'm going, on the, I'm going on the true. fact that you know me rather than I'm a random person. Like, you know that Do if I, I say it, then I'm probably going to have uh, references. But, yeah. It doesn't end the conversation, is my point. Why yeah. the mechanic No, objectively, it doesn't end conversations. If you say something objective, it ends conversations. There's no discussion that can be had. For me, it's a great priber. I'm like, ooh, rubs hands together. This is the beginning of the together. video, Mahler. Pay attention. How dare you... Raggers. We haven't like you haven't like built a channel around that as your main contentious point. No. no I, wonder if, I wonder if he's heard of me. He probably has. Bad, no matter what. Yeah, if I explained no. why the mechanic works against the player's goals and how it also works against the intended design of the developers, the viewer not only understands my position on the topic. I would understand your argument. I'm not sure I'd agree with it if uh, you said a mechanic was bad because it wasn't necessarily intended. Oh, yeah. yeah, you, you can, can fuck up into a good mechanic. <laughs> yeah. But can offer their own insight on the matter, which could influence my previous judgment. We all benefit from having a discussion on these issues, but only if we actually talk about the issues mm -hmm. and not summarize our opinions in terms that sound cool without any reasoning as to how we arrived at this opinion or what to do about it. Know, it sounds like this guy might be on Team EFAP to a degree. We're, we're all I, about people explaining everything they say. <laughs> I completely agree with him. I just don't know who he's talking to necessarily, and don't agree that well, when you say something objective, that there's no counter argument that can happen. Some of my criticisms do amount to like nobody's explaining what they like. We do that on EFAB regularly, right? All the video essays we cover when they just say a thing is a thing, and we're like, "What do you mean by that?" I mean, we kind of done it with this video too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, it happened. Which we're all free to do, obviously. But the more people who do it, the less nuanced a topic becomes until the only thing you have left to talk about is how much you hate what you're talking about. All right. Okay. Uh, so he is, he's joined the Discord. Just I'll get him. I'll add him as a friend. If you accept my friend request, I'll jump you into this call, Mr. DX. What did you think of the video, guys?
Um, it's far from the worst video. Mixed bag. Yeah, it's definitely not even the contention for the worst video we've seen. Hmm. So you can take that as whatever victory you want to. <laughs> Just uh, the certain misconceptions about how objectivity or objectively rather tends to be used by people. Did he actually ever like, define objective? No, that was part of the problem is that he's assumed there's one definition, I the, suppose. The the two the two uses of objective I tend to be familiar with are the more journalistic sense of let's try and be as unbiased as possible, let's be as, you know, fair to the subject as we can, and then the more formal sense of irrespective of human thought and ideas on the matter. The thing as it is, I guess. Hello, sir. Hola. What's up, guys? Hello. Oh, you know, we're just chilling out mm -hmm, on a podcast. Mm -hmm. so your video was sent to me a couple of times because it's the that that first uh, word you tackle is something of um, I'm 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 something of a proponent of it in in YouTube criticism. Have you have you have you heard of me before? I'm like a demon when it comes to this sort of thing. Yeah, I've heard of you, but I haven't seen your content. Um, to be to be fair, though, I don't watch a lot of YouTube content these days. It's Ooh. just a time. So you, uh, this video, you made it after I'm assuming seeing these words being used in a couple of videos. Sure, I saw them in a couple of videos. Uh, I saw them on Reddit as well. Reddit's a very strange place for critics. Can I ask if are there any like YouTube critics that you don't like that you really think don't do a good job at what they do? Are the people who like you just don't think are good critics? Uh sure. You know, I was watching a skill up video recently about uh Wolfenstein Youngblood, and regardless uh -huh. of my feelings on that game, I felt like it was a pretty shit critique. Um yeah. I don't think he went into the right mindset. I mean, if you have somebody that doesn't play first person shooters, review a first person shooter. It's it's topical, you know. So if you don't play what you're reviewing, you're probably not going to get a, a grasp on the on the matter. But I mean, um, I'm a little curious. What have you played, sure. Youngblood? Oh yeah, I'm playing through it right now. What do you, What do you think? I think it's okay. I don't think okay. it's. I, I don't think I, it's the best Wolfenstein game. Obviously, I think it's okay as well. And we seem to be in the mind. I've got a review. It's not up yet. So, but I, that's that's what I say. Is I think that's it. It's okay, guys. It's not terrible, but even that that seems to put us into the minority. I I do think there's right. A, I think people sense blood in the water, and they do want to hop on it. Well, I think I think the knives were out for that game even before it came out. So. Yeah, Bethesda's been making a lot of friends lately. Yeah, they're they're uh, happy tree friends out there. Everyone loves Wait. them, right? Sounds like what you're highlighting as well would be like how episode 9 will be hated even if it was a great film at this point now, I think. Uh, potentially. Um, I, for a long time, had no interest in watching episode 9. Um, I left the theater after The Last Jedi and I finally felt how the people who walked out of the prequels must have felt oh. and my interest in Star Wars was totally destroyed. <laughs> and I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to watch episode 9 and and watch it, but you know, um, I'm sure that I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who go in with the preconception that you know this is going to be dog shit no matter what. Yeah, I think there's a lot of channels out there who uh, kind of have a vested interest in it being bad. I hope it's good. I think I think all of us, we all hope it's good. Our just our expectation for it to be good is um, not high. If I was given one year to write 
a good end to the trilogy of the sequels in 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 Disney, I would be like, no, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> like well, this is yeah. gonna be so fucking hard to do. Well, I mean, I I've never talked about this, and I haven't done a video on it, but I think a lot of the problems with the Last Jedi originated from the Force Awakens. So mm. even though that's not an, I I like the Force He's Awakens, like a smaller. Uh, well, but I think a lot of the problems that present themselves in the last Jedi come from that, come from that film and just the entire, you know, concept of, of universe shrinking. I don't know. I yeah, don't know if, really if I was tasked that, but... to have written TLJ, I'd be like, so first things yeah. first, JJ, fuck you. Like for putting me in this position, <laughs> because I've got to build our world all over again. Cause you just ignored it. Like, and, and, and it's tiny now. So I've got to spend like half of my movie establishing where everything is and who everyone is. Uh, but yeah, TLJ, as much as it's, it's got some horribly bad elements on its own. It didn't have a lot of great things to work with thanks to TFA, but it also had some stuff it could yeah. have worked with a little better than it did. Like, uh, the people who were fans of TFA felt uh, that TLJ was a terrible sequel to it. it and all I'm referring to is that. just paying off some of the uh, mysterious elements, I suppose. I mean, yeah, what they did with Snoke. I've been... Because I, I had to rewatch the movie to make this video, and um, I think the production, you know, it's just top of the fucking line it's an incredibly okay. orchestrated film visually but i mean the writing That's still great. the writing didn't really hit me i mean you know sometimes i like i rewatched batman versus superman after i saw it in theaters and i thought to myself you know maybe i was a little too hard on this film i haven't changed my rating on it but i see some of the merit there the last jedi no it just no no <laughs> it is the doo-doo but you wouldn't go as far as saying it's objectively bad would you no, yeah, that's the thing. That's the point of my video, or at least one of the points I make in the video is that mm -hmm. I hate the movie. I just straight up hate the movie. Um, but do I think it's objectively bad? No. And I guess, you know, the definition of whatever we describe as objectively is important here. So what, we can start there if you want. What do you consider the definition of objective to be? Sure. Um, I'm going to go off what it says in the dictionary. So let me pull that up. Give me a second. Okay, in a way that is not influenced by personal feelings or opinions, in a way that is not dependent on the mind for existence, actually. That's what I think objectively in the context of critique should mean, or I guess in overall context. Mm -hmm. And so what does good mean in this context? Good is whatever you think it means. Good is, you know, a subjective so good word. Yeah, sure, if you like lobster, lobster's good, right? No, 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 lobster can be good, but lobster sure. isn't inherently good. No, I don't think anything can be inherently good or bad. I think lobster, good and bad. Good, good is lobster, because good can be anything. Well, yeah, that's the point. Good can be anything to us, I mean, anything but that doesn't mean... Um, I I guess, but... Well, they're different. So, uh, with, with, with what I, my question, I meant um, which, which definition of good are you running with? And I know that may sound as a strange question, but... I'm almost being yeah. literal here. Like, how would you define the word good in that sentence? Uh, something is objectively good. I don't think objectively good can exist. I, no, I know. So, like, if I said um, a wheelless car uh, with wheels, you'd be like, that's not possible. A wheelless car with wheels is... you, And they'd be like, why? It's like, well, wheelless well, we means without take wheels. Take it more basic than that. Is like, does, well, if, if a, a shape has four equilateral sides, is it not a good square? Well, it is a square. Um, the definition of square is pretty defined, so whether or not it's a good square is irrelevant. It's a so square. So it fits the line. definition perfectly of something. Yeah, but what is a good so square? It's good. 
Yeah. I mean, a good Let's square is what, not a triangle? Because a triangle is, in your oh, no. line of thinking, objectively not a square. So. Well, yeah, it, it's a triangle is objectively not a square. Yeah, sure, but that's a tautology. Uh, you're saying good. the same thing twice. A triangle is not a square. A triangle is objectively not a square. They're, you're saying the same thing. You're well, just we're, we're trying to find out what you think, like, de to define good. Oh, okay. So, like, in the context of a story or in the context of, you know, overall things? As a, as a quality of something. The thing is, you seemed, you said that good and bad are, object, are like, inherently subjective terms. So that sure. implies a singular usage. Uh, to give it's you a, a rope, are you, are you suggesting good means likable? No, what I mean by good and bad is, and I, I guess I should have clarified this in the video, is that I, yeah, I, I could think I have a good phone, you know. Um, my definition or what I think is good about that phone is not going to be what I think is good about anything else, if that makes any sense. So, like, whenever I say something is good, I'm judging it off the merits of whatever it is in relation to, how, to what I think about it, its effectiveness, and then we get into categorization from there. So what makes a phone good? Sure. Uh, to me, a phone that's good has, you know, a huge screen. It's a responsive phone, has a lot of features. Um, his picture in picture. Uh, I have the Galaxy Note 9, so I have the pen. That's a useful feature as well. But see, that's all subjective. Um, so well, no, if, if we can agree upon criteria, then it doesn't matter what, what our opinion is. But you would agree that if we agreed upon those criteria, then we would be able to behave objectively to it, as in... We pick up another phone that lacks a pen, is small, mm -hmm. and then we go, well, that, by the standard we've just employed, is now a poorly, uh, a poor phone, objectively. Sure, but if we created that standard, and I guess that's the point I'm trying to make in my video, is mm -hmm. that if we, if we create that standard, then it is not objectively, because objectively is something that actually just is. So the Earth, would you consider it? The Earth exists. Just to clarify, would you consider is there such a thing as an objective standard in any in any walks of life in any conversation about anything ever? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. so everything. There's no, that, everything. So there's no objective standard for a square. No, because a square is a square has a definition. So, well, I'm I'm with you on this, is, right? So uh, the idea that scientists fight over whether or not a Pluto is a planet or a dwarf planet, right? Is, um, I mean, I say they fight. I'm pretty sure there's always an answer. They just change uh, the parameters or whatever. So dependent on what other standards been generated, it would be objective of me to say it is a planet or a dwarf planet, depending on what the current understanding of science is. And if you said to yeah. me, well, those standards, therefore, are subject to change by whatever standards have been generated by the science as it exists on this planet by human beings, I'd be like, well, yeah. But that's the best we can. So, like, is is any is nothing objective at that point? Well, I feel like in the example you mentioned, you assume that the discussion is about planets. If you told me Pluto is a rock, then I would agree Pluto is objectively a rock. But that's um, but a rock is a standard that we've generated ourselves. I I don't think so. Uh, a rock is rocks exist in our universe. You know, uh, rocks in space. So what I mean to say is that a rock is formed of certain um, materials, regardless of whether or not we want them to be. A planet, on the other hand, is what we define it to be, if that makes any sense. How isn't a Something... rock what we define it to be? Because rocks existed before us. But planets. So, planets. Our definition of what a planet is did not exist before us. Neither did the rock definition. 
well, are you saying that the categorization is made by us? Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the categorization is made by us. So, yeah, Pluto can be a planet regardless of whether or not it's a planet. But at the end of the day, it's it's a rock. We're arguing about whether or not it's a planet because we haven't really decided, you know, or I guess we did. Well, decide, couldn't, I, but... couldn't I go further than that and say, no, it's not a rock. It's a collection of atoms. Yeah, sure. And you'd be right. But so that's kind of what I'm getting at is that everything we, we make any kind of conclusion about is run on standards that we've generated ourselves in the first place. I, I wouldn't agree because, um, okay. So in your example about, uh, a collection of atoms, um, the collection of atoms exists, whether or not we want it to, it existed before us, our definition of a planet did not exist. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's objectively a rock. But so does the planet. So does Pluto. It's just the name we gave it. Right. I I, I like don't think atoms... we disagree. I'm not sure we disagree on this, because I don't know what we're saying. It's the difference in what you understand to be objective, I think. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's the discussion we're having. Because I don't disagree that Pluto is a collection of atoms. I don't disagree that it's a rock what a discussion can and has been had on whether or not it's a planet because well we haven't decided on that but you know whether or not it's a, it's a rock is indisputable well as someone just said in chat it's not actually a rock it's ice then it's ice my bad I thought well it but you get right that all of this changes based on how we define we we, we look at all of these things that exist, that what they are, and then we just use language to, to to explain to other people what they're defined as, which is how everything runs. There isn't anything that doesn't run with that because that's what language is. And so when uh, we're talking, like what I'm saying is that whatever you agree, we can be objective about with uh, a planet, a rock, or atoms, whatever. We can extrapolate that into basically everything because it's all based on how we define and what parameters we generate. And the only problem is to just explain to the other party what uh, the framing is. So when you say, like, it can't be objectively good, I'd like to know what you mean by objective, what you mean by good, and then I can explain to you what I mean when I say objective and good, and uh, you can understand what I'm saying, that you may give different names. Like if I said Pluto is a planet, and then another scientist goes, no, 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 it's a dwarf planet. And they go, well, we, we're saying the same thing, we've just given it different names because we didn't understand each other's standard. And which is the correct standard? Well, typically we just run with whatever's most commonly understood at this point, or whatever science tells us is the correct answer at this point, because we have to run to uh, authority figures with that, because we're not scientists, but typically we run with with uh, definitions of words, we just go to the dictionary, common understandings. Um, for example, someone saying a shoe is a car, we'll just be like, well, we're not going to be taking well, yeah. them very well, seriously, because that's just useless. Well, yeah, there's a, di there's a difference between, I mean, I believe in facts, obviously, um, but I don't think facts are determined by people. If you tell me that... Um, the solar system is going to collapse in a billion years. That's that's a fact. It's just going to happen regardless of whether or not we're around. Not necessarily, but sure. I mean, isn't that what happens with uh, stars? Again, they expand. Again, this, and... is all, this is all based off predictive models. Is the thing. So oh, I can say that for sure. Yeah. Um. Because to try and bring it around again, right? So the way I look at good, if if I conclude at the end of a video essay that, uh, let's say Game of Thrones Season 8 was poorly written, I, and I say it's objectively poorly written, then you say, okay, you can't say that. Or I, I would have said, sorry, it's objectively bad. And then you go, what do you mean by bad? And I go, by the standard of poorly written, it fails 
By the standard of writing, it fails to reach a high standard, and that's a definition of bad. Likewise with good, it reaches a high standard. That's something you can use that word for. It's, it's typically looked at as the second definition as opposed to the subjective side, which is just, like it. I, I like the thing. It's good because it makes me feel good. Um, so when you say something's objectively good, that's why people say, like, that's an oxymoron. You can't be objectively a subjectively good thing because everyone's going to have a different reaction. So when someone says objectively good, I would assume, or bad, that they're referring to a standard. And the, I agree with you in the portion of your video where you, you're explaining that someone saying something is X or Y without having any kind of explanation is pretty much useless because you're just like, okay, by your mysterious standards you've de- defined it. But um, with my videos, and I hope with, with many others, they would do some legwork in explaining it. And mine typically runs with like a sense of logical consistency, an establishment of rules that do not get broken, a progression that does not get broken, um, which I would argue is intrinsic to the idea of what a story is. You can't have a story unless there's progression in the first place, so it's a standard that's tied to it objectively. Um, so whether or not I like, let's say, season 8 of Game of Thrones, it is poorly written, and I would have to separate myself from it if I really enjoyed it. Uh, a great example is Endgame. I rewatched it recently, and me and I my friends, me and my friends, like non-spoilers or anything, but me and my friends are going through it, and it's like, damn, like I love this film, but good god, none of this makes any sense. Like loads of the decisions they make is so stupid, um, and a lot of the events mm-hmm. take place are very contrived. Unfortunate, but uh, that would be the objective part where I pull myself and how I feel away from it and judge it based on these standards that I think are intrinsically tied to storytelling as a whole. And then someone comes at me saying, "Hey, by saying that." you've invalidated this guy's feelings over here. And I'm like, oh, well, if that were true, I've technically invalidated my own feelings, but I don't feel that way at all. I'm just like, yeah, I accept all of that, but I still enjoy the shit out of it. And vice versa, I can really dislike something that I accept is actually very well well made. Like, a lot of people feel that Blade Runner is very boring or lame, even though they'll say it is pretty well constructed, though. Um, sure. Um... So I don't think we disagree on much beyond the concept that, like the example with Game of Thrones, that if you say it's poorly written based on the standards or based on standards, my problem is that those standards were just, I mean, like, it's hard to get my point across here. Mm -hmm. Standards were created by people. Yep. So... I mean, yeah, we can all agree to them, but there's always going to be dissonance within that standard. There's going to be people who don't disagree. So I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, what you're arguing is that because of the arguments we've made, we have determined that it is objectively bad and we're running with that. And the only reason we're running with that is because no one has presented an argument proving the opposite. So if somebody presented an argument, I don't know, maybe it's the greatest argument ever, that season eight of Game of Thrones is good. Oh, well, uh, things like that can change over time. I'm trying to think of, um, if you remember, a lot of people consider Ben Kenobi is made inconsistent by the prequels because he looks at Anakin as this person that he's like, uh, he thought was an amazing Jedi and a great friend and stuff. And it's like, you look at the prequels, like, oh, clearly he wasn't. But, you know, I don't know if you've seen the video where (laughs) someone made a mashup where he's talking about Anakin with Luke, and then they intercut scenes from the prequels, and it actually makes a really emotionally impactful scene, because it's the idea is that Ben is deliberately talking about it in a flowery way, when he knows that it was yeah, all of painful. 
And it's like, whoa. And once you look at that as an interpretation, it's hard to make the conclusion that he is now inconsistent. In the same way that when he goes, um, from a certain point of view, people are like, wow, that's a retcon. It's like, <laughs> well, it's in line with his character because the, his, Ben makes a lot of decisions that are kind of manipulative. I actually see the fact that he let himself die to Vader as quite manipulative in, in retrospect. Because he was like, this will make it so Luke will definitely hate this guy. Like, he'll definitely want to kill him. And if you look at that from the perspective that he's Vader's his dad and Ben knows that, like, wow, Ben. Like, you really wanted to... And, and not without reason, Vader's a piece of shit. And if Luke goes to the dark side, that's going to make everything even worse. So hiding the fact that he's his dad is probably for the best, to a degree. It's a, it's a relatively... You could call it an immoral choice to lead to um, a moral... The ends justify the means is kind of what I'm getting at there. Sure. Uh, I guess, I guess you, could, you could also argue that you know, Vader eventually does get what he wants, which is killing Obi-Wan, but it doesn't result in anything, and he's yeah, it's completely, and it's so completely it's, pointless victory. So the discussion isn't necessarily uh, over in certain topics, but for example, I'm assuming you've seen the clip people reference where someone's about to kill Rey with a knife and it disappears. Yeah, that, mm, yeah. There's no, that, that, that conversation's over. We've, we've had different guests try and defend it, like uh, we had Major Lee say, yeah, that's only a mistake if you judge it as a mistake and it's just like you can oh, try you can try all you want to walk around it to find any kind of standard that makes sense i was like the only way you can make sense is if they randomly have a movie later on where they go yeah it sucks that the imperial guard that were under snoke sometimes their weapons would disappear that's just a thing that they do it sucks see not yeah just i mean knives dematerialize all the time then you know well that's it's, the thing it completely I mean, no, changes I, uh the stakes you'd be like what they're they're their fucking their weapons can disappear. Like what? <laughs> what? Well, see, I I think I get what you're getting at here, and yeah, so so that's a production mistake. I mean, obviously, my interpretation is that that was or what I think happened is the knife must have been erased in post because yeah. somebody realized why isn't he killing her? Right. So so it has to be a production mistake, a production error. Um, my point and the point of my video is. Whether or not we think that's a good or bad thing is ultimately up to us. So yeah, it's a production error. We can look at it that way. Or I mean, I guess you can quantify it however else you'd like. But whether or not um, it's a good or bad thing is, is to us. I think it's a bad scene. But does that actually make it a bad scene? I, I feel like I don't have really the authority to say that even, when you, you know... When you say good or bad, I assume you're referring to whether or not it's a it's a ultimately like either moral or desired or approved of thing. That's the, the primary definition, right? Well, I'd be like, well, by well, the standard sure. of maintaining a progression of events, maintaining stakes, having your story match without it's it's a complete faltering, it's a complete contradiction of events. So it's just like absolutely a bad on the binary scale if we wanted to put it that way is certainly if if we were to say characters walking from a to b it's just like all good everything's in line it's all making sense nothing's well, wrong and then they just disappear it's like well we got a blip but someone's fucked up when i used to and this was years ago i guess at this point um i used to review like really really bad anime and a point that i'd always like to make is that yeah it's like here i'm presenting this argument as to why this is bad and i think this is fucking terrible but i think it's terrible um, I'm not really interested in arguing with other people who think it's good because ultimately that's their interpretation. And I'm not, I'm not interested in arguing with that person, the merits of the content, because at the end of the day, both of our, both of our arguments are going to be motivated by personal feelings as to how things are work or they don't work. Do you not think you would, you not want to change their mind on it? 
No, absolutely not. Um, that that's just how I am. It's like if you enjoy something, I know what it feels like to enjoy things. So I'm not going to try to rob that from another person. Um, and this is in you the context don't have of the power criticism. to rob that from people. Well, sure, I do. If I know, and and I've gotten these comments before. It's I've seen your. I love this anime, and I saw this video, and wow, I I saw all the flaws in it, and now I dislike it, or I like it less. I, I think you can absolutely rob somebody of their enjoyment if you well, press them, them hard you can enough. convince people but it's not like you're forcing them into doing anything yeah i i would take issue with the word rob it's it's like would they not would it not be consensual for them to engage in your video especially if the title is like critique of or review of or something something is bad i think the question <laughs> is if, if they notice these things themselves how is it any different to if you showed them it is that still them robbing themselves of their and enjoyment? i suppose is it really no, that's, robbing that's rather them. than enlightening? I mean, I think that's um, I think that's an interesting take on it, enlightening. But I don't feel like I have really the right to do that. I mean, I state my opinion, and whether or not you agree or disagree is, you know, ultimately up to you. So it's like I don't the 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 focus I take with my videos and my critique videos, like I did of Rainbow Six Siege, is I have these problems with the game. You might not have these problems with the game, but for me, here's why they are a detriment to the game. You don't have to agree with me. Um, I guess we can even argue the merits of my complaints, but at the end of the day, these are just my thoughts, and that's the that's the that's the um, approach to critique I take. That everything is. Just but what if that what makes people enjoy Rainbow Six less? Well, then it makes them enjoy it less, just like it makes me enjoy it less. But How there, I mean, there are in the previous examples. There are plenty of people who would never i mean i mean there are plenty of people who agree with my complaints about siege and there are people who if you go on the rainbow six subreddit right now would never agree with a thing a single thing i said and all the unbalanced garbage in the game makes the game more fun for them um i recently did a video on call of duty where there's a lot of people who like black ops 4 for the reasons that i hate the game so so why why would that not apply to the previous example of the anime um can you remind me of you don't want to. You, you said you didn't want to rob people of the way they feel about it. Sure, but it's like a double standard in a really obvious kind of way. How? How would? How would you say? I'm, well, I'm genuinely wanna, just trying to understand my bad. You don't want to put out your. You you, you said you don't want to rob people of their enjoyment of the anime. Why would you not? Oh, okay. Not so yeah, no, I get, okay. I get what you're saying. When yeah. I post, well, when I, I feel like when I post a video on YouTube, yeah, I can get shared by the algorithm. Yeah, I can get shared by that. But my videos, specifically the ones I've, that I've done on anime, have had this very strange effect where people start taking them as gospel and Bible, and people just start repeating the talking points and repeating the talking points. At a certain point, it just went well beyond me to where I was seeing these talking points spewed everywhere on well, the they internet. Must be very so. good talking points. And people must I mean, I them. I guess, but if agree with them, then sure, good, but I don't means you make good points. Sure, but I don't think that makes them objective points. I mean, they they can be argued. Um, and I've I've even seen some replies to my video where I've seen, well, yeah, maybe I was wrong about this, but does that change anything? Because even if I think it's wrong about it, the the consensus has gone way beyond me at that point. I can't rectify whatever I said in that video at that point. Well, shouldn't you, do you think it's better for us to be able to justify the things that we believe? I mean, in the context of critique, yes, because I help, right, I feel well, like it, it help gets uh, your point across, but at the same time, 
it's not um it's not law you know well it, it never was law well so i mean it, you're, if I mean, you're it's saying better, it's better that people should watch a video and through that video be able to justify the way that they feel instead of just in an ambiguous impossible to express way like something for reasons that they could never explain i mean i, I would consider that almost infantile to a way I think I definitely think it's growth if we can be able to express the way or, or why we think the things that we do. Would you would you prefer that everybody liked everything? No, I mean, people can like right, whatever so they like. If someone liked the Holocaust, for instance, would you not want to rob them of their <laughs> enjoyment of that? I mean, I don't think people can enjoy uh, the Holocaust, considering that they, they weren't there. I mean, how? They're, how would you enjoy the Holocaust if you weren't there to enjoy it? It's subjective, <laughs> so of course it's... I mean... We can, the, we can substitute we, the Holocaust for the concept of the Holocaust. What are we talking... Okay, so you like killing Jews? Is that is that the... We already know that there the were people oh, I mean, who I, existed. Really, who, uh, yeah, I mean, we know people enjoyed that. Is it not... Do you think it's good to rob them of their enjoyment of that? Well, how would you go about robbing them of their enjoyment of that by killing them? The well, humanizing no, the, the Jewish people. That, the same way that you rob people of their enjoyment of an anime. The exact. No, same I I don't think those are nearly the same thing. I think uh, a genocide is thing. is far different from enjoying a fucking. No, 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 work no. no. They're not the exact same thing to like, but the same way that you would rob someone's they would, enjoyment of the concept. That's not. Of the Holocaust that's not the same the, concept. What? It is. <laughs> what? You, you would have. The difference would be a, a significant moral judgment, right? You consider it far yeah. more important to consider people humane than it is to enjoy an anime. Yeah, or, I think Rags is concept, more weighty than the other. Yeah, Rags' exactly concept is a fundamental, like... Uh, so Just Right argued to us, the, well, to me and Wolf, that uh, we shouldn't necessarily uh, break a piece of media down that people are enjoying because you can rob enjoyment from the world. That's that's the words he actually used. Uh so the idea that it's a it's almost a bad, it's just strictly a bad to explain to someone why season eight of Game of Thrones is poorly written because they might have enjoyed it. I don't I don't know that it follows that because they're having a positive experience, it means that to prevent to explain something to them that stops them from enjoying it is always a bad thing. And Rags has chosen an extreme example on purpose to prove that that is not definitively true. So now we need to draw a better line. I I just don't I just don't understand the equivocation a, of no no like, no, no i get no, i get no, what your no, point no, is i get what your methods, point is that the there, methods are there, what's being equivocated there there are people obviously who want to see jews removed from the face of the earth that's you know yeah there's seven billion proven. people out there yeah yeah and there were nazis you know that committed atrocious crimes in in germany and across all of europe but i just yeah we have muslims doing I mean, it today it's a very real example that we can pull from i feel like i Who are you to rob them of their enjoyment of the concept of the Holocaust? Is that your right? No, because we have free speech laws in this in this country. So for me, to, I mean, what? How do we? Are we killing them? Like, how are we? Are we arguing against their points? Because that's that's just illegal. So, I I mean, this, this is the exact same way that you use with anime. How how is that possible? How, when, how is it possible? Sure, you, I would have you, a, I would have, okay, so in, in your example, I'd have a debate with somebody, is, yeah, is what you you're wanted, saying, I'd have a debate with somebody. 
that the, holo the Holocaust isn't probably something that uh, you're saying it's bad, essentially. The Holocaust is bad, right? And if you're also trying to explain, this is why this anime is bad. Well, you would use the same methodology for yeah, both of Yeah, but the things. same, yeah, and in the same light, and in the same, using the same logic, if somebody liked that anime, well, what if somebody's a Nazi? They also like that too. Are you arguing that, what you're arguing is, is that it's bad to kill Jews, essentially. Is that what you're arguing? No, 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 I'm arguing here. I'm saying that because I, this whole this whole thing stemmed from the idea that there was a there seemed to be a, a very obvious contradiction in why it's okay to do the Rainbow Six thing and not for the anime thing, right? And so yeah, now we're that's... getting into the methodology for you know th this stems after right. that it stems yeah, from but... should you take people's enjoyment away because you frame that as a bad thing to take away people's enjoyment. Sure, but you can't extrapolate that to me taking people's away. Me taking someone, me taking uh, someone's enjoyment from a thing does not void their rights as a as a citizen of this country or of their lives. Um, I don't. I, just, I don't like, see how that even. I mean, because I I feel like so. Okay, answer this. How do we rid Nazis' enjoyment of the Holocaust? Oh, I would say we should. We could make arguments with them. And show that this is bad for the world, that it's not fair, that we should have foundational principles, and we could show the results of these principles in society, and we could use, you know, apathy as a way to get them to understand how cruelty works in other people and how they would feel if it was done to them. We could use all sorts of things. In much the same way that you would convince somebody right, else, but except I don't... now we're doing it with the Holocaust. I don't think that's the same thing. You can consume How a work of fiction. How do you consume the Holocaust? I mean, you watch, you read you about the, the Holocaust. Just like, uh, just like with anime, you look at the source. You go to the source material. And we have a lot of it for the Holocaust. Look at this. I feel like this it's, is a very disingenuous uh There's nothing argument disingenuous here. about it. I don't, I don't like understand this argument. Why. No, it doesn't mean it's disingenuous just because you don't understand it. I mean... Whichever part you don't understand, I could elaborate on. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think you can, and especially in the gameplay example I mentioned, even the gameplay is different from the anime because you play a game, so your experience is going to be fundamentally different than experiencing an anime. Right. Um, we can so disagree to different extents. Pulling examples from it in order to explain to people why it is of a certain quality or whether it meets certain criteria, right? How would that be different from the Holocaust? Uh, well, for one, um, Rainbow Six Siege is a game, so okay. we're so not debating the merits of a game, we're debating the merits of a genocide. Um, no, oh, yeah, we're comparing the merits of a game with the merits of a genocide. One is not, they're not equal in terms of their scope and their scale and their impact on civilization. This is about the methodology that is used. Right, I understand the methodology. Um, yeah, I could replace yeah, we the can argue, we can... or anything like that. I feel I feel like you you can't I feel like a, a more accurate analogy would be to say um, I'm going to take away the enjoyment of I don't know committing homicide um, because there are people who enjoy killing other people I think the example you've mentioned with the Holocaust is so it's okay is to take away people's enjoyment for certain things yeah. Sure, of course. I mean, that was, 
if that if that was all you wanted from the if that was all you wanted if that admission was all you wanted i mean i could have given you that before because you could have but this was far I've, more I, interesting i i mean oof, uh my 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 problem with the holocaust analogy is not that you know of course killing jews or killing anyone is a bad thing it's just that I don't know how you derive enjoyment from a fictional event. Um, I mean, whoa, I guess whoa, you could. But... I think the Holocaust actually happened. Just for just for chat. Oh fuck! Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not. Uh, no, the Holocaust actually. <laughs> I got shit. I got. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Did, did you say I'm you sorry. don't know how you would oh, derive? No. Oh no, this clip is going up somewhere. I'll, oh no! I'll, I'll I'll tell you why. Because if if you really really hate Jews and think they're subhuman, then you will derive enjoyment from. The no, no, no. You said you don't I know mean, how they would derive enjoyment from a fictional event. Why not? Yeah. Well, I, I, what I meant to say is, I can see you deriving enjoyment from hunting down Jews right now and killing them. But, but deriving enjoyment, I think, I think the, I think we're arguing semantics in here. Anyways, I think you can't derive enjoyment. Isn't enjoyment a present? So, I mean, like, how could you a present? derive enjoyment from? What I mean is. I don't know. What even I mean. the idea, even the idea of doing it, even the daydream of it, can bring you joy. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, I guess for a moment, this entire thing is an is started from a semantic distinction on how we use the word objective yeah. and what it can be. Used <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is semantic yeah, anyway. I, yeah, I think this is, this is going up. I, very I honestly might agree with you on uh, objective not being suitable here. I might use normative instead, but honestly, well, well, I think you could use common standard of, as well. It's about the nature of people's enjoyment is really the the closer basis than objectivity or not. It depends mm. on how far back you go, I suppose. That's when, but that's I, where I heard, the conversation's gone to, yeah. Yeah, well, I, well, I yeah, heard I mean, somewhere that declaring something objectively good or bad is a, a conversation ender, which is weird, but... I've seen it used as a conversation ender. It, certain, sure it certainly can be an, an argument ender. I mean, like, I'll give you an example here. Um, I agree with it, sure, but in Rainbow Six Siege, there's a character called Lion. He's a broken piece of shit, and... Based on what he does in the game, none of us really deny that he is a broken piece of shit. If I start my argument out with that stance, then all I'm arguing is whether or not he's a piece of shit. I'm not arguing the merit of having a character like that in the game. But, I'm yeah, not arguing. We agree with you here. But yeah, we, we don't like it when people just assert things and don't provide yeah, yeah. evidence. Yeah. If, well, I mean, like, my argument is even if you provide evidence as to why he's broken, and I believe me, I could provide you fucking pages, a fucking college thesis on why Lion's a broken piece of shit. That doesn't. I mean, that makes it. That makes it true for me, but that doesn't make it true for other people. There are no, other people. I no, mean, there's, there's only one truth. Wait. The idea here is that whether it is objectively true is obviously it, it. It exists whether or not we think it. However, this is our attempt to identify whether or not it is objective or not. If you said he is broken, I said how, and you say by uh, the standard of imbalance, he is more powerful than other characters. This is not something that is an opinion. It's provable damage values or his abilities uh, have far more pragmatic use than literally any other character or I'm assuming you've got standards or, or values I haven't played the game so I don't know but to give you an example that I gave uh, before I think this was I don't know if this was major like, I, don't, I don't remember who I said this to but um hitboxes like um to match a model if you've played DS2 True. or any of the games that are terrible but when you have one that completely unmatches the box when the entire like circumstance is understanding your opponent in battle like there is it's, it's essentially a binary conversation did it match did it not no objectively bad hitbox because that's the whole that's what a hitbox is the, the, i try to run with what is 
intrinsic to the, the thing itself, bring a bring an argument down to its core. Um, I, I get what I get what you're saying, um, uh, but wouldn't it be more accurate to say the hitbox is inconsistent with the rest of the hitboxes in the game? Uh, well, at that point, I'd be like. You, it, you it, could... it wouldn't so much be about its inconsistency with other hitboxes in the game. It's the inconsistency with the model that if they were, yeah, if they were all one meter to the left of the model, sure. yeah, like I suppose you, I don't even, I don't think that would ever like, I don't think anybody would be able to uh, account for that in a consistent manner. But at least you could actually say all the hitboxes are consistent in the game's design, and maybe there is an in-universe reason for that, as in there is the what you see is not actually real, and that there's a ghost to the left of everything that's the actual hitbox. It would be a really bizarre justification, but you could probably do it that way. In the same way that a character getting their head blown off is an inconsistency for them to live, but if you had context in Source that identifies that as being a possibility because of the species they are or the circumstances, then that would sure, be the correction. Resident Evil 4. Yeah, uh, so, but, but at the base level, a hitbox matching the model, that's entirely... It's supposed to represent... Because the hitbox isn't even necessarily supposed and to be a thing we recognize. Um, that's something that can be measured. Um, also, I was going to say, Southpaw uh, would like to ask a question as well, so I was just going to bring him in. And um, Unfortunately, Wolf has said he's not going to be able to make it at all now. So ah, Typical oh, man. Wolf. So uh, I figure Southpaw will be our, Southpaw will be our, our fourth, uh, but he said he wanted to ask a question. So I'll let him jump um, in. While he does jump in, I need to refill my beverage anyway, so I'll be back in just a minute. Very well. Tea time! Hello, everyone. Hello there. Hey, dude. So, um, DX, I, I have a question for you. Sure, shoot, brother. So, do you believe that there are differences in talent for writers? There's a kind of a second follow-up question I want to ask you, but like, we'll just start with this. Yeah, sure. I, I think that there are... You said differences in talent in writers? Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay, so how do you quantify that? I quantify it by whatever I feel like is good writing and bad writing. So if you tell me Reki Kawahara, or let's take Reki Kawahara's example, I feel like he's a pretty terrible writer um, based mm -hmm. on whatever I feel makes a story good. Um, here's another example. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but let's say, let's compare him to the guy who writes One Piece. Um, I think he's Oda. a much better writer. Yeah, Oda, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I feel like, yeah, of course. But I mean, whatever I quantify a good writer or a bad writer as and the differences in their quality is based entirely from what I what I um, determine makes a good story to me, uh, which is not what would maybe determine what's a good story to somebody else or somebody else. Okay, so um, let's say that I, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you about a, a bad movie that I enjoy, right? Like kind of as a guilty pleasure. Sure. So The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a universally reviled <laughs> film for several good reasons. I, yeah, I, 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 are, I don't know where you're going with this, but I, I feel like that movie also is not a movie that I detest either, despite the writing. Wait, I'm sorry, what? You said he doesn't a, detest it despite uh, the writing either. Yeah, despite yeah. the writing, yeah. Yeah, so there are, there are elements of it that I enjoy, but I admit that the writing fails uh, to meet a standard that I would qualify as good writing. Like, I think that's kind of all over the place. Uh, you've got characters that are being set up to be significant, and then the payoffs aren't even in the film. There's too many villains. There's not really, like, uh, 
development. Like, like they're focusing on making a cinematic universe that doesn't even happen after this right. film. So it's of kind course. of a kind of a pointless film. Um, there are still elements that you can enjoy in it regardless, but you can acknowledge that there are flaws. Right. Um, yeah, I'll use your example. Uh, there's a game called Rogue Warrior, which okay. is absolutely atrocious. Um, it's just Mickey Rourke saying fuck for like two hours. And by any standard that I would have for different games and the standard that I have for games, it's a one out of 10 game. It's a terrible piece of shit, mm-hmm. but it provides, uh, fun and laughs in other ways. So yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. And I separate that aspect when I'm critiquing something. However, that doesn't mean that I feel like that is just the truth of the matter, if that makes any sense. So yeah, Rogue Warrior is a terrible, terrible game, right? Yeah. But it's a terrible game to me. It is. It, it could be. I don't know. Maybe. It, maybe it's a game of the year to somebody else. I don't. I have no fucking idea. And it's also what their standard is for rating the game. If they rate a game entirely on laughter and how much fun they had with the game, then it would probably actually be a ten out of ten game to them. So whatever we grade things by is different, and that's that's sort of my point. Do you think there is no common ground in that regard? Uh, potentially, um, um, I'm sure there there are groups so, of people who agree with certain things, and and I think objective standards, the way that we may understand them or the way that they're popularly yeah. used, are derived from large groups of people liking something. But there's always going to be outliers or outliers and and people who have, you know, different. Um, give you an example. Things. I gave um, I hate everything of all people when he called me childish, condescending, and stubborn. Uh, about this whole topic. Why, why did he do that? Because he had never seen my videos and he believed the right opinion in Quinton Reviews about what I say. And then I got him into a call and he like reversed all of it. Once I did be able to explain myself. I hate everything. You remember the whole fucking debacle. Anyway, oh yeah, I the, remember. Who knows? I know, know it's funny. I just, I just played Hunt Down the Freeman for my channel after years of fans pestering me to play it. And uh, that was quite an experience. He was, uh, yeah. he was actually one of the better parts of the game. Um, uh, amazing. So he was he was of the opinion that there is no such thing. He said it previously in his videos that something is objectively bad, so I was very confused that he said there's no such thing as something being objectively bad. And the one that cracked him, I'm curious what you'll think about this. Um, so have you seen Suicide Squad? Yes, sir, I own the movie. So, you know, when they introduce to, uh, I guess, I can't remember if it's Arkham or whatever place they're going to, they, they have black text on a background that is very dark, the point All where right, most people yeah. can't even read it. Yeah, of course, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be like, that's objectively terrible. You have writing that can't be read, you fucking idiots. Well, see, that's where I agree with you. It is writing that cannot be read, whether or not that's objectively would bad. Would you agree that that's intrinsic? I don't think I would. I, I mean, it sounds it sounds dumb, and this example in particular like, sounds it, dumb it, because it, I think it's a terribly edited film. I, I agree with you that it is a that I think it is a terribly edited film, but... It's entirely possible that somebody places no importance on that aspect of the film. No, 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 no. no. Take it, take it out of of the film, and we're just now. I've used it as an example of it existing, and now we talk about writing that cannot be read is intrinsically bad because it's of the standard of the writing. It's it, of what it is. It is not what it is. And you'd be like, so isn't that binary? And it's like, well, take um, a label for something and then blur it by a little bit. Everyone can still read it. Blur it again. Blur it again. Gets to the point where most people can't read it. So now you're in territory of like five out of ten. It gets to the point where it's literally just a blotch. No one can read it. It's a zero. That would be how we'd yeah. scale this sort of thing. And, and, you know, like, plot holes or inconsistencies can all be done in this way. Like, how much they affect progression or cause progression arbitrarily. Okay. So I, I, have, I have... Let's go with a hypothetical uh, murder mystery, right? 
Um, let's say that you have a, a, a murder mystery where uh, it seems like there's no viable suspect for who killed this person. And then at the end of the book, you find out or movie or whatever, whatever medium this that's uh, doing this, the story. Um, let's say that you find out that the killer was an astronaut who was on the moon at the time of the murder. Now there are a few different ways in which this is possible. Uh, let's say that the, <laughs> let's say that the astronaut has a death note. Okay. And they establish that <laughs> the death note is, is real in this universe. Okay. So that's, that's one thing. But then let's say that the, the author says, no, 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 the, the astronaut didn't have a death note. So you go, okay, well, maybe the astronaut can teleport across the galaxy and thus uh, teleported to Earth real quickly to kill this person and then teleported back to the moon. But the writer then says, no, that's not what happened either. And then you go, okay, what if it was a shapeshifter that shapeshifted to look like the astronaut? And then uh, the writer says, no, that didn't happen either. That like the astronaut was the one who did it, but the astronaut was on the moon. There is like basically no way that this is possible. And the entire story hinges on this massive plot hole. Is that not objectively bad? Okay, so run it through me again. He could not have been at the place because he was on the moon, of course, right? So Right. And all methods of him killing that person have been exhausted? Or the author just doesn't offer an explanation at all? Um, wait, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Does the author offer an explanation? No, there's no explanation given. You're just told that the, right, that the astronaut did wanna, it, but you're not actually told how I just want to clarify, it. though, even if the author gave an explanation that wasn't present in the source, it wouldn't yeah. really matter. I mean, I feel like if he gives an explanation and then, of course, has, has the element of how he killed the person explained beforehand... Then is it like let's say he has a, a fifty fucking foot laser sniper rifle? It's a dumb thing, right? But if it's in the story beforehand, is it really a plot hole? Mm -hmm. What uh, what if it contradicted previously established information? Then it, that, that, that that's the point of the of the question. Yeah, here sure. The, yeah, the, the, then what? Well, yeah, I wouldn't call it objectively bad. What I would describe that is is what you guys are describing it as. It's it's objectively it's bad. in it's inconsistent it's with bad. the rest of the story. Which is objectively bad. Right, 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 yeah, it's just to, to I, connect I, the- wait, 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 to connect the dots, objectively bad translates into, without my feelings being present, it is of a low writing standard by which I'm referencing progression. See, but you're putting the standard in there. My definition of objective ends at whatever, um... Right, but that's what language is. Um, so, like, words mean multiple things. Once we've clarified what we mean... Our perspective so, would, I mean, yeah, yes, if, if, you if that's your definition of objective, absolutely, then yes, it would be so, a, That's immense progress. I All right. think we, I think we did it. Thing, I mean, well, here's the thing, guys. I've never, I've, okay, here's, here's my problem. I've, mm -hmm. I've never, like, if you guys want to consider something objectively bad, I'm not going to argue against, because, I, I mean, you would. If you want to call something objectively bad, you're free to do so. It's my opinion on why you shouldn't call something objectively bad and why it's, it's detrimental to the standard of critique that, or not to the standard, to the state of critique as we have it today. I mean, I don't think there can be multiple definitions of a word. Um, but okay, that just, uh, that's uh, that's, that's baffling. Claim, I'm afraid. I, what do you mean? It's an interesting thing to say. Well, how how are you? Okay, uh, how are we describing objectively here, like right now? Okay, here. So so DX. Um, so in the murderer astronaut example here mm -hmm. you have yeah. a story establishing that a person is dead you have a story establishing that of course uh, yeah. there's there's an astronaut who is on the moon at the time of the 
person dying and this astronaut is somehow connected to this person in some way. And then you have the story telling you that somehow the astronaut is the one that did it and wasn't framed and didn't have a death note and didn't have any superpowers or even a laser cannon that allowed him to snipe that person from the moon. So objectively, you are given two contradicting um, statements and there is no explanation for how exactly the astronaut was able to do it. Not in the text and not uh, on Twitter by the author. So that is a plot hole that is going to really uh, significantly damage your story because um, like, especially with a murder mystery, uh, it relies on the conclusion making sense because if you don't have your conclusion make sense and if your story doesn't abide by like the rules of logic, then you're cheating basically. And it's kind of a waste of time. I feel like this example could be well here. The, the point is that you, it, this is more about the concept. Uh, no, of I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. It's the it, concept it, of, it's, of it's an exaggerated example. I'll give you that. No, I agree. Yeah, we, I, f I feel like the example, I mean, you could just use game of Thrones. You could, yeah, no, I, I understand. Um, so yeah, but the, here's the thing: the way that I would describe that in my own critique is, yeah, it's a fucking plot hole. Yeah, it's you know bullshit contradiction. It, it doesn't make any sense. But I don't feel like that's the end all be all to to the to to my opinion. I feel like that's my opinion. That's well, that's not. It's well, the we, it's the we, solution the to the mystery. Precedes the words that we use to describe them, and we've gotten you to. Well, not that we've gotten you, but we've you agree with the concept that we use the word objective for, and that's basically the big thing. Yeah, here. that's because uh, I was just gonna say to draw you back to saying a word only has like the one definition. Are you aware that a lot of people think objective means that everyone agrees on it? Sure, but then they would be wrong. I mean, yes. We we if, but, is that is that in a dictionary anywhere? Because that's how I would define it. That's not. I don't actually. I'm not actually dictionary. sure if it is, but that's what just right. Because just if, right said if it to is, us. Then then they aren't wrong. Then 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 they aren't obviously wrong about the definition of. Well, but so you do agree then that words can have multiple definitions. To try and steal man your point a bit, DX, are you trying to say that there is a difference between saying that X is inconsistent and saying X in? X's inconsistency is bad. Absolutely. That's been the entire we already, know, we already know that part because we, we've moved on that's to That's a fact value distinction. That's a that's a very big distinction. Make make sure that you Yeah. yeah, yeah well, yeah, I sure, feel yeah. like well, that, that was what my I whole feel like thing I've about... been saying that th th this entire time that I even if I feel something is X that doesn't mean it is uh, objectively X. I was going to say that's rewound because we we I made it to the writing thing yeah. where I defined that yeah. uh it would be considered binary, but you can stretch it out to a zero to ten with with the writing one. You can do it with a hitbox, the degree to which it's tied to the model, and then plot progression. You can do that again. You could have this character wearing blue shoes or he's wearing pink shoes a second ago, and that's it. Who the fuck cares? It has no effect on anything unless the main villain, looking at pink, kills him. At that point, you'd be like, "What the fuck? Where'd you get the pink <laughs> shoes from?" You know what I mean? Like the the, the progression, and it, it, it's it's all very relatable as much as. You could be like, how can you draw a value judgment? And it's like, well, it, it would be based on a wider context of how it's all framed, how you, how how in a scale it would be judged. Like a broken brick in a house doesn't destroy the house. But how many bricks were broken? And then it does destroy the house if it's if, if there's enough. Um, and none of this stuff relies on how I feel. Uh, you might you might say like, well, is ten bricks enough to break it? And it's like, well, it, it uh, the most important payoffs of the film being. That's usually what a story is for. Everything we see is all in, it, it tied together to create the... For example, we don't skip from 
we meet Luke, and then it, it then it goes ten years later or whatever the fuck, and then it cuts to him and Vader fighting because we'd have no investment. We'd be like, who even are these people? Why are they fighting each other? What happens if one of them oh, wins? Yeah. Um, so everything. In a lot of other films. And this is the whole concept of plots versus subplots, right? So like, uh, the biggest everything's in favor of something. So like, a subplot will technically only be in favor of its own sub ending, but it would still be uh, all the stuff we saw was all for the purpose of uh, that one payoff. So, uh, again with the pink shoes thing, it's like we can draw conclusions irrelevant of our feelings from the standard of progression, and that's that's what we're using the word to mean, uh, irrelevant of how you feel, essentially, and that's yeah. as far as I'm aware the primary definition, essentially. And then you'd be like, we've added good onto it, and I get that the the surefire way to judge what good is is just how, how much you liked it, but we're using what I assume is understood as the second definition, sure, reaching a high use, standard, yeah. or being high within a standard. Yeah, because I, I I don't think that lazy and inconsistent writing should be uh, like held equivalent to consistent writing where tons of effort was obviously put into making everything make sense logically. You can have a writer who, uh, like they make a movie based off of the first draft of a script, or you can have a writer who redrafts several times and takes years to master, uh, like to, to masterfully craft a story that is logically consistent, that has a... sure. You know, yeah, it's like we're we're glad we live in a world where people think the Lord of the Rings is amazing and the room is so bad it's good. <laughs> sure, but again, in that example where the people, you know, some guy makes some bullshit in ten minutes versus some guy who makes some bullshit in ten years, um, that that's an also, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, but that's also not a designator of quality. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. We I agree. Mean, you know, yeah. Well, for example, when, when someone's if you say like this actor disappears halfway through the film, what the fuck's like he died? It's like. Oh, that sucks. But it's still Are we now talking a about the room when the actor oh, disappears? No, I'm just talking about <laughs> a general sense, but you know, it sucks. The people will yeah. be like, you can't just and I think that if I was making a, a critique or something, I would actually mention it. Because I think it would be fair to say like there is a reason for it, but it does damage the story regardless, unfortunately. That's just the reality mm -hmm. we're in where that happens. Well yeah, I mean I, I which is why I mentioned about episode nine. It's like JJ's got a year to write a sequel to the fucking Last Jedi. Yeah, and I just like did, I don't know that you that. can even make a good. But yeah, he's gonna try. Good luck. Uh, good luck to him because I think it'll be pretty difficult. Because what yeah. I'm expecting is he's gonna rush out a story that he had a basic idea for with with payoffs he sees in his head. And I'm I'm gonna just say random shit here, but like you know, Ray defeats the Emperor. Kylo sacrifices himself for Ray. <laughs> he just has these ideas, and he's like, "How do we get there?" And he does a bunch of things, and then we watch it and we go, "Wait, that ship doing that thing in that moment that wasn't possible back in episode." And he'd just be looking at you like you're a fucking nerd. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how far we want to go into this discussion, but I feel like fundamentally. Um, Starting the story off with the First Order being the uh, uh, oppressive power in the in the galaxy was already the wrong way to start the story. Um, cool. I think you kind of just fuck yourself yeah. when you do the same story over again, even after the universe has already shrunk with the Emperor's death and Vader's death. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like that was just instantly the wrong thing to do. And yeah, I was gonna say we've we've got a we've got another two videos to watch today, and I've got to make sure we watch them before we hit time where I'm not able to. Stupid YouTube's actual eight-hour cap might fuck us oh, up. I didn't even know. <laughs> I have to leave in thirty bad. minutes anyway. And, so. and yeah, right. no, thank you for having me on, guys. Thank you. This is this has been a treat. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I will pop you. your channel in the description. So from what people saw, if you'd like to check him out or hid, uh, do you want to? Do you want to? I mean, I, I think it's fair to just. What do you do on your channel, and uh, why should people check it out? I guess. Mm -hmm. 
Sure, I do a critique of games. Um, I recently did a critique of Black Ops 4 where I spent 200 hours playing the game and I laid out all my God, thoughts. Why, though? <laughs> uh, it had to be done. Uh, recently, or last year, I, I spent 600 hours playing Siege and I tried to extrapolate all I could from that game. Um, I do long-form game critique, basically. And uh, you having fun with it? Oh yeah, it's really fun. Especially when I you play games you actually like, like from that game. I agree. Um, yeah, playing games you don't of... like is shit what kind of games mostly shooters or sure um i've done about three big videos on shooters before um i'd like to do some videos on you know third person shooters but um i feel like i am pretty pretty versed in first person shooters i, I've been I playing imagine if you can do first person shooters you could do third person shooters just fine. oh absolutely yeah yeah we yeah thank you. you thank you for having me on guys yeah, no I'll, problemo. Uh, I'll see you around i'll dude. send you i'll, I'll send you friend requests so we can uh, talk more i enjoy this conversation Definitely, man. Thank you. Peace, guys. Mm -hmm. See ya. Later on. EFAP is mean and terrible and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we are the hate mongers of the toxic brood. We are the hate mongers of the toxic Surprising brood. how many times we've covered a video and then the author will be in the chat. Um, and I say a lot of times as if it happens more than it doesn't. It, it happens less than it doesn't, but I just didn't expect it at all, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, it, you know that YouTube is such a big fish. Sorry. YouTube is such a big pond and there's so many fish in it that you wonder how these one guys talking about my one video is something that you come to learn about, you know? Yeah. Somebody tells someone else who tells you who is interesting. It definitely is interesting. So how long have you got, Rex? I got about 30 minutes. Well, uh, there's the invite so that Southpaw and, and yourself can jump back in if you want to. Uh, we're Thank finally you. covering... Just writes video on objectivity, and the, the uh, funny thing will be yeah. that Wolf isn't able to make it, and Rags will be leaving soon. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, well, I did you the best. You got the I B could. team for tonight. I was gonna say enjoy what with the B team. Nah, yeah. you'll Theo and Theo two. I th I think you guys are more than capable of handling just right. Oh, I mean Theo is our actual guide for this, so. It'll be great. Theo, all of the pressure is on you. Every single piece <laughs> of meaningful content in this stream has to come from you now. Um, Trying to keep my mouth shut in that discussion to is there any bogging us down too long. Is there any primer you'd like to give about any of this? Uh, right, so do you guys know who Immanuel Kant is? He was a real percent. Barely, rarely stable. That's Isn't it one. Kant? Uh, technically it's Kant, Ooh. but, uh, you know. I have news. Right. What? What is Apparently, Wolf is available. <laughs> oh, that's yes. I always knew he was untrustworthy. Yeah, I should just not let him on due to the fact that he is a blatant liar. Wolf. Wolf. Oh. Yeah, I guess this hey, is dude. a thing, isn't it? Oh God, we should be in Singapore. I'm so sorry. There you go. We're in Singapore. US South. Well, first off. The server location in U.S. South. That is the U.S. South is a fine place. Nope. Mm -hmm. Simple better. So I, I just have a simple question because I wasn't able to listen to most of this. Um, I don't know who the dude with the anime chick profile picture was, but why Thank were people you. in the chat calling okay. him? Well, I don't know who that is either. <laughs> why were people in the chat calling him New Jay? New Jay. Oh. Uh, I didn't see that. I guess because Jay was covered, and then Jay came on, and the guy was you know friendly. We covered Some his video. Agreeable. I thought it, I thought it was supposed to be like an insult or something. It was like it oh, might be. Man. You never know with Jay. 
Yeah. Um, you made it just in time, Wolf. You can probably see the link still in, in this group chat to the watch together. We're about to start covering Just Right. Oh, fuck. With three, three hours into the delayed <laughs> stream. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. I should leave now. Um, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, sorry for interrupting you, Theo. What did you... Uh, go ahead and carry on. Uh, I didn't... I don't honestly have a huge amount to say in Primer other than... Uh, yeah, can't. Uh, essentially, uh, yeah. get ready can't? for the reading of a Wikipedia page of oh. a book. Oh, exciting. And yeah, oh, for context, great. this came out soon after um, all of the conversations started to rile up about objectivity in writing because Holy of... shit, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry, this is more important than just writing <laughs> okay. an idiot video. Is this true? Jay's actually seen The Lord of the Rings finally. I didn't Someone know that. Someone get me his Twitter, I don't, have, I don't have a Twitter. What's his Twitter handle? I'll Google it. I should at... have been at it if that's true by now. Okay. Jay, we'll don't you handle. lie to me. I'm checking, at... don't worry. S-J-X-C. Oh, that brought it up. I was about to type in at J the faggot and hope that would brought something up, but... I should have one. That's a fan account. I'm not seeing this. This sounds like fake news. Um. So all I know is he recently uploaded a photo, and I was going to tell you about this, but you know, didn't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, he was playing a Lord of the Rings like pinball game, and he said this is about the same as watching the movies, right? Oh no! I'm sorry. I, about I'm, that. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, pinball is not the movies, Christina. You are correct. Unfortunately, Jay might not might not he might just not watch them at this point, simply despite. Wolf and us. Until we see him in person and, you know, Clockwork Orange him watching them, he may never do it. Or, my theory was that he's actually seen them and he's just fucking with us. No, he would, no, he would be so proud of himself. He would want to <laughs> let us know and he would want to talk about the movie with all of us. He's like, yeah, fucking Aragorn hitting that knife and yeah, Gimli was funny and He's seen the first stuff. one and he didn't even say any of that. He was just like, yeah, he, he wasn't, he wasn't blown away by it and it was part of what upset literally every person on this planet. So, uh, Wolf, are you actually there or are you dead now? I think that he's killing himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. F. Well, press, press the capital F button, I suppose. I mean, I'm like actually play this video. I don't know if. Well, I you, guess you know you almost got. You were on the cusp of being able to play this video. I was. So close. I can add one more thing. It's like a preface. Go I for guess. it. Uh, I mentioned this before we started the stream, but again. Uh, at this point, the Critique of Judgment, which is the book uh, by Immanuel Kant that uh, Just Right is going to reference here, is about 200 years old. So who here thinks that it has gone unchallenged in the field of aesthetics for 200 <laughs> years? Well, if there's anything that I know about philosophers is that they love to agree with each other all the time. Yep. Oh, it's their favorite pastime. Yeah, it's what's what they love. It's just a circle jerk in the philosopher community. They yeah. definitely don't make their entire living and reputation on disagreeing with each other for the dumbest or greatest reasons. Well, I'm I'm ready and willing to see just right, just tear through all of the fat and get straight to the point. And uh, well, we'll put F in chat. It, 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 we'll we'll just we'll check out the beginning at the very least. 
I'm sure you'll pop back. I'm ready. So there's a particularly flawed idea about media criticism that has gained a lot of popularity recently. It's the idea that we can judge art, quote unquote, objectively. It's a great start. It's flawed. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't wanna, I, I don't know. I find that pretty agreeable that you can judge it objectively. A kind of criticism that focuses... If, if we go solely from the idea of uh, uh, what is... You know, this this I don't think mm. many people disagree with the idea of being able to say what I, what is objectively. Like if someone said you yeah. may have seen Luke attack Kylo while he was sleeping, but when I watched the film, he didn't. Be like, okay, <laughs> this... you won't find you won't find many philosophers or people, for that matter, interested in debating the fact that facts exist. Yeah, but uh, I guess he said criticism, yeah, if... so. Like, I like that mm -hmm. he put objectively in the the really cliche font that every single movie in the world uses whenever it, it, it is going it, to a new location. Like, just imagine New York in this font at oh, the right, bottom yeah. left corner of the screen. It's the Transformers establishing shot font. Do they do the whole, oh, like, it comes it up military style as well? time began, there was it. the gay. The cube. <laughs> the cube. Autobots. It's just like, hey, come on. They poke it with a stick. It's like, we need to seven more movies. It's the idea that we can judge art, quote-unquote, objectively. A kind of criticism that focuses exclusively on things like plot holes and whether the events of a story make strict logical sense. The goal of this criticism is to establish that a piece of art is objectively good or bad. I find this position pretty damaging I, I would say um, it's probably more accurate to identify if elements of the film are objectively good or bad. Yeah. Whether or not you think that how how that affects the whole for you is much more debatable. But yeah, once you can establish that an element of the film is objectively good or bad, we've got you. And his whole stupid premise here, we don't do it to say to like point the finger at Ryan Johnson. I mean, we do, but, you know, we don't <laughs> we don't do it just to point the finger at Ryan Johnson and say, ha, you're a faggot. No, we do it because we want people to improve. Yeah, that's the um, whole point. And we besides, do it to help people avoid these mistakes in the future. Yeah, we want to wanna say... enjoy Star Wars movies, and in a world where The Last Jedi is touted as an amazing Star Wars film, we'll probably make Star Wars films in the future be really shitty. And this is where it gets complicated, because poor filmmaking can't simply be defined by poor writing, because there's a lot of elements, and we've even conceded that TLJ has some nice shots or acting or... Um, uh, set design characters like there's a, there's a shit ton of elements that come into filmmaking we agree and if everything is good except for writing can you truly say it's poor filmmaking as a whole it's like not necessarily however all of those additional elements are usually I, I, I say usually because I'm trying to think of examples where it's not the case they're all attempts to facilitate the story so they're tied to something that originates in the writing uh, and anything meaningful about a film's um Something you can draw out of it in terms of a lesson or um, an idea. It's probably from the writing rather than a, a, a visual, like a, a series of colors. Because at that point, ow! <laughs> at that point, you um, <laughs> you, you're advocating for the idea that you would have just happily watched a fucking an oil spill on the floor. You'd have been like, yeah, that was amazing, and I drew lots of it. It's like we usually have references. Whatever you reference is typically going to be something that was drawn from the writing, as opposed to. I just love how big Godzilla is. It's like, okay, that's fine. Also, isn't he kind of um, overlooking the 
uh, analysis of like contrivances and very co co convenient coincidences used to solve problems in in art. I think you would just I say think that he's about, lumping that into plot yeah. holes. Plot holes are typically uh, worse than contrivances, I, so you'd probably put it in the same umbrella. Yeah, I okay. I, I do want to bring up his framing of the objective analysis there at the beginning saying it focuses exclusively on things like plot holes and whether the events of a story make sense that's mm. uh perhaps too reductive generally as far as i can tell you could be objective about be objective, pretty much everything you're focusing like, on things that are tangible like what yeah, about like that special you can draw out of the work what is like uh, uh the scorpion king in the mummy returns is objectively bad cgi yeah, I guess you could say that. I would want to. Uh, I've seen the film. I'd love to listen to the qualifiers because, for example, bad CGI on uh, or airbrushing for Superman's lip is because it makes his lip look like jelly, which is by the standard of it's inconsistent with the rest of his fucking face. <laughs> so you would. Boy, it's hard in the uncanny valley. Sure, yeah, the, I would like qualifiers, but I would totally uh, be ready yeah. to agree with something like that. Or bad. I find this position pretty damaging to film discussions as a whole, so today I'm going to- I like that he doesn't take the idea of, like, invalid strictly there. His conclusion is almost damaging to film discussion. If there's anything we do on EFAP, fucking discuss. And the idea that, it, according to him, it should damage our discussions significantly. And maybe he would argue that that's what just took place, like, an hour ago. Maybe it damages his position, like, the last time we had a discussion with him. I don't know what you mean, you know Wolf. He yeah, came out of that debate that, really strong. You know what's funny is, uh, I actually re-listened re to that debate a while ago, and Mahler, when you were describing to him the process of two people actually arguing about something, uh, like, from objectivity, like, one person saying it's objectively bad, one person saying it's objectively good, and they have a discussion and a back and forth and then they like uh they both come away a little more enlightened about the material that they were discussed they were discussing um it kind of actually uh made me think oh you kind of predicted that mission impossible fallout debate like a year before it happened because that's basically what we did yeah you, and we had to show references we it, i could tell exactly. when he said that they didn't show the facial prosthesis thing, I was like, we're going to have to show it because you won't believe it if we just say it's true. Yeah, and like, I was actually talking about something far more substantive, which was debunking the plot hole thing, and then he interrupted me, and even though it's like, I, I could just drop this and keep on talking about why he was wrong about the plot hole, it's like, no, you're wrong. You, you're objectively, like, you're factually wrong about this. And so it didn't do great know, just... for his credibility when he died on that hill, when it was like on screen. <laughs> And he, yeah. and he moved the goalposts like three times. Like, it wasn't there. No, it wasn't there long enough. No, it wasn't big enough. It's like, dude. The EFAP mask debate. But yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. Uh, you can have an objective, uh, objective discussion. For, for him, that was objective. It wasn't in the film because his information yeah, was faulty. You can believe it's objective, but that doesn't. Yeah. Like, he, it he, is an he objective wasn't doing argument. it based sure, on his feelings. Not... He lacked yeah. information that he required. Yeah, it was it was an objective argument, sure, but it's it's definitely like it was one that could be debunked. Absolutely, and that's that's why I find the conversation very interesting. I I, I think I'm going to reference once I finally get to making more of the TFA thing, the the Finn one. People are like Finn saying that uh, the discussion on whether or not Finn should have known that light speed was possible. It's the conclusion these days is okay. So he he forgot for a second. What's wrong with that? And it's like, that's when you pretty much have given up. Like, like, we <laughs> have to, when yeah. we have to delve into the realm of absurdity, yeah, mm -hmm. just stop. Just stop.
You'd think he would have told someone about it, because it's like, a, when they find out it's possible, they, like, blowed away. It's like, yeah, it's a pretty yeah, useful piece of Yeah, because even if he forgot for a moment, it's like, he was with them for how long? Yeah, and, and like, Major Lee being like, you know, he was about to betray the Resistance and leave them. It's like, when the fuck did he join them? I don't remember him signing up. He just helped them defeat the, yeah. the Death Star, but for his own reasons. I don't remember him being like, I'm a Resistance fighter now, as opposed to a defected Stormtrooper. Well, you see, no, 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 the, the definition of betray is subjective, you see, because you can just redefine it to mean uh, you're going up against people that you were never with in the first place. He pro I don't think he tried that, but Apparently. he could have. He could have been like, well, they thought he was on there he too. very well could have. Mm -hmm. That dude said that there can't be multiple definitions for a word. Isn't that fucking insane? I think, I don't think he would have, I don't think he stood by that. <laughs> I think he gave up on that once we, uh, I don't know, that was a weird thing for him to say. Hmm. to film discussions as a whole, so today I'm going to explain all the many reasons there is no such thing as objective criticism. In 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, oh, in man, 20 I'm minutes. already regretting coming on this. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay, we can, we can do this. We can do this. 24 hour show part one. <laughs> get there mm -hmm. so i just want you to hold on to this one idea before we begin okay. the dark knight the what's movie, with the shitty paint.net like drawings he keeps doing substitutes it's a theme <laughs> my god just use fucking video game footage please you know i i was I, I almost actually said that with the last video instead of just random one second clips of actor close-ups i'm like just play a game yeah, at least we could see a little, little like, I'd, I'd rather see someone wreck at Mordhau or something than just actor faces from movies. I know. It's weird, because I know that Just Right has shown his face before, so... He usually has film like, clips, just, but just, he's not doing that this time. Just hey, Mahler, do that. Don't do this. Mahler, can yeah, I quickly so respond to... Uh, Go ahead. Uh, can I quickly respond to a super chat? Um, so a guy named Doctor 69 all day said, Hey there, Southpaw, is it true that you and Vito DM'd each other on Discord and you shared what you said in private to laugh at him on a stream without asking Vito? If so, that's pretty crappy response. So, no, Vito did not DM me. Uh, he DM'd a guy named Stefan, and then uh, he, he was basically uh, talking to Stefan about something which he got into an argument with about, like, with, with, with Wolf on Wolf's stream. Basically contradicting what he said, um, like privately. So Stefan messaged me, and I told Wolf about it, and then we decided to cover it and respond to it. I don't think that that's crappy at all, and I I think it's just it's not really even worth talking about much. But I wanted to just quickly. Uh, the only thing that. that's crappy is Vito's stream numbers. <laughs> Wow. Now, it takes Vito... you 16 minutes to get one guy to type in the chat. It takes me three seconds before I'm even clicking the go live button for like well, also to show up. Also, Vito and I actually like made up our differences like months ago. You know, there was there was a funny uh, back and forth that we had on Mahler's Discord server. Uh, someone uh, tried calling him a cuck. It autocorrected to duck. And then I... <laughs> Objectively, and it, well, that that turned into a meme. I basically continued calling him a duck, and then he even embraced the meme. Laughs, <laughs>, laughs were had, and then we uh, we made up. So it's not really an issue anymore. This is just old old ass drama. Well, and uh, I'm sure Vito and Wolf will be best of friends eventually, right, Wolf? 
I mean, when he, like, develops a functioning brain, sure. So anyway, thing as objective. Sorry. So anyway, I have to go. All right. Well, <laughs> oh. it's been fun, Ragus. I'll catch you again for the next yeah, one. Yeah, I doubt I will be back, but this is EFAP, so maybe I'm not sure. I, I feel like we'll be pushing this one to the eight-hour limit, probably. Yeah, I gotcha. But I oh, will boy. be gone for uh, quite a well, no, decent amount. So maybe I'll be back. Maybe not. I guess we shall see. Very well, sir. Thank you for for coming in and. Around. Yeah, later I'll catch you later. Doodles. <laughs> <laughs> what a massive. It's going to take me quite a while to get there, so I just want you to hold on to this one idea before we begin. The Dark Knight, okay. the movie every film bro keeps on a shrine at his bedside, has more plot holes than virtually any other movie you can name. He has apparently never heard uh, of The Dark Knight Rises. I was about to say, what about The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. <laughs> Is, like, is that, what, is that no, even true? The, what about the, the Last the, Jedi, which you deny having plot holes every time you talk about it? And who what cares? About Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oof. And who cares? And Jurassic because, um, World One. Fuck. We can just name films all day. He's wrong. But uh, I was just gonna say, like, what about people who are like, yeah, it does. I still love it. Like, you can, uh, who are we talking about here? Because I, I, I'd have to watch the film again and listen to the arguments. But off the top of my head. I'm not 100% sure of what, like, all of the plot holes are for The Dark Knight. Any of you guys know of any just off the top of your head? He rattles off a few a while down the line, but... I, I, I would rather not spoil it for the, for the chat, if, just for the sake of redundancy. Hmm. What's a film, bro? <laughs> That's his way of disparaging people who think they're critics while they're not. Also... Uh Okay. I'm assuming I'm assuming it's the the straw man that the uh, movie circle jerk subreddit likes to uh, respond to. Man, I used to like this dude's channel, like a lot. I used to like your channel. You see again, we've got some very <laughs> I, yeah. I used to like my way. channel too, but now I realize I've never made a good video in my life. And don't worry, I'll be deleting uh, my channel yes. soon. Episode no. fifty. Last time I'm here. That's a very massive thing to say. You're gonna scare everybody. Also, hi, oh, Jay. Hey. Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. Say hi to Jay Wolf. Okay. <laughs> 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 right. too angry. Just hold on to that real tight, because we'll come back to it. So okay. first, let's get the semantics straight. You can make objective statements about art. Okay. Star Wars was written by George Lucas. There are spaceships in it. The main character oh is God. Luke Skywalker. I'm glad he's got that far, at least. Give him a gold star for that. Yeah, These are called... facts. The No, those are, so those are like observations about like what's actually in the film, but there is no statement on whether they contradict any prior information. I mean, you could still even do that. You could be like, uh, you'd be objective. No, I'm, I'm saying, just saying that, well, I, I'm saying that you can do that. I'm just saying that the, like none of what he has said is doing that. Yeah. Well, that's why we, we've, we almost sighed because it's like, yeah, of course, these things are things you can say. It's like. Again, it's non-controversial to agree on objective facts being present in media. Facts. You enter subjectivity the moment you make a qualitative statement about those facts. George Lucas is a brilliant writer. These spaceships are cool. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I don't is think well anyone's going to argue that. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends. Like the funny thing is, if someone said the spaceships are cool, I'd be like, hmm. Uh, and you'd be like, more, is that an objective or subjective statement? I'd be like, depends what you mean by cool. 
and they go, low temperature, and then they find out uh, from the fucking information in the law books that the, the ships run on a, a temperature that is lower in comparison to any other ship. They are they are a cool ship. I'd be like, I guess, okay, yeah, I guess that's true. But if they were like, oh, yeah, they look cool. George Lucas being a brilliant writer. Oh, well... Also, also the thing with Luke Skywalker being well-written, if that's just an opinion, then why in the world do people teach writing? about like how you need to give your character goals and motivations and they need to be proactive and they need the, to have flaws and be relatable of, and weaknesses. The answer I've heard to that is that teachers only ever teach what they believe to be good writing. Always subjective. I do wanna like, I do wanna keep belaboring this because again he's what he's just outlined outlined here is uh, the fact value distinction. There is a big gulf between what is factual and what is valuable. Yeah, no, and, and I, I get he's it. He's right on that distinction. Well, like yeah. I said, though, that there are scenarios where we can actually create scales that'll have values when we're simply talking about what is. Yeah, it's a, it's a like I said, there, there are words for it. I wish I remembered what I was talking about with glib like a year ago. But the um the degree to which a standard is achieved isn't always binary. No, oh, yeah. And the standard Absolutely. can, you know, and and uh, if we're talking about how much someone likes something, yeah, of course, that's like the fucking peak of subjectivity. But oh, uh, value is being used in like an ought sense here, as in a film, like a story ought to be internally consistent. Um, you understand what I mean? Yeah, but um, I don't know that you have in the same vein as that uh, writing that can't be read. Like, I don't know that you have a story if it's inconsistent to begin with, because your story is now not a story, because a story relies on... In the same way that, let's just take it to the extreme, I just have the first five minutes of one film, second five minutes of Toy Story, third five minutes of The Dark Knight, fourth five minutes of, uh, you know, fucking Schindler's List. You'll just be like, what is this garbage? I can't follow anything that's happening. You're like, yeah, because this isn't a story. This is just a series of, like, I can't even call them... It's a clip show. Pretty much, yeah. I think you'd actually have to call it a clip show. And you can't even... I, I'm sorry. Someone in the chat asked if uh, the guy the guy on the left being Theo, if he was Sean. Oh, God, that's the third time. <laughs> <laughs> this has happened before. Yeah. We should, we should get oh, you... Oh, previous EFAP I've been on. What, what an unfortunate thing to be We should get him to really work on a Sean impression and then have him use the icon and say that we've got a special guest, Sean. <laughs> Good work. I don't know who you, Sean is. You, I haven't watched you, any you of You can, movies. like... Oh, bless your heart. Well, may, maybe you can, like, pretend to be Sean and then you can say something like, I'm a dumb faggot. I, like... <laughs> hate black people you know just say just say things bites of me on the internet <laughs> hey it's not gonna be you it's gonna be sean i'm just glad I that i'm compared to chris stuckman instead of sean i'll just say yeah. that yeah they, they compared me to this mola guy and uh and the other dude in this this call he's often referred to as like he's like wolf she's like what the fuck we have dude, our own personalities blessed south pie i watched a chris stuckman video like mm -hmm. a couple days ago and it yeah. was like the dumbest worst shit i've ever seen how dare you which video okay, that, okay that's hyperbolic but it, it like it was a worthless video he didn't say anything at all oh in so the whole thing oh wait were you talking about the his 80 minute long shazam review yeah that thing was garbage oh no <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, it's I'm... like you 
It's like it's like South Pole took it in a different joke way, but Wolf was like, "No, I'm trying to say this stockman is shit." <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm trying to say that you're the better stockman. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you said that, I gave you a compliment. Well, that. God, you see, this is the thing. Well, like, so I'm not a mind nice, reader, okay? And I, and I can't even do that. I can't even be nice. Right? It's okay. Episode fifty, no, no. grand finale. I'm saying that. Brilliant writer. These spaceships are cool. Luke Skywalker is well written. These are what's called uh, opinions. I know this is some simple stuff so far, but I need not to say it if you have evidence <laughs> to back them up, you dunce. Yeah. So having one thing happen that is directly contradicting another thing no longer is something that is like dependent on the person. If that's how he defines how an opinion works. I like that he says, though, that if so, for anyone who disagrees with this, it's essentially not understanding something a child should. It's like, thanks, just right. I love how he mm. had that little pause where he was shifting through his papers just to say opinions in that condescending way. That'd be me saying or doing this. This is what you call Pepsi. I thought you were going to call him a retard or something. Oh, well, no, did did you hear the... the I did, that? but I thought okay. that I just... I You've subverted my expectations. That means you're all... No, no, if well I was going to call him a retard, I'd be like, this is what you call a retard. Oh. <laughs> you can't do that on live television. Because the idea I'm reacting against is the all-too-common phrase, this movie is objectively bad, which presents an opinion as a fact. Hmm. I mean, we kind of been over this in the first right. few hours. <laughs> yeah, a little it, bit. It really depends on what he thinks objectively and bad mean. We're not going to find out what he means. Doesn't surprise me. I don't think. The proponents of this ideal will assert that the objective critic is only speaking. I want to remind people that he failed miserably to defend this perspective in a debate. Like, and then he goes yeah. on to say it's obvious. I'm like, that's interesting, Mr. That, Wright. That was like, mm -hmm. actually, that produced our very first meme. It was before EFAP. Will Potato made the uh, oh, Curb yeah. Your Subjectivity video. Or Curb Your Objectivity. Mm. I don't remember which one it was. That was good shit, yeah. Yeah, oh, and sunrise, then he sunset. The top <laughs> that was the first meme. The meme before the, the memes. Facts well, of the matter, well, while so-called subjective so, critics the, only... Go ahead. So the whole thing with him with him saying that this film is objectively bad is an opinion. Um, it can be backed up by facts. So to say that this film is objectively bad would mean that this film uh, has that's what it was. It has a it has Sorry. a sum. No, no, no. It, it, that's okay. It has a a sum of issues with it that are uh, you could argue are substantive, and the um, the number of issues that it would have and the size of them. Um, cause like stuff like, again, the four guys walking away in the bathroom and fallout, that's not much of an issue, but the disappearing knife is, um, so not, not all, you know, what cinema sins would call sins, uh, are, are equal, but, um, to say that a film has a giant number of issues with its writing and, um, you know, maybe special effects failures or whatnot, or maybe the, sound balancing is bad maybe the dialogue is really bad um you know the, the like take attack of the clones for instance and the i don't like sand line um that's just like one example of really bad dialogue in attack of the clones and it's littered throughout the movie so if you have a large sum of 
problems with writing in your film and you come to the conclusion that therefore it is objectively bad, it can be backed up by an opinion. And if your conclusion is wrong because you're not informed, it can be disproven. So it's just, he's, he's saying that these are, that these statements are opinions, but they are backed up by facts. Um, he might, right. he might consider that well-founded as an opinion, but still not, um, an objective issue. That, that is, uh, Say it's like yeah, you can make an extremely strong argument for why something is an issue, but then that does not make it objectively an issue. That does not make uh, the thing that is not present uh, objectively valuable. Remember, he's evolved as a I mean, critic. Us four have not that, evolved. That is true. That is true. He has evolved. <laughs> That's the best line he's ever said. <laughs> That's the thing that got me to unsubscribe fact. from him. Like, what a condescending thing to say. I used to think like you until I evolved as a critic. Thank you. Hey, you know what? Thank you you know what though? Maybe dickhead. Maybe it's because he's older than you guys. Ooh. <sighs> he's got some it would be funny to find out if he was like twenty or something and be like, oh not actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then we could be like, Oh, maybe. just right. I used to think like you, but then I evolved. <laughs> and we could be like, No, sorry, I was never that retarded. He's like, What? <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> The proponents of this idea will assert that the objective I mean, critic is only age. speaking about the tangible facts of the matter, while so-called subjective critics only talk about their feelings. But this is a false binary. It's totally possible to... No, I would say that subjective critics, that's an interesting label. Um, I stand by what I said in the TFA stuff, it's just that you often use it as a escape hatch or a, a shield, just like... When you can't figure out why you didn't like a thing it, it, with any basis in reference, you just go, eh, it's just bad in my opinion. And you're sitting there Not like, to mention that, that, that's, okay. that's already like a straw man. We don't say that you that subjective, if you're going by this terminology, quote unquote, subjective critics only talk about their feelings. I mean, you can We'd be go okay with that. only by subjectivity and you can still talk about other things other than how you feel about something. Yeah, like well, they'd also be like they'd also be covering yeah. stuff like themes and whatnot. Like that's their their main. Well, not I'm, I'm not saying that's their main themes, character focus, arcs. But, I mean, you you can talk yeah. about a major uh, majority a, a plethora well, it, of different things while still being subjective about it. A great example is High Top. So he opens with saying, "This is all his opinion, so all subjective. Leave him the fuck alone." Like, okay. I don't like this film. Okay, um, I'm a big fan of Spider-Man comics. I'm not a huge fan of how they've adapted him. I personally feel that it's blah blah. blah. Okay, uh, Peter never has any consequence for the things that happens in the film. You're like, oh, you just crossed a line. Because what you were saying before was all things that nobody can can argue against. Because I I can't argue to somebody they don't feel a feeling. That's ridiculous. But if you tell me that Luke Skywalker isn't in the original trilogy, I'll be like. He demonstrably is. You go, okay, no, okay, he, he's there, but he never uses a lightsaber. I'm like, he demonstrably does. Okay, uh, does this sound familiar, by the way, with a certain Mission Impossible Fallout discussion? Some things don't actually come down to your opinion. If you simply talk about your feelings, that's absolutely fine with me. I have no issue with it whatsoever. It doesn't typically make for a fantastic video beyond a few minutes, though, because there's not a lot you can actually say once you've explained how you feel. And that's usually yeah. how videos start. They'll tell you how they felt, and then they'll go into references for what made them feel that way. And then they can typically get things wrong or right. For example, I didn't like Mission Impossible Fallout because it's the first Mission Impossible that doesn't show us how they made the masks. Like, okay, you did feel what you felt, but it's based on invalid information. Like, <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> Speak entirely. Or, or saying that it has a plot hole that he totally makes up. Yeah, like, and the only. 
the only way that you can actually disprove that someone actually liked or didn't like a movie is Mahler. Let's say that I'm messaging you saying I, I really hated Shazam. Okay. But then at the same time I'm messaging Wolf and I'm saying, by the way, I'm just fucking with Mahler right now. Shazam is actually like really good. And so then Wolf could send you the screenshots where I'm admitting that I'm not telling you the truth about my opinion. But the thing is, there's no way to do that with these people. And we all acknowledge right. that we're not trying to invalidate their opinions. We're not trying to disprove that they actually liked or disliked a film. We're trying to go over, you know, again, whether it's actually well written or not. And again, it's like when I when I made a review on Shazam, I wasn't trying to uh, say you were wrong for liking it. You were uh, you don't actually like it or you shouldn't like it or anything like that. I was going, uh, there's a ton of really bad writing errors in Shazam. And so it, it, I don't know. It, it's just. Yeah, yeah and, and I would actually posit, this is a bit controversial, but I don't think people watch uh, reviews strictly for how people feel about the content, as in, you go, ooh, let's watch Chris Stuckman cover TLJ, and he goes, I liked it, and you go, okay, now Jeremy Johns, I liked it, no, now Mola, I didn't like it, ooh, that was a good day, anyway, I'll go to sleep now. Like, no, the, the interesting part is usually how they construct the arguments, what references they're using, and the information provided, like, I don't think... I mean, I'm, I'm probably wrong on this, but I don't typically tell you if I like or dislike something in my videos. It doesn't happen very often, because I don't... it's just not necessary. If I tell you something is inconsistent, um, then, and then I move on. Or I might say something like, this can frustrate the shit out of audiences, because I'm actually trying to sort of mm. not only be a little bit more engaging by flipping what I'm talking about, but actually trying to tie myself to the audience to be like, oh, he's not a robot, he's not just explaining what happens, he actually does feel things too but I can use language that doesn't necessarily give away how exactly I feel about a thing. Like, we had that with, uh, I think it was Just Right, I can't remember which debate I was in, where I was explaining an issue, and then they were like, just because you don't like it, and I was like, ah, bah. I didn't tell you if I like it or not. I'm telling you that it exists, it's what is. Do you, do you guys want to know why I don't like Chris Stuckman? So Because he I doesn't mean, make good content? <gasps> well, so let me give you a tangible example. Mahler. Uh, in the beginning of the stream, I mentioned that I was watching Sicario uh, and I was enjoying it so far, implying that I haven't seen it before because I haven't seen it before. But I had seen Sicario 2. Why did I see Sicario 2? Uh, well, because I didn't realize that it was uh, actually the, the second movie. And I watched Chris Stuckman's video on it and uh -huh. he had given it an A minus. And so I went and saw the film and like, I didn't have to necessarily... I didn't necessarily have to see the first one to understand what was going on, but I didn't understand what was going on anyways because it was a bullshit story. And so to, to see him give uh, Sicario an A-, whereas I know that if I had uh, watched someone that cares a lot more about the exact types of things that I care about when watching a movie, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more likely to, you know, talk, to, to agree with them. I'm, I, and I'm, I, I, I don't trust Chris Stuckman <clears throat> anymore because standard of quality is shit <laughs> i've never he oh he's he's the quintessential bland reviewer he reviewed hill house in four minutes do you know how frustrating that is uh, like and you might be like but Waller, he could have said he's like no no four minutes short bad bad can't fucking review hill house in a meaningful way in four fucking minutes and it gets even worse because you watch the video and he spends loads of time talking about the person who made it He's like, the person who made it made this. I like this. The person who made it made this. And this is going to... It's like, fucking Torrell House, what the fuck are you doing? It was, it's, it, was, it was really bad. And you look at him covering other things, and he'll spend like three times that amount of time on like a random movie. 
Like, oh. Mm. And you might be like, well, hey, it's his prerogative. He can review whatever he wants. And I'm like, yeah, it just makes for shitty re You think reviews don't have standards? You think that a review should just be anything and it's all up in the air? This is the part that they really don't like. And you, you can say this about me. I don't agree that I can't take criticism, but whatever. It's, people say it anyway. The, um... The idea that they rip movies to shreds, and then you're like, your video was very bad at explaining, and they just go, hey, hey, it's just my video. And then, you know, it just slips out, it's just my opinion. <laughs> no, 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 stop it. Um, but we're all conduits, right? That everything is as it is, and we're all here to be able to point things out, support things, that, like, all of us could technically make the same video. It's technically possible, I suppose, other than we don't have access to the same voices, but... I could feasibly create Wolf's... If Wolf releases a video, I could recreate it, it's just the voiceover would be different. Like, I could get all the same footage to a decent degree, and I could just copy a script over. Um, again, we're all conduits, we're all particularly good or particularly bad at different things, we all have our limitations, and we all have our biases. And getting rid of the things that get in the way of being, um, you know, re really strong with clarity is, is part of what I think makes... Um, a review stronger. Because when you give people false information, there's a lot of negative results that can that can come from that. I don't think we need to reference them, but I think you already did once. It's it's not it's not that his uh like he's he's never able to spot a good movie. Like he praised Mission Impossible Fallout, so obviously he can recognize a good movie when he sees one. But man, I mean he's a little too inclusive with uh what he considers to be a good movie. And I think that, like, you need to be able to explain I was about to say, like, I've never like, really experienced a Stuckman video where he's explained himself. He, uh, I watched his Blade Runner review with Friggy. It's so funny. He basically explains that he kept watching the film until he liked it. <laughs> because he didn't get it. He was like, why can't I like this film? Everyone says it's amazing. And he just says, it's really embarrassing to watch. He's just like, I just kept watching it. And you know what? I'm starting to like it. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, the uh, other day I watched his review on uh, Your Name because I heard about it and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And his whole review can be summarized as, it is an anime. It was made by a guy who made these other anime. It was, it was good. And I was like, wow, so insightful. I learned so much from you. And yeah, so you need to watch it more than once. I don't actually think you yeah, have like to I, watch... I could probably get a better response from the chat. Chat, tell me if your name is good so I can like make a judgment if I should waste my time with it. I trust the chat more than I trust fucking Chris Stuckman. I don't think Blade hey. Runner requires multiple viewings to understand. I, don't I think it would benefit to watch it more than once, but he watched it way more than twice. He was explaining like he kept watching it until he finally saw what other people saw or something like that. And I just, we, we found it amusing because... Doesn't it break his entire reviewing scale if he concedes that he only saw the value of Blade Runner after many viewings and then chooses to judge other films after one? Like, wouldn't you say, yeah. it's like, well, well, Chris, that seems like you've kind of skewed everything but just because of the reputation of Blade Runner. That doesn't seem fair. Oh, did Another... I accidentally fuck up the actual name? Hold on, I think it might have been your name, and I've said my name. <laughs> your name. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I mean your name. If I if I Stop mess talking that up. about my name, well, I gotta I gotta know the chat has better opinions than Chris Stuckman. Yeah, the thing is, like sometimes looks like you a know, few people are actually able to get it though, so it's fine. 
I don't know. I mean, some some movies you can tell from a first glance that they're shit, like Transformers Two or Suicide Squad. But others, like it, for me at least, it took me it took me a while to fully understand how bad Shazam actually was because the first time I, I watched it, I was just enjoying the the jokes and the and the comedy because that part of the movie is genuinely pretty good. And then once you see it multiple times and the novelty of the jokes wears off, you just have the story left and the story and the writing is shit. So um, and. If I had if I had reviewed Mission Impossible Fallout after only my first time seeing it, I wouldn't have been able to give like an in-depth perspective of it because there's a lot of stuff that um, you would have to catch on repeat viewings or like you know like little little details or um, you have to spend some time thinking about the story and analyzing the plot and trying to find holes in it and then realizing oh shit there's like there's no inconsistencies here it's it's just an A plus story. Um, so it's weird for Chris Stuckman to, yeah, to with one movie, he sees it a couple of times, has his opinion on that change. But then for every other film, he reviews it after only seeing it once. That's a little bullshit. And yeah, it's a necessity for me when I'm like reviewing the thing and I'm like, oh, this thing didn't make sense because say, for example, fucking Finn says that he's aware of it. And then I'm like, wait, did he say that? I think he said that. Oh, I'm gonna have to rewatch it because I, I can't go on a lot of the time. I can't make a judgment based solely on the fact that I remember it being that way. Feels like it's just poor research on my part at that point. But yeah, you know, and, and it's enough for a lot of people to be like, "Hey, man, it's just my perspective." And it's like, okay, well, you got something wrong. You agree? And you get to that awkward place where they're like, emotionlessly mm -hmm. <laughs> about the themes of a particular work. For instance, I could say that the original Star Wars film is about why nature is superior to technology. And I could point to the climax where he puts away the... I can't, I, I can't help but think of the Shazam directors, uh, like, at, at, at the end of the um, of his video, mm -hmm. where he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. yes. <laughs> there is such a thing as a stronger and a weaker interpretation. If you're going to pull thing about... that out and this is your reference, then you're going to need more than that. Yeah. My um... interpretation of ASAP is that this is an obscure right-wing podcast. Trying to dog You've whistle. got a lot of references for that. The dog whistling through Star Wars analysis. Stop them. Think of the children. Uh, yeah, so the idea that you can interpret anything anyway at all. And then when I say in my video that if you want to say that the themes are like fantastically consistent because they all match the way that you see everything in the film when it completely flies in the face of all the objective references it's like yeah at that point you just you it's entirely subjective what you consider that theme and people took that as you see if you don't agree with him you're being subjective i was like that's not what i said but okay <laughs> the fact that you consumed a piece of media has to count for something like the, the interpretation comes from the piece of media. Otherwise, why do we need the media itself? Well, he's about to argue, right? Why don't we right? just do the interpretation and who needs the media? <clears throat> he's about to argue that all of his references are going to be from the media, isn't he? Yeah, the weak references. That's to the thing. Technology. And I could point to the climax where Luke puts away the targeting system and embraces the Force, and that doing so helps him defeat the technologically superior Empire. Except he uses technology to defeat... In, in the shape of a fucking missile, you idiot. Yeah. And yeah, then we bring out that reference <laughs> and it's like, okay, that interpretation yeah, like, probably doesn't hold much weight. A missile coming Oops. from an X-Wing, no less. 
Yeah, it's it's not it's pretty flimsy with that reference. Embraces the Force, and that doing so helps him defeat the technologically superior Empire. Nowhere in that analysis have my emotions factored in, but I haven't described an objective quality of the film either. I've used evidence from the text to support a position. And you used extremely flimsy evidence. I was going to say, yeah, you've got one reference. You got one reference, and it's faulty. So you got to do better than that process i've revealed something about my subjective perspective but someone else could say this why did you need subjective there said perspective but no my objective perspective scene isn't really about nature versus technology it's about atheism versus religion the rebels won what no what (laughs) what the fuck no it's not (laughs) if if we cut him some slack right if if we're charitable here how do those two things conflict with each other is it not possible to draw both meanings out mutually without either like I mean I'm the other. I'm kind of on his page in that you can uh ignore elements and pick out elements to reach conclusions you want to but that's part of my issue with analysis when you're not being honest with yourself I I don't I think, think he's that trying this... to claim the like through interpretation you're describing you are talking impassionately uh but you are but you're also not describing objective qualities of the thing, which I don't know, maybe is the case, but interpretation like precede, precedes the assessment. You, you can't the, assess something until you've interpreted it some way. I'm sorry, is the implication here that the Empire are atheists and that religion defeated the evil atheists, even though the Empire <laughs> uses the Force, which is part of the whole... Well, I was going to wait for him to qualify it, because I, it's it's, like, I don't think it'll hold. Yeah, it's yeah. not like this is, you know, God's not dead where there is overtly a religious versus atheist theme. Well, it's the thing, I wish he would pick ones that are actually, you know, supported so I could be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Mm. But someone else could say the scene isn't really about nature versus technology, it's about atheism versus religion. The rebels won because Luke had faith, while the Empire lost. Darth Vader did too, though, you idiot. But I think yeah, his point is because they they like scorned Darth Vader. Yeah, but that's like, one person in the collective. Exactly. That's not all of them. That, that's the point. You realize Darth Vader breath. and his bastard were the ones that made the Empire in the first place. This is so dumb. It's yeah, it, it can't really be con- compared to religion because religion is not falsifiable or provable. <laughs> but you've got Darth Vader, like Vader is a bad guy. <laughs> He's forced choking a dude in front of, like, a bunch of witnesses, like, 15 guys. Yeah, it's not like they think this like, isn't a real thing that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this guy played along with Vader, just trying to spook us. The you, references aren't doing him any favors. This is what I mean, it's all could, falling apart could immediately. You, could, could you imagine if, like, the clouds split and you see Mount Olympus and then Zeus fucking chucks a lightning bolt down and wipes out Captain Marvel, and then you have you kind of have to go. Okay, apparently Greek mythology exists in the MCU now. I mean, Norse does so. <laughs> Why not? Or else, or else, I mean, could, could you could you imagine like someone walking away from that though and still not believing in any of that? <laughs> oh right. Well, that's the thing. I, this doesn't make any sense. You can't draw this line when he's like, "See, these guys don't believe it." It's like they're talking to Vader. He's on their team too. How do you? And they're. Watching him force choke this dude. Like, if anything, this scene has destroyed their assessment that it's a fucking hokey piece of shit. 
technology, it's about atheism versus religion. The rebels won because Luke had faith, while the Empire lost because they belittled religion. Your sad devotion. Vader's on their team. Into that ancient religion. Apparently, Greek that mythology team. does exist in the Marvel comics. Oh, neat. Okay, that's beside the point. But <laughs> so not, not, not just not just on their team. He's like one of their leaders. He's like what number three? You've got Vader, then Grand Moff Tarkin, and then the Emperor. Would that's Grand that... Moff Tarkin come before Vader, though? No. Well, it's yeah, implied that Grand Moff Tarkin has. Yeah, if you take it all as it is, Grand Moff Tarkin has control over the Death Star, so I'm guessing that Vader is under his control while there, but he's still extremely okay, high-ranking. Sure. I'd have sure. to actually... I'm pretty sure Grand Moff Vader, is an actual thing, right? Yeah, Vader strikes well, yeah. me as some kind of paramilitary thing. Well, mm -hmm. Tarkin t tells Vader to let the man go in this very scene. So he has some... Uh, it's either authority or Vader just has enough respect for him to yeah, let Yeah, I would but I he, would say it's probably both. He probably has jurisdiction here, uh, Tarkin. So, okay, so he's... Fine, Vader is number two. He, well, let's say that he's number two, not number three. Big, big fucking difference. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, not just on, on their team. He's one of their leaders. The Empire does not belittle religion. Well, Especially when the, I can't the believe only guy using... above Vader is the Emperor. It's like, this is the evidence, and it's like, of the team where the two top-ranking fuckers are using the religion fully. Like, I don't understand how this makes any sense. Stolen data tapes are giving you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort. We've come to two slightly different readings of the same film, and neither of them is objective. They're Because neither of them stupid. <laughs> This is all besides the point. I, I was about to say, I'm not even sure he's using those words correctly. Because, okay, so, I, all, all we've got here so far is that, yes, interpretation precedes assessment. Isn't interpretation can't. inherently non-objective? As yeah, in, because you can only support an interpretation as best as you can? Well, interpretation is a part of viewing art, because it has to go through your eyes, through your brain, and then you process meaning from it. Yeah, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Interpretation in your head, and so and then put things back. Like the idea that TLJ was the whole failure can be the greatest teacher. I can say that they failed to achieve that, and you could be like, "What? What do you? How do you know that? That's what they were trying to achieve." It's like because they were fucking overt about it. Like it's yeah. it's in the text itself. There's no interpretation required for the overall lesson that's trying to be delivered. Theme. They said it. But there are multiple interpretations you can have that don't have any kind of overt messages that, that Ryan Johnson could then in turn be like, yeah. But again, this goes both ways. You could actually have a very valid lesson that's supported by a shit ton in the film that the director was completely unaware of. It wouldn't necessarily make it invalid. It's just that interpretation mm -hmm. will have supporting references, and when you're just right, you just make them up, and you're like, oh, fuck, they were like yeah. directly contradictive in the single reference I even had. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, I, I've lost my train of thought. I had a thing I wanted to say. Uh, about interpretation? Uh, nah, it's gone. It's all good. I guess move on. It'll I'll come, come back. back. To it, maybe. We've come to two slightly different readings of the same film, and neither of them is objective. They are steeped in the perspectives of whoever believes them to be true. And both of our hypothetical critics here could use their analysis as a reason to claim that the movie is well made. And they would be speaking just as subjectively as someone claiming it is well made. Uh, well, at that point, they wouldn't necessarily be subjective in that conclusion. If they had claimed a standard, and then they adhered to it one-to-one -one with whatever's in the context of the film, 
they would be operating objectively with a subjective standard displayed. So, but like you, then you'd be like, well, the, the standard would still be subjective, and that's that's a whole different conversation. It's like two different uh, levels to the discussion. And I actually find it very interesting to talk about, but the idea that they couldn't be objective when judging from this format is wrong because we, he presented the idea to us, the panel, and we just determined that he's inaccurate. We didn't have to have, like, an emotional connection to it. We didn't have to care about the idea of religion versus atheism to be like, well, whether or not this is valid can be supported by references, blah, blah. We could be objective about it. And we concluded that he was wrong, like, immediately. Yeah, because his interpretations are weak. Yes. Well made because the plot makes logical yeah. sense. They are opinions based on evidence that are held up to a personal standard. Very fucking weak was... evidence. Can I also point out that this is a uh, this is different from an assessment. This is a reading for the sake of an interpretation to determine what meaning is being communicated. Yeah. This is uh... actually attempting to assess whether or not anything's malfunctioning within the world. Like off topic yeah, almost. He probably yeah, thought he was so smart coming up with these, and he was like, man, people never thought of any of this. It's like, yeah, no <laughs> one in their right mind thought of this. But this lands us in a bit of a pickle that is a sticking point for a lot of people. If all value judgments are subjective... <sighs> he, he used How do we know Rick? what's true? <laughs> he, he used the Pickle Rick animation there because he has a very high IQ, which you need to understand this reference right here. I just, I just like the how do we know what's true? It's like, oh no, we're getting super philosophical. Very existential. How do we know what's true? Doesn't that make everyone's opinion equally valid? I mean, why can't we just agree on a standard of quality and then judge everything against that? Wouldn't that be objective? Because well, yeah, you make it really difficult to do anything, don't you? You have to argue about shit from a really stupid perspective. So we have to have a stupid begins. argument. These are questions that plagued two 18th century thinkers most responsible. You know what's funny about his two ideas of people searching for themes in Star Wars is they almost sound like straw men that uh, a like a worse version of us would make up to bash the subject of us and argue against, and he makes it for us. Pretty much. <laughs> this is the fun part, because now Hugh oh, and is... Camp are going to get involved. You should Theo, start Theo. Questions Theo, that plagued is, two Theo, 18th century thinkers most responsible yeah. for how we think about this today. David Hume and Immanuel Kant. Oh god, he started up the beat music. We gotta, this is where it gets serious. Historically speaking, thinking that you can judge art objectively is not entirely unheard of. To many ancient and medieval thinkers, the idea of beauty being located in an object was a very popular position. It was as objectively true to say that a rose is red as to say that it is beautiful. But it, <laughs> it depends okay, on what well. you mean by beautiful. Uh, a lot of people yeah, now would we're just... talking about beauty. I was about to say that uh, a standard of beauty that a lot of people either reference or consider valid is symmetricality, like in a face. And you'd be like, that doesn't mm. determine whether or not they're beautiful. And it's like, well, no, but they're saying that the face is symmetrical. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's something provable. We, we can actually measure it. So, you know, um, like, that, that would be intersubjective based on people. Yeah, your, your left eye is not horribly out of proportion with your right eye which you know allows you to not look that much like quasimodo 
it's just I, I don't know. Yeah, and whether um, and whether or not that is this is what I mean by like the standard can be judged objectively. We can actually get there, but whether or not that is a standard that everybody should employ is another conversation or whatever. Mm -hmm. But again, that's when you start to you'd be like, oh, so then everything's subjective, and it's like not necessarily depending on how we created labeling in the first place. Like, what is like, I found it interesting that our guest earlier was like, you can't say something is objectively a planet, but you can say it's objectively a rock. Mm. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I guess that someone could have a beauty standard that would allow the lady from Madagascar, which I assume is what Wolf's profile picture is of, <laughs> is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's gorgeous. But, <laughs> I, I, saw I, that in a I saw it in a thumbnail today and I was like, if I can make it to the show, I have to use this. <laughs> you see, I was I was first thinking of asking if that was a Photoshop version of Roz from Monsters Inc. And what? uh goes, Oh no, it's it's the lady from from the Madagascar movies. I, I, uh, I choose to interpret it as like the older version of Eric Taxon. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. I don't think we, we talked about it on the show. Mahler, have you ever mentioned that time that Eric was like sobbing and Quentin was just standing there? I was only uh, I was only told about it. I, I've got no reference for what actually happened. Um, it was Wait, what? what I do know is that CJ covered it on his podcast and uh, he pissed off Eric significantly and Eric has called him a liar about all of it. Um, and I think it's due to the due to the context that he shared it in, as in CJ said that he had heard X from person and then shared it, and then Eric was like, that's not how it went down. Um, so they've got their own beef going on, but yeah, all I know is that apparently Eric was crying and Quinton wasn't doing anything about it, but Eric says said something like Quinton wasn't supposed to be doing anything about it. So are you guys I, I'm saying just saying that? I would absolutely kill to have a picture of Eric crying. Like Wait, that are, would actually make my entire life better. So are you are you telling me that Eric Taxon might actually be Spider-Man? I don't think I think he's older than 15. So. Oh right. I think he's too he's fat. Like 19. To he's yeah, and besides he, No, he could be Spider-Man from Into the Spider-Verse. Oh. But I was going to say yeah. black. Like, wouldn't it no, wouldn't no, he Peter B Parker wouldn't the, he the, not the be Spider-Man though if he was if he cried? Wouldn't, he, wouldn't that definitively make him not Spider-Man? Wolf, uh, well, it would make him a good Spider-Man. Guys, that that's not ammo. I would have. I don't even want to use it as ammo myself. I just want to like hang it on my wall and like chuckle every time I see <laughs> also, it. Also, yeah, I, I read a couple of things. I have no idea why he was crying. Uh, I didn't see anything for why, but but apparently friendship over for him and CJ if they had one. And I was just it, like, rip. It, it's. I just love it. I, I love like the idea of CJ just walking, just minding his own business, and then he like glances out of the corner of his eye. Eric like sitting on the ground, cross-legged and crying, <laughs> and then Quentin's just like standing around with his hands in his pockets, looking like he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> he like, like that, he, like, that, he like kicks that, Eric, <laughs> and he's like, "Stop it!" Stop. <laughs> that image in my head is like the most beautiful thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah, tried to see. A, From what I understand, the CJ was head, told about it. He didn't see it himself. The, uh, the image, the image in your head, Wolf. Does it include running mascara? 
But anyway. No, but I, I could interpret that. Published of the standard of taste, which relocated beauty to the eye of the beholder. Beauty is... No one's going to draw it now? Oh my God, Beowen. Beowen, <laughs> make yes. my dream come true. I swear to God, I will print it off and I will hang it on my wall above my computer <laughs> and I will take a picture of it and I'll show it on the next EFAP. So wait, wait, make your specifications clear. You have to make it so that Eric is cross-legged on the ground, crying, and Quentin is standing right next to him with his hands in his pockets, staring a little off into space, like looking kind of nervous, doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so kinda CJ like in the background with a telescope. <laughs> kind of like the people in that collider clip where they're just like trying to to not acknowledge what's happening and they're just sort of staring off and you know ignoring the the tism that's taking place collider clip collider live oh uh i don't know what that is wolf were you there for that i can't remember it was talking about the the meltdown thing yeah hmm. over over the, the oh Star Wars the one where Galaxy's the dude Edge. was like I, yes oh the, the guy yes. who was like, I don't get to go to this thing, so therefore yeah, I'm and, gonna... and you've got like three other people there who are just like very awkwardly just <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember, after... I remember the two at the at the head of the table that were like looking at their phones and were like, please <laughs> stop. That, that one lady trying to go, oh yeah, I like that you did that, cash me outside, how about that reference, trying to save it, and then it just goes back to, to, to the meltdown. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, and also, I don't care if Eric said, like uses that as a means to say, look at how mean Wolf is. It's like, okay, Eric, let's talk about that video you made where you lied about me for like 20 minutes. He still says the... He keeps saying, nobody has shown me where I have taken him out of context. We yeah, like, it's because he's a fucking idiot. He we did it definitively on the EFAP when, uh, was it the EFAP where I was fucking ripping into Jack's like lies for hours? I think we did we covered you as well briefly on how how also, he took you out of context. I think we clarified. Like, Eric, I hope you cry for the rest of your life. Also, uh, I mean, there wasn't there a whole video of his that you guys covered, like when Wolf returned from his hiatus. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that too. Yeah, there's like, like I, Eric, the the amount of care I have for your feelings is equivalent to the amount of brain cells in your empty head. Oh, one way to put it. <laughs> of the standard of taste, which relocated beauty to the eye of the beholder. Relocated beauty to the eye of the beholder. What does that mean? So I, I guess that he mean, means that there it, is no such thing as objective beauty. It right? all comes the, down the, to the picture. The idea being that beauty is no, like, it is not a quality of the thing in itself. It, it has to be. It is formed yeah. in perception. Beauty is no quality in things themselves. It exists merely in the mind which contemplates them, and each mind perceives a different beauty. One person may perceive deformity where another is sensible of beauty. Uh, I think deformity could definitely be defined by relation to what standard human genome presents as a standard human body. There would be a, a deformity. Isn't, with... isn't a deformity by definition an abnormality? As in whatever is not normal. Yes. Normal is defined by what's most common, so this is, this is something that can be objectively measured. Deformity yeah. is being used as like an opposite of beauty here. It's being used as so a So let's say, let's say it says I... ugly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, does this guy does this guy not actually think that a rose can be objectively beautiful? Because like, if you're trying to compare two different flowers to each other, like there are okay, let's take a, a rose that's dead versus a rose that's not dead. One is objectively beautiful, and one is not. Why is that? Are we really going to argue this? I can't. Yeah, why is that? Well, so, so I can't. I, all right, I, admittedly, I can't really qualify that myself. I would typically avoid using the word beautiful uh, because. As far as, what is the standard definition for beautiful? I'm pretty sure it's actually tied to feeling, right? How is it defined? Pleasing the senses. Like, what can you... <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I can't, so it, it, we're stuck it carries, there. Regardless of uh, any particular <clears throat> definition, it carries connotations of, like, aesthetic satisfaction. That's true. Sure. The interesting thing to it is that the second usage is of a very high standard. Mm. So fair enough. If someone, well, this is this is almost supporting your point. If someone was to say it is beautiful objectively, and then I go, no, it's not, and then he says, well, by beautiful, I mean that it is one hundred percent symmetrical, like I said, as a standard. I could be like, mm. oh, okay, but that's not how I use beautiful. And then he's like, okay, fine, that's how I use it. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. And I think. The only time I try to vaguely invalidate someone saying, like I said earlier about the, sh you know, this shoe is a car, I'd be like, that's just not at all how anyone's ever used that word. You're just fucking making that shit up. Yeah. Well, I, also, it's like um, if you try to compare a rose to a different kind of flower, um, like a lily or a tulip, um, and you try to say that a rose is objectively more beautiful than uh, than a tulip, I think that's where you go into like subjective territory i don't think there's a way to really objectively prove that a rose uh like at the peak of its beauty is at the uh, or or life rather um is objectively more beautiful than a tulip at the peak of its life i think that's a, mm. that's a matter of personal preference whereas there is a standard for what a rose should look like again like you know it um like one that's not dead versus one that is dead right um so that's that there's a standard for what you could call beautiful there but when it comes to what's more beautiful it's kind of difficult it's also kind of like trying to compare uh michelangelo's um uh david sculpture to uh the um the sistine chapel i just this it's, is the whole point just, of discussion so i just have to find out what the person's actually saying and if i told you the uh x is beautiful and then you go what do you mean and i go it's pleasing to my eyes well then yeah that's entirely subjective Fuck, like, I don't know, pleasing mm. to your eyes. Like, what am I going to do about that? Like, I can't, there's no way for me to know what's pleasing to your eyes unless you explain some kind of, like, consistent set of things. And that's that's how people look at all film criticism. It's like, all of it's just pleasing to you. So nothing else beyond that. And I'm like, well, that's not true. I think at this point it's important to make clear that we're in the realm of philosophy, so we're using the, philosoph the philosophical usage of objectivity being irrelevant of human uh, thought on the matter, the thing as it is. Which is I a think. lame way to use that so. word, because it's like... <laughs> oh, it's a very important way to use that word. No, I know, but it's, it's really important. It's, <laughs> if, if, irrelevant of, of the human. It's like, but everything we do is from... is a, We're filtered for everything, right? Everything we say, do, and conclude is all filtered through us anyway. Well, yeah. also, I, I would just like to drop any pretenses of me being that deep of a thinker when it comes to philosophy, because I, I don't do much thinking on philosophy, so I'm going to let Theo carry it from here. I want to also what... say that I'm not a deep thinker at all. I'm actually an idiot, so it's okay. No, you're not. Well, you know. 
So um, don't thinking, expect intelligent thoughts coming from my head. Thinking is subjective anyway, so I don't even know what I'm going to say. Mm. And every individual ought to acquiesce in his own sentiment without pretending to regulate those of others. Oh, you sweet summer child, if you had only lived to see YouTube. For Hume, you need a okay. perceiver to exist oh, for beauty that. to exist. But of course, this creates the problem we're running into. If everything is subjective, then how can we make any truth claim about a piece of art? Hume's answer is in the title, taste. Basically, people can improve their taste over time and make well-founded judgments that we can trust. Strong sense united to delicate sentiment, improved by practice, perfected by comparison, and cleared of all prejudice can alone entitle critics to this valuable character. And creating a standard that's defined and improved over time. I'd be curious what improved would mean at that point, though. Shrug. Uh, just Right's not going to tell us because he doesn't spend much time with Hume. He just gives us this brief account of his Wikipedia page and then moves. Um, is this, is this uh, kind of implying that beauty can only exist uh, or, or quality maybe could even could only exist if uh, there is someone there to observe it? Uh, essentially, yes. Beauty exists as something within the okay. eye. Of the, yeah, beauty is in the eye of the holder, I guess. So I, I really hate to uh, send us on this tangent, but um, so let's say that there is an event that causes the entire world to go deaf. Um, and <laughs> we what, have... what does that... What? I'm, I'm what? sorry. There, there was just a thing me and Molly have seen recently that yeah, it's not uh, death. It's not death. It's, it's, okay. it's everyone goes. Of, everyone goes mute. Related. Yes. Okay. So then, um, sorry. Uh, so, what does that do to Beethoven's music? Does that mean that Beethoven's music is no longer beautiful just because there's no one there to listen to it anymore, or uh, does the music that Beethoven composed have a timeless quality to it, where it will always be beautiful, whether there are people there to listen to it or not? At that point, I challenge you to show me the inherent beauty slash value in it. I mean, I would have to think a little longer on that, but sure, we could we could try to go over that That's one day. The, I just don't. I have. To, sorry, I know I keep coming back to this, but that it's one of the big ones is objective value. Is the value isn't value is not. Necessarily, it actually come back to saying if a if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound if no one's around to hear it? Uh, kind of. Basically, that's yeah. dealing with matters of fact rather than matters of value. Right. Because beauty, as opposed to yeah, because be beauty implies a thing is desirable. So we okay, need so to find we need a way not... for this thing to be objectively, innately desirable. Maybe instead of beauty, I should say rather it's well composed, right? As opposed to uh, chopsticks. Okay, take take Moonlight Sonata versus Chopsticks. You've heard Chopsticks, I'm sure, right? Nope. You know the 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 piano uh, song Chopsticks is like super super simple. Oh, I thought you meant like I'm afraid. No. <laughs> I thought you meant like actual Chopsticks. It's, it's no, it's it's the musical equivalent to drawing stick figures. It's like the easiest thing to do on a piano. Oh, so I can do it. Yeah, basically. So, like, I'm I'm just going I'm over like fuck that up too, though. Like, maybe uh, the word beauty is is the wrong word to use here, but I think that uh, Beethoven's music is always going to be well composed, even if there's no one around to listen to it. Maybe, maybe how do we, how do we arrive at that? 
I think that it's just because, you know, well, while it was being observed, um, we agreed that it was well composed, like near unanimously. I, I would need someone to argue that it's not well composed. So it's based on the agreement of people. Not necessarily. You'd have to have people arguing uh, two different points and having to uh, qualify their statements. I'm just like I, I'm case, just going. You're noticing how this is dependent on the people. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the I'm 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 just interested in all of this statement because all of it needs uh, strong sense. United. It's like stop. What is strong sense? Yeah. United to de delicate sentiment. What do you mean united to? Do you mean presented by sentiment? And then what kind of delicate sentiment? What does that mean? Improved by practice. What is improvement? If, and I was just like, just right, I wasn't going to go to any of this. So we no. may as well kick on because uh, yeah. there's not a lot we have to do here other than speculate on things that aren't even just right's points. So we're going to have to wait for hey, his. Hey, we're actually five minutes in. That's, that's more than I expected. <laughs> I can give you small amounts of background on Hume. Like, he was a hardcore empiricist and skepticist. So, like, oh, shit. is the idea that sense data is the thing for knowledge for the most part. So the, the idea that uh, beauty is in the eye of the holder is probably typical of him. But, you know, we're not going to get any more from of the standard of taste in this video. So you'd have to wonder if spending exactly a minute on a book uh, is not a great idea. But, well, Theo, you know. the, in his defense, long critique is not deep critique. Just right. remember that. I see. What's well, the thing? A lot of people greatly approve of this video. And I already knew. It was just like, this, he's not going to fucking qualify anything. He's just going to, it's just going to be a reaffirmation of what people already thought. It's all subjective, in, lol. In the words of Wilbo Shakespeare's, brevity is the soul of wit. And by mm. the way, if you look up the full quote of that in context, you'll notice that it's part of a much longer line of dialogue. But let's not let's not address that. I, uh, that was in my. That. I put it on screen, but the in my TFA part one, I said H Bomber guy has gotten that criticism, and I put his defense on screen. And his defense involves the fact that in context, it's like a self-aware statement. As in, he's very much taking his time to make a point. So, like, it's it's just... Yeah. Mm. Whatever. It's such a fucking catchphrase for people, though. And the joint verdict of such, wherever they are to be found, is the true standard of taste and beauty. So, Hume's answer is, we can't know what's good for sure, but we can get pretty close by listening to an expert, and that anyone can become an expert with practice. It's also better if we listen to critics as a whole instead of just one person, because by joint verdict, he means that critics tend to come to a consensus on great art over time. Basically, since great pieces of writing tend to withstand the test of time, the fact that they have been well regarded by so many critics in so many times and places functions like an objective standard, making it uncontroversial to say that Hamlet is an excellent play, for instance. It's sort of like polling data. A few decades later... Yeah, see, and that's where I would, I would be disagreeing, just because just a lot of people say it, it, it's, it's good wouldn't line it yeah. up but um yeah I, yeah I was i wasn't trying to to argue um argumentum ad populum uh, earlier when it came to beethoven i'm just saying like i think that you'd have to have two people that were um trying to quantify their arguments for why beethoven would be good or bad um well you know yeah. uh, like 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 Mahler once said in the the mission impossible fallout debate he would be stalwart in defending a certain scene making sense, even if um, everyone else in the call were outnumbering him and saying that it didn't make sense. 
yeah, the argument stands I, I completely get where you're coming from. It's just that again, the fact value distinction is the first big like is one of the big bumps in the road for an objective assessment. So when we're trying to reach our objective assessment, we need to bridge that. That's that's sure, one of, of the first things we need to do. Of course. Emmanuel Kant was a little disappointed by Hume's essay, thinking that he hadn't gone far enough to solve our problem. In 1790, he published The Critique of Judgment, a landmark and enormously influential book that tried to get as close as possible to figuring out how we perceive the world around us. And I mean how we perceive the entire world around us. Kant isn't just talking about art here, and is actually trying to find a way to describe why art is different from just about every other kind of object we encounter. So so I'm, I'm not going to read all this out because Kant doesn't write because that would be work. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to actually go through the text. Oh, this is Fuck such a that. like limp video, you know? It's horrible. Like a regular it. human, but instead like a computer describing math equations. But what he says here is that taste is inherently subjective. Okay, friend, I'll just take your word on that. Yeah, I was going to say that's a really great video. You just eh, what he says is sort of this. Um, Kant said taste subjective so it is also depending on what you define as taste i might agree with that statement i think most people would depending on what you mean by taste yeah i don't i think it's relatively uncontroversial to say taste is person to person it's a subjective thing Objective. When we feel pleasure or pain when looking at something, it has nothing to do with that object. It is taking place within our own minds, the essence of subjectivity. Now, as Kant often does, he splits things into categories. When you experience pain or pleasure, the object responsible for that belongs in one of we can safely ignore the sublime for the purposes of this discussion, since it alone would be its own hour-long video. Okay, so three categories. There's the agreeable, the okay. beautiful, and the good. The main difference between them is based on which we desire. Let's say you're starving and a man offers you food. Because you need the food, you're in no position to judge how it tastes. You can only say that it is agreeable. Likewise- What? So the agreeable um, is that which like satisfies a, a desire. function? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the good is more about functionality. The, the, the agreeable is that which satisfies but but the, the food That's would be functional rather than uh, gourmet or exquisite, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, sorry, how do you mean? So, to be functional, to satisfy a function, being the food satisfies hunger. Like, and, and, he, and he said you wouldn't quarrel about taste. It's like, yeah, it would be functional, so wouldn't that be the functional? Well, I suppose so, but that's, that's not quite what he's, he's getting at. The idea is that, like... You, f you file something under the agreeable when it's not when it's not specifically serving a function like a hammer. It's not sp serving a specific almost like sort of I don't know like you put a book behind your head to weigh yourself uh, prop yourself up as opposed to a pillow. Yeah, like the book is agreeable. Right. and the good. The main difference between them is based on which we desire. Let's say you're starving and a man offers you food. Because you need the food, you're in no position to judge how it tastes. You can only say that it is agreeable. Likewise, our judge- You can still judge how it tastes. I'm confused by this well, analogy. Uh, yeah, I'm calling yeah. bullshit on that. One of the worst things about this video is it's a horrible account of Kant. Um, <laughs> okay, so, um... Compare, uh, let's say, have you guys ever had Five Guys or um, In-N-Out? Is there anyone here no. that knows what, what a burger? Like, okay, 
I'm in England. Right. Um, shit. Fast food is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, like basically. Well, okay, th- those would actually be considered very high quality uh, as far as like um, fast food goes, and comparing that to something like McDonald's. I'm trying to compare like a like a low quality food to a similar but high quality food, like the one that actually does taste better. And it's it costs more money because it there's higher quality ingredients that are being used. You know, for instance, McDonald's freezes their meat and five guys does not. And so um, that does affect the taste of the burger right. and makes the five guys burger taste better. And so you are, if you have the money to uh, like, if, if you, if you're a millionaire, you're not going to go to McDonald's. You're going to go to five guys. If that is an option. Yeah. Mm. I'm just like, all I was saying was this analogy is really strange. And I, I think I'm going to be able yeah. to understand what he's trying to say. He's just doing it really poorly. If I try and put it really simply, the agreeable is like a purely, it's purely a sensory judgment. That's all it is. It's, it's a sensory judgment of satisfaction of a desire. There's, there's nothing more to a particular this particular category of judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's not going to spend based much on time which on the we desire. Let's say you're starving and a man offers you food. Because you need the food, you're in no position to judge how it tastes. You can only say that it is agreeable. Likewise, our judgments of what is good are also prejudiced by our desires. We want things that fulfill their function, so we say that they are good if they do. But when we look at something like a flower, we can call it beautiful because we don't need it for a specific purpose. It's an unbiased judgment. There's another important distinction between the agreeable and the beautiful, and it helps us solve part of the problem of total subjectivity. Things that are tied up in the idiosyncrasies of our senses can never be anything more than simply agreeable. You may find the color purple agreeable, I prefer blue. And there is no conversation that we can really have there. Our senses just like different There probably is actually, it's just we're not capable of it yet. Like there probably That's, is some... Wait, 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 wait. Hold, me hold, like that. hold on. He is comparing the, um... So he's comparing uh, different colors to um, comparing an egg to a rose. Isn't that a little strange? Like this kind of this whole thing is strange you because can't, you can't you can't compare a you cannot say that a rose is objectively more beautiful than a tulip um, when they're like at equivalent health, right? Um, but you can say that a rose would look better if it is alive and not dead. And it, I, I just think that this is you're comparing um, two colors to each other, purple and blue. And I, I don't think that that's an equivalent to comparing an egg to a rose. Well, that's... at current, like, the, the purple versus blue thing is purely within the, the realms of the agreeable. Uh, mm-hmm. Straight into the beautiful. If I told you I preferred okay. black to white, and you said why, and I said because white is too striking, it, like, hurts my eyes. It's like, oh, you've actually referenced something that's tangible there. Like, I can't actually... Mm-hmm. But if I just told you blue versus purple because it makes me feel better, you'd be like, yeah, okay, there's nothing we can do with that. It's still, still a sensory phenomenon, though. Uh, true, yeah. but it's still provable that white is absolutely brighter than black. True. Um, so it depends. And, and like, I just... but it's a sensory phenomenon that determines whether or not it is agreeable. Yeah, and bright is technically relative, but it would be relative to the black is kind of what I was getting at there. Yeah. But the beautiful is different. When we see something beautiful, we actually feel that we have a good reason to believe that everyone should see it the same way as us. See, I feel like he's slipping, almost getting to the point where he's going to slip me in soon. Because, like, 
the the whole you you create an objective analysis specifically to make your uh, subjective one understood and appreciated by others or some shit like to validate it further mm. um which which is a it, it actually explains the motivation like it would explain people like me but it's not what i do and um yeah, I, I can't get away with it anyway because i've already established standards that i would never be able to now get away from if you know what i mean like my fan base like would absolutely hold me to them now mm. this, this entire video is so far a missed shot i would say anyway like if you try not to deal with the beautiful like uh, as was outlined very, very, very briefly earlier, what you guys try and do in terms of an objective and assess of in terms of an objective assessment is categorize art under the good or whatever elements you can. You try and categorize under the good because that concerns functional and like purposiveness and such like. Mm. Like, hence the image of a hammer. A hammer is a good hammer if you know you can hammer nails really well. That's how you're trying to see art. So yeah. all this all this stuff about beauty is like okay. Yes. Kant said all of these things. By the way, also no information on why Kant says all of these things. N nothing on the, the huge I'm level sure. of metaphysics and understanding that backs it. Sure he'll he'll explain that within the remaining remaining possible. I'm sure he's gonna explain the entirety of transcendental idealism. Yeah. Yes. Leave it to be a true quality of the object, even though it isn't. This phenomenon there are things that are true qualities of the object we can reference that are of, of mm. value to standards we've generated, even if they were by us or whatever. I don't know. I just Also, who's moving around okay. the, um, the thing? Hold me. South Pole? Also. Him or Wolf are doing uh, his own thing. Alright. Hey, can you guys so, hear me? Hello. Yeah. Sorry, that... Yeah, that, that was me. I, I I was trying to ask if we could uh, rewind uh, 15 seconds, and I guess my mic muted out. Sorry. Okay. Very sorry about that. No problem. All right. We have there. Our senses just like different stuff. But the beautiful is different. When we see something beautiful, we actually feel that we have a good reason to believe that everyone should see it the same way as us. We is, is that actually what we think, though, when we say that something is beautiful? That's That's what Kant is saying, the nature of a judgment of the beautiful is. Okay. That, okay. That when you when you when you answer. are witnessing something when you're witnessing something beautiful, you have okay. you have a reason to believe or or reason to demand, I suppose, that everyone else who should witness the same phenomenon would have the same like would draw the same conclusion that it is beautiful. Which, okay. If if I was to read Kant very conveniently, I could say he's arguing for objectivity. Oh. And I would cite that. You see, you see how a convenient reading can change how you can present someone's work, and perhaps this is what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Believe it to be a true quality of the object, even though it isn't. This phenomenon is what Kant calls, and bear with me through all of these terms, subjective universality. <sighs> yeah, that is that is a big weird phrase. So I know what you're that thinking. Isn't... This sounds like an oxymoron. How can something be universal if it is subjective? And I hear you, but Kant is using this phrase to talk about the fact that while we can't irrefutably prove that we are right about something being beautiful, what matters here is the fact that we feel like we have a good reason to believe that other people should agree with us. We have a justifiable opinion. It's in this Sorry to pause again really quick. Uh, yeah. I don't know how deep you want me to go into 
the philosophy behind this, but all I'll say is that is a horrible account of <laughs> what's actually going on with the beautiful. I was going to pause, and all I was going to say is, is that what Cad thinks? Is that what Cad no. says? All That's right, Theo. Fairly Lay it on us. Oh, God. Uh, right. So let's start. This is what you're here for. Dental idealism. So, in the shortest terms I can think of, Kant believes there is a very. Like, first off, Kant has things like causality, space, time are not actual things out there in the world. They're human concepts that we use to process experience into what we understand. We never actually interact with things in themselves, like the things as they are, or what I suppose you could call objective reality. Mm. That's n that we don't perceive objective reality. I mean, that's we part of what makes Lovecraft scary, right? Is there's this whole universe mm. beyond the one where you understand and perceive. Yeah, we, we perceive reality through the categories in our brain, like space, time, causality, so on and so forth. And that processes it into what we understand and what we see. And then a judgment of the beautiful, we've got this uh, subjective universality going on. Uh, which is one thing. I don't know if Kant ever used that phrase, by the way. I don't. I don't uh, remember actually. I'm going to assume that, that's a convenient way of putting it. From it, but yeah, who knows? Mm. Uh, essentially, what's going on with a judgment of the beautiful is uh, what Kant refers to as the free play of the imagination and the senses. The idea that because uh, we have these concepts that I've referred to previously, like for example, the concept of a dog would be what we understand to be a dog. And then we've also got the categories in our head, like mm. uh, space, time, so on. So the idea, the way a normal cognitive rational judgment goes is some uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The object we perceive is subsumed under a concept to try and like, as we process the experience. Mm -hmm. But with... Uh, but with an aesthetic judgment, a judgment of the beautiful, uh, there's sort of, uh, it's really hard to, sorry, uh, an, like an excess of cognition, I suppose, is how you put it. Like it can't be fully subsumed under one concept. And that results in the free play of the senses, which then results in a judgment of the beautiful. And okay. that's, that's as close to a brief account as I can give of it. Uh, and I want to point out that's got, very little to do with what just right said was going on in a judgment of the beautiful because he didn't have time in his 20 minute video to give us background into all the reasons why Kant well, believes what he does and says what he does. What if there was a story about a guy who was trying to uh, defend a movie he really liked through a standard that was nonsensical and went on a stream where he was unable to defend it and then he went as far as uh, being frustrated by that event, and so looked into philosophers that may or may not have discussed this particular subject, read a brief summary of their work on Wikipedia, and then constructed a video with a couple of jabs and snarkiness while also referencing them to make it seem like he's actually got a lot of clout here to conclude on the subject and then move on with his channel as if he got the final word. What if that happened? I'm not saying that happened, but what if that no, happened? No, I could see that being the case. Who you, knows? You never know, though. I'm sure this is just a genuine look into some ideas, <laughs> and he's reached some interesting conclusions. That's all. Absolutely.
space that all conversations around art take place. So, to recap Kant's theories so far, taste is inherently subjective, however, to talk about the beauty of something, you can't be biased towards it, you cannot need it or see practical value in it, and the terminology of the agreeable lets us set aside totally abstract personal opinions from those we think should have universal validity. Hoo boy, that is a lot of stuff. Kant is literally the most difficult literary critic to figure out. Why do I not but think there that is... that's necessarily true? Okay, so first off, Kant's not a literary critic. Shut up, he's a philosopher. <laughs> uh, he worked in metaphysics, epistemology, all kinds of other fields. This was very much a tertiary work for him. Hell, he wasn't even on about uh, objectivity versus subjectivity. The main purpose of the critique of judgment was to do with... Uh, the traditions empiricism and rationalism being Theo. empiricism as previously outlined yeah it's it's just your opinion that kant was <laughs> not a literary critic okay oh, man. he is he is not objectively <laughs> haven't you based that on your assessments and your feelings southpaw yeah. so isn't I it just subjective that right. you think what he's saying is subjective about his subjective take on subjectivity I you, are, you, you are you are subjectively right. right i knew it one mm. more distinction to clear up. Oh, wait, yeah. Did you want to say anything else? Uh, I think I might have, but I can't remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't nah, mean to it's do okay. It. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Dari. It's me. You did say first of all, have... he's not a literary critic, yeah. so I assume you wanted to go on to something else. <laughs> oh, there we go. Thank, thanks for rewinding. You reminded me. Must be unbiased to judge beauty. So this is a problem with uh, Kant's idea, not necessarily with Just Right's depiction of it, because that is a thing he says. It's disinterestedness that allows for a judgment of beauty to take place. But clearly, we as humans are not fully disinterested. In, well, how, uh, I don't understand how that matches. In, Taste is inherently subjective combined with you must be unbiased to judge how would what would the judgment mm. be at that point um by 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 kant's uh, assessment i guess is what i mean uh, it's it is entirely in like just how the thing appears to you because uh, it's, uh hmm, well, it's been a while since because i i like part of it the idea that like if you are unbiased, you'll be able to judge it. I mean, I want to use the word objectively, but I guess I don't know if that's where, what this is doing. Uh, subjective no, no. Uh, universally. Objective universal. Uh, Why has he put it that way? I think he's done a mistake. I was say, it wasn't that before, right? It was... Subjective universality. And I saw someone in chat confirm that Kant never uses that phrase in the Critique of Judgment. Well, yeah, so FYI, PSA... Don't trust Just Right's take on these two philosophers. Look into it if you Don't. want to know what they actually think. <laughs> Read it. Don't take his word for it. I have issues with reviewers who look at a two-hour series of moving pictures and then try and recant it to an audience. I'm like, you usually fucking it up massively. And I use that word specifically. So when someone's judging an entire body of work from an ancient fucking philosopher, like, yeah, don't... <laughs> don't trust it. Don't... Don't trust... 90% of internet critics using philosophers to try and support their claims, especially, especially if their guy. videos under like an hour. <laughs> Universal is 22 minutes long. I can't believe how short this video is for the subject. It's so funny. And people will say it's concise, and I'm like, you... <laughs> okay. <laughs> what have you say? Validity. Who boy, that is a lot of stuff. Kant is literally the most difficult literary critic to figure out. But there is one more distinction to clear up, and it's... 
did, did, wait, didn't he say that Kant is literally the most difficult literary critic to figure out? Isn't that subjective, though? <laughs> I guess it he would agree be. with you. I guess he'd be like, yeah, no, with my opinion. He's also not a fucking literary <laughs> critic, you motherfucker. So, so, <laughs> so it wouldn't literally be the case, then? Neither was Hume, for that matter, by the way. He could argue, again, because he's slippery, he could be like, I was using liter literally the word hyperbolically. But not literally. Hmm. Nope. He's using the word literally, not literally. What I would say, in fairness, is that a lot of people do use that word hyperbolically. Down in front of some Nietzsche or some spin. But this isn't necessarily the time to be fucking hyperbolic when you're trying to explain, yeah. like, philosophy, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah it really is. Like, you're trying to... Can yeah. I, one more thing. Mm -hmm. So, so far we have tried to cover almost the entirety of the critique and judge of judgment in about five minutes. <laughs> you know, when I, when I went through that small paragraph where I was like, this, 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 like my video on this, I don't even know if I could get it done within a, an entire year. First of all, I need to read all their works and see how if I could understand it, then get translations, then look into who they hmm. reference. And cro like figure out all of the ideas of everything they're talking about, and figure out what words they're using and what they think they mean versus what I think they mean. Like, it's, there's so many levels to this, and he's just fucking shattering a twenty-minute video. On. Someone in the chat said that Wolf uses literally hyperbolically all the time. We know that, but we're talking about hypocrisy here. Yeah, like the, the, the use you're saying uh, in reference to just right himself is pretty amusing. Yes, the usage, just writes hyperbolic usage of the word literally while trying to argue that uh, uh, everything is subjective here. And he's using it uh, in reference to saying that these two people are the most difficult literary critics to understand, which is a subjective statement. I, I just think that's hilarious. I don't care mm -hmm. about, I, yeah, people, I, I understand that a lot of people use that word hyperbolically. I'm saying in this particular context, it's super hypocritical and ironic. I agree. So, yep. The beautiful and the good. And I think this one helps to explain the impossibility of objective critique. It I will. said earlier that things that are good have a specific purpose. And we can say objectively whether or not they are good at achieving that purpose. Yeah, see, but that would be one standard. So for example, I am trying to hammer a nail and my hammer breaks. Like, well, I can actually use this table leg as a hammer. Like, is it is it a good okay. hammer? It's like, uh... By the standard in which it can hammer a nail, to a degree, yes, but you're still damaging the table leg when you do it, because I seriously doubt it won't take mm -hmm. a few punches to itself, if you know what I mean. But integrity yeah. goes down for every nail it hammers, and to a degree, a hammer does the same thing, but it would be a significantly lesser degree. Mm. Um, and you definitely so shouldn't be using a scalpel to get that nail in. And But this is the thing, though, like, uh, he's like... It, Tying it to functionality is interesting to me because it's not necessarily like what it is versus what it can do, I suppose. I, I, I don't really. The, the idea of a judgment of the good is how well something fulfills its purpose. Yeah. Right. So, how well a hammer hammers a nail and such like. The, the problem with that when it comes to aesthetic judgments and judgments of art. Is uh, I guess he'll get into that a little bit later on, but um, we don't have a clear, specific purpose for art. Yeah, and it's the problem so, again using the word art too. I try and avoid using it. Oh, it, so do I. And it can confuse what someone thinks you're talking about. 
Like, if you say, like, this is poor writing, so how can you say art is bad? It's like, no, I said poor writing. It's like, how can you say art is bad, though? Like, again, it's like you talk about, like, stories and such, like, and here we are with a reference to Kant who's talking about roses and natural beauty, because he was very focused on natural beauty, and I have to wonder how we got from point A to point B in that. It was fast <laughs> and loose, to say the least. The impossibility mm. of objective critique. I said earlier that things that are good have a specific purpose, and we can say objectively whether or not they are good at achieving that purpose. The weird thing about things that are beautiful is that while they... I'm really sorry to do this again. Just a quick uh, notifier. I don't think Kant would call it objective, even if you are making a judgment of the good, because the purpose is implanted by you. I mean, if he established the... He, we literally can't have a take on anything that is objectively anything, then yeah, you may as well throw that word out if that was Kant's take. Uh, essentially, we humans are never going to deal with anything that's objective, at least in the real world. Yeah, we things have to be elevated to a different plane happily. or whatever. Think, things going... in our minds we can happily work with objectively, like 1 plus 1 equals 2. It's happily definable as an objective statement. Is he going to... Is he about to argue that you can't say that art is objectively good because in order for something to be objectively good, it would have to have a purpose and art doesn't have a purpose. Therefore it can't be objectively good. Is that really like where he's going here? That's because... where Kant's going. Oof. Okay. Cause I guess we'll give it a bit more time. Yeah. They won't serve practical purposes. They feel like they do. So when we say that a flower is beautiful, we're not talking about the practical purpose it serves as the reproductive organ of a plant. What's beautiful about a flower is that it feels like it was designed to please, even though that is not its purpose. I wouldn't even say that. He didn't He didn't say designed to please. That's an oversimplification of what's going on there. It's the purpose of an object as a concept and... Uh, why would he I'll leave that for now. Why did he even need to say that? He could have just said satisfying to senses. Yeah, well, then it's the agreeable. Designed <laughs> okay. to please is so, an interesting way to look at it. So let's say that someone loses a, a family member or someone close to them, and uh, they, they receive a bouquet of flowers from, from friends that hear about it and are sympathetic and uh, gift them a, a bouquet of flowers, right? And... Um, it achieves the desired effect. So can you say that that bouquet of flowers was good from from the standard? Gotta let him make that argument first, I guess. We, okay, I... sure. Oh, we, man, we can't really let's talk about yeah. flowers a lot. A piece of art is a little different than nature, though, since we are constantly debating what the purpose of a piece of art is. A painting or a film doesn't serve an obvious practical function. Um... Mm, not sure I agree, because okay, we, 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 it depends on. So, let's say for example, I'm creating a story. The purpose then is to be a story. Is I'm not like I wouldn't end up with a fucking camel. So like the the idea that it has no purpose is like well, its purpose is to serve like a video. Its purpose is to serve as what is a video. Um, but if you would say it's that, purpose that idea is come from. Sorry? The idea of what a story is uh, come from. Well, yeah, but like, I'm on board no. with the idea that every single standard is created by humans. Fair enough. So, uh, how could it not be? Like, it was, But yeah. when we create the thing, and then we try and achieve the thing, 
the thing has therefore got standards, and that's how it works in science, as okay. far as I know. And you, well, you could be like, well, the thing existed before, while a video did not necessarily exist until we created it. I suppose you can mm -hmm. try and distinguish them that way, but I don't know if that's uh, so. So, like, you'd have uh, I'm trying to think of a, a series of macaroni. I can call it what it is. We can categorize it, and then I put it in a particular uh, formation, and then I'm like, now that's a piece of macaroni art, or whatever. Uh, technically, just because no one else had made a piece of macaroni art up to that point does not make the definition any less significant. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what I'm category? trying to say is that saying the purpose of a story is to be a story, or the purpose of a, I guess we'll have to use, uh, painting is to be a painting, is that it doesn't really, I suppose, reveal much more about that, uh, about that subject. Well, typically not, about no. What but what qualities it, are entailed within. That's, yeah, but there's only so far we can go with stuff like that. Like, if you, a, a popular idea is art's purpose is to elicit a reactional feeling from someone in chat, and it's like, I mean, yeah, I don't think I'd be yeah. against that, but it's if it, it, the problem is that with how subjectivity works, there's gonna be a guy out there sees the painting and doesn't react at all, and therefore has it failed if, in its purpose and therefore is bad. So um, I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw last night, and when I went there, I went there. Uh, to, to see the movie, knowing that it was going to be pretty stupid and the plot was going to be paper thin and the dialogue was going to be cliched and the characters aren't going to have much depth, but it was advertised as a dumb, fun action movie and I got exactly what I wanted out of it. So it achieved its purpose rather well, even though I wouldn't rate it as high as like many other movies that are out there, right? Um, however, if I'm watching a uh, let's say that I go into a Star Wars movie, like, uh, oh, let's let's rewind time back to December twenty, uh, December fourteenth, twenty seventeen, to when I went and saw the Last Jedi, and I was expecting a a good movie uh, that had a story that would make sense, and I got the exact opposite of that. If, if the purpose of a movie for me, uh, depending on what movie it is, I'm picking, of course is I'm expecting a good story that I find intellectually stimulating because it features characters that are all smart and the good guys are trying to outsmart the bad guys and vice versa. And um, what I get is actually everyone is making ridiculous decisions and the story only moves forward because everyone's an idiot. Then the story didn't achieve the purpose that like, like, like the movie didn't achieve the purpose that I came in for it. You, you, do you guys know what I'm saying? I think and, so. And yeah, and the, the question is more of an inherent purpose versus one that is given by a, a the viewer slash creator. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That, that that's, that's the big one is that inherently, uh, cause we're dealing with, Philosophical well, that's why earlier I, I said like so. a story is intrinsically progression isn't tied to story. There's no way to have one without it. Again, writing that can't be read, the intrinsic values, the ones that it has to be that to qualify as that. Um, and that's yeah, that's how I see uh, how you'd be able to judge an objective value because okay. it's not something that you've projected onto it. It is what it is. And and you could be like, someone else did, though, because it's a, trying to be an X. And it's like, yeah, but 
again, adhering to a standard, you can still be objective. And if the standard supersedes the thing in terms of the standard was created and then the things were created, like in carpentry, or because what is objectively mm. a dovetail joint is objectively you can't get out of it. You can't go no, my it's a finger joint is now a dovetail joint. It's like you can't do that. Mm. Um, and you'd be like, yeah, but it's just up to that carpentry guy. He's the one who's saying it. It's like, exactly. That's the, that's what it is. You're trying to achieve what it is. And, uh... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I see... I haven't heard, uh, actually approach from that angle before, so I can't offer any particular... Oh, it's, it's, it's an ongoing discussion. I mean, I'll need to think about that. I, I might get back to you on that at some point, if I've, you don't mind. Yeah, no, it's, it's all good. Uh, I've said before that it's like it's always going to be an ongoing discussion while I'm after I'm dead and well before I was alive, and like that's evidence to some people that it's obviously not true. Then, like what? Like I, what, hmm. I wasn't going to end the discussion on art. How the hell was anyone going to do that? Nobody's done it yet. In fact, the the core blockades that were there are still the core blockades, like even from Kant's time and the idea of the fact value distinction and defining an art object and the purpose of art and such like these are all still big hang ups. The difference is that people have become more entrenched in their positions that they've become more nuanced. The positions are more like intricate than they were before, but they haven't moved mm -hmm. forward in any sense. It hasn't no one's gone right, we've solved it. Art art is judged objectively or art is judged subjectively and even if we did you know you could get a new wave of people who could uh, conclude on it because they felt uh, conclude on a completely different idea because it feels like it, it matches reality better or maybe it does like it'll just always keep changing you get rational people crazy people or people who saw the truth where the previous set of people didn't it'll just everything keeps changing everything goes on hmm but it's fun to talk about it. in the meantime we're all here for a small amount of time people let's have some fun <laughs> Now I justify all of it. <laughs> we are constantly debating what the purpose of a piece of art is. A painting or a film doesn't serve an obvious practical function. And even if the author creates it for a specific purpose, art tends to take on a life of its own and can fulfill many unforeseen functions. And this is really important. If there's one idea I want you to take away from this video, it's this one. Because how can you establish the objective? Yeah, so the purpose of art is uncertain. It's, it, again, the meaning makes me go like, well, I, I suppose, because, yeah, art is very, mm. covers a lot of stuff. Isn't, isn't this still just kind of irrelevant to the um, discussion on whether something is well-crafted? Like, The Last Jedi uh, has several shots that are beautiful. You could say that the movie is objectively beautiful, but it's also objectively poorly written. Again, I tend to throw that word out. It would be like well-composed. When I talk about like strong cinematography, you probably go straight to composition or clarity, sure. or uh, and then talk sure. about like the subject in the frame, rather because beautiful. I mean, more so than good, beautiful immediately makes people think of you saying it's it's pretty, and it's like that sounds like the mm -hmm. peak of subjectivity. Okay. But, yeah. Um, so, one I mean, thing there, I... there, there... sorry, guys. Sorry. Well, uh, there was a, a certain uh, shot, like on on crate, that I was thinking of specifically when it, when I was saying beautiful there, um, but. I would say that something like the throne room fight, there's um I would say that it's well shot. There's no shaky cam. It's it's a wide shot. It's it's like it's competently shot, but it's not well choreographed. Um and they clearly there's a ton of mistakes that they could have fixed in um reshoots or going for a different take or something. Um but I just uh, 
Now I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know where, okay. I, where, where, I was, where I was going with that. <laughs> so uh, the idea of judging art on a sort of purposive level, we call that teleology over in philosophy, based on the word telos, which means purpose in Greek. Uh, the idea of judging art teleologically uh, carries with it some, I guess, issues in... Because let's say you take an element out of the work and you start examining that element to see how it fulfills a function, which is then fulfilling a purpose within the thing. But then you wonder, what is the purpose? Like Again, Mola has to be a story, and I currently don't have an answer to that. I'm quite interested to look into that. So Because... I figure, figure that was that easy of a solution. Well, uh, the, this is the thing. There's yeah. no way I'd be cracking anything. So it's, it's just... Uh, it, it, ultimately, it's only everyone's take on everything, right? That's mm. what everything is, I'm, fundamentally. I'd be curious to see what is said in response to that, is what I mean. Uh, but then, like, yeah, that's the idea, is that it seems, from what I have seen at least, relatively uncontroversial that the purpose of art is uncertain, which makes it hard to judge any given element of an art object to working towards an uncertain purpose because mm -hmm. we can't really set the standard there's no nails for the hammer to hammer if you if that makes any sense we don't we don't know what the, we don't know what the function of the thing is we don't know what it's trying to do so how are we supposed to tune the elements of it to work towards that function see where he goes i guess Objective yes. criteria for a piece of art when art doesn't serve a definitive, describable purpose. Like, you can say that a particular hammer is a good hammer because it is good at hammering nails, since hammering nails is the purpose of a hammer. But with art... Yeah, see, when he says the purpose, so I would just be like, it's by definition what it is, is what it's defined as. So how does it perform in the attributes of what it's defined as? Um... Mm. And there's always so many different ways to look at uh, whatever that might be, and like I said, it applies to all crafts. And uh, mm -hmm. in the case of dovetail joints, I was really bad at making them because you have to make them. You have to be very measured. I was. I always wanted to make finger joints, but dovetails are stronger. They're just harder to mm. make because you got to not be a spastic idiot like I was. But mm. that was back in DT in my school. It was fun. I liked making things. The perceiver has to invent the purpose of whatever they're looking at. Is it to entertain, provoke thought, communicate a message, stir emotions, or nothing at all? With every piece of media you encounter, those questions are up for debate. So if your criteria for a story is whether or not it has logical consistency, if that's the box you need checked to have a good time, that's fine. What I'm arguing is that implicit in that belief are a lot of assumptions about what the purpose of a piece of art is. I don't think so. No, no. I, 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 let me see if I can... Uh, you guys can uh, take it from here, I guess. I'm, I'm going to try to figure out my own response to this. <laughs> well, so when when he's like, oh, if, if logical consistency is your box to tick, then uh, you'll be waiting for... That's what you'll be looking for in movies or whatever. Typically not with me. And uh, Eric Taxon actually uh, spoke to me about this, and he sees it as I run too subjective... Uh, sort of perspectives at the same time. That's how he sees what I'm doing. I see what I'm doing as running a subjective and then an objective. I will I will take it for what it is and I'll react as I do. Um, for example, with Captain Marvel, when it finished, I was like, that was okay. That I said to my friend at the time that it's like a four. 
And then I got objective about it because I was able to watch the film again and really break down everything that happens and I conclude at like a 2, or maybe even a 1. And then the reverse of that is Endgame, which was like fucking 11 out of 10 when watching it for all the payoffs. And then once I get enough time to come down, I was like, yeah, okay, so it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, these, what makes me enjoy a thing is so goddamn subjective. It's all over the place. It can also depend on my mood in the day, whether or not I'm hungry or sleepy, like, or whether or not there's a certain actor in there. It's like there's there's just so many things that come into it, but which is why the objective scale is just like it brings everything down to, well, for lack of a better term, ones and zeros. Just right, didn't like my robot analogy. Didn't bring him up. It's a testy subject. But that was an idea of conduits as well. If we're all conduits of art explaining things, the robot would be unable to reference anything that was emotional. The idea being that if I yeah. say blah blah blah, it's inconsistent with blah blah blah, the robot would have said the exact same thing as me. So saying that I am biased, and when I'm saying the robot could have said it, you can't actually say a robot is biased, unless you're going to talk about someone who programmed it biased. <laughs> like someone put it in there that he was going to be biased. I don't know. Hmm. I guess, in a sense, though, uh, the, if I want to get pedantic about this, the robot would have a bias towards uh, cert, well, the robot would be biased towards the standards set by his programming from the person who programmed him. Well, I said that he was just looking for logical inconsistencies in in that environment. I'm pretty sure I'd have Fair to enough. actually listen over to what I specifically said to just right. Um, but I remember him. His issue was the robot couldn't possibly exist. I believe. I'm fine with the robot existing. Yeah, because it was theoretical anyway. Yeah. Um, the question is just again, is what the robot says uh, valuable, I guess? Because the robot can say all he wants, uh, uh, Holder was inconsistent, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, the question is, is that is that valuable? I'd I mean, probably a, say yes. That's I'm of the a, opinion. Yeah. Well, is, I was going to say, I think I talked to a Shad about that on the other podcast. Like the, the the fundamental question of is an objective assessment valuable is like, well, it doesn't matter really. That's down to the person. Mm. Do you find value less, in it? Yeah. Do I find it's like I certainly find value in it. I, my biggest deal with it, as Wolf mentioned earlier, was that it's uh, it's going to lead us to better things. Ideally, that's, that's why we want to point yeah. them out. And. Um, when you get to fundamentals like words that cannot be written and weapons that disappear during battle to prevent characters from dying, we've got problems that, in, in Just Right's view, are almost objective because the majority of the planet, when shown them, would be like, ooh. And so is it not mm -hmm. worth scrubbing those out? Um, and, and then once you realize what the... So like he maybe he agrees with that. Let's just say for the sake of argument, he goes, "Yeah, uh, one hundred percent of people agree that that disappearing weapon was a bad, and we should never do that again." It's like, okay, cool. Why though? Why was it? And then you identify all of these parameters for why that was a problem beyond the fact that people just reacted to it. Then you discover there's a bunch of other issues in your script that match that thing, but most people didn't recognize. It. Only sixty percent, down to fifty, down to forty. And so it gets to the point where he's like, what? "Why not erase all of them?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, let's say that there's um, there's an inconsistency or a plot hole or flub or error or whatever that uh, can break your immersion when you notice it, right? So I think that we have an acceptable like like there's a threshold that we have where we will kind of um, like like a mistake allowance that we give to um, to movies. Like, okay, we understand that no movie is perfect, and there's going to be the occasional like fuck up here and there. But as long as there isn't like a pileup of errors that are 
very crucial to the story and how the story makes sense, we're going to give it a pass. But then you get to something like the Dark Knight Rises level where nothing in that in that movie's story makes sense. Um, it's distracting. Like whatever plot holes that Just Right is going to talk about with the Dark Knight, I can tell you that none of those were noticeable to me on my first viewing of the Dark Knight. But <laughs> first viewing of Dark Knight Rises, I was not having a good time because nothing well, just in right, that movie famously makes sense. said that he didn't notice the whole Doe thing just run through. But TLJ? Yeah. Jeez. This is why noticing Jeez. something isn't something I consider to be completely irrelevant, because I can just be like, oh, I didn't notice any problems. Uh. It's the works fine on my machine answer of criticism. It's really annoying. For instance, you may believe that movies are primarily about escapism, and so anything that takes you out of the narrative is an enormous flaw. There's just nothing that makes that belief any more correct or incorrect than any other assumption about what art should be. What so bullshit? No. No, 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 I'm sorry. But if you've got a fucking... If, you're, if your story takes place in a, in a... If your movie takes place in a universe that's supposed to be realistic, like The Dark Knight, and then you're introducing bullshit like magic leg braces that, that fix... Fuck it. That fix the stupid bullshit um, lack of cartilage in Bruce Wayne's uh, leg and allows him to kick bricks out of walls and the, um, the whole bullshit with the stock market heist thing where, yeah, they, they're going to just accept these trades that uh, basically defraud Bruce Wayne out of all of his wealth right after ter a terrorist took over the place and held hostages there and did some bullshit with the computers and, oh my god, nothing, nothing in the Dark Knight Rises story makes sense. And when that's taking you out of the film, that's drastically affecting your ability to enjoy it. Yes, it is a major stain on the film's quality because the writing could have been better. The writing could have been significantly better. I mean, that's the point of this being philosophical. He would just, all he needs to throw back at you is, yeah, according to you. The question being Fuck raised. you. <laughs> the question being raised is what do you mean better? Yeah. Because, and then we get to, yeah, the sense concocted by us, at which point he says it's not objective, it's normative, which honestly, don't really care either way so long as the arguments are good but someone is yeah. saying that the dark knight trilogy was never intended to be realistic you know what i mean here it's not meant yeah, to have magic intent. leg braces okay the, the, the leg brace is bullshit i've never understood the point of them when they invent that he's weakened at the beginning of the film only to then undo it it's like well the legs anyway and it's just like okay mm. why not just have it so that his legs weren't to that degree crippled why, why did you a strange move but yeah it's he yeah, invented it's like saying, a problem, then in, had to invent a solution to that problem it, for that film. It's like it, it's like Schaeferla's saying that Luke couldn't have shown up on crate because the X-wing was in the water. Okay, rewrite the film so that you don't have the X-wing in the water. It's an yeah. arbitrary writing decision. It wasn't that wasn't established in The Force Awakens. It wasn't established in Return of the Jedi. It was established in the same movie where they did the Force projection bullshit. Whenever we critique the quality of art, we first make an arbitrary assumption about what its purpose is, then we invent criteria to decide whether that purpose is achieved, and it's only after that that the analysis proceeds logically.
Let's look at a concrete example. Perhaps you're writing a review of, oh, I don't know, Star Wars The Last Jedi. To pick a film totally at oh, random. Oh god, we're only halfway through the video. Sure, it's totally at random. What the fuck have you been, you disgusting degenerate? Okay, so remember how I told you that uh, I was doing some car work today? That's your opinion, but yeah. Okay, well we needed to buff out a bunch of shit, but we couldn't get the thing to buff out the um, little scratch marks on the side. So, um, Initially, I thought, okay, well, I'll just do it tomorrow or something when I can go to the store. But then my dad comes back and he's like, hey, you got the buff stuff. And I was like, okay, well, may as well do it now. And yeah, that's what I've been doing. I hope it worked out. You missed nothing, really? Yeah, I didn't think I would. A whole lot of nothing. But he's just, he's bringing in The Last Jedi just now, so I don't know, this is weird timing, but... (laughs) Oh, God. It's like writing a review of... It's it's like Wolf has the sixth sense that someone is about (laughs) to praise The Last Jedi on EFAP. Fuck. Well, it's a good thing I, you know, I ordered pizza while I was doing it, so it's like... Oh, thank goodness. Right. Oh, I don't know. Star Wars The Last Jedi, to pick a film totally at random and for no other reason. In the first scene, the Rebels use these big bombers against the First Order, and they get destroyed really quickly because Mm -hmm. they are big and slow. But, aha, you've been watching Star Wars your whole life, and you know that there's another kind of ship called a Y-Wing, which is also supposed to drop bombs. So why aren't the good guys using Oh my god, don't tell me he's actually going to try and say that they couldn't use Y-Wings. Give him a minute, this is really funny. Keep keep this in mind. He's not done with it yet. <laughs> Since it's smaller and faster and would survive longer. That would make mm-hmm. more logical sense. Checkmate, Ryan yes, Johnson. Yes, it would. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. Give him so, a second. So, Let's, yeah. let, this, this is the thing. I, I wait, was... wait, wait. Because he's, he's making a wider argument here. So whatever he says within The Last Jedi, he's making a wider point that I kind of want to hear him get to as well as whatever he's saying about The Last Jedi, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. You might have to let him talk for a bit, actually. Now, it's totally fine to dislike any scene in this film, but let's talk about why this is not an objective criticism. Okay. It's partly because most people do not know what a Y-Wing is. That is not a no! reason for okay, it to okay, not okay, be. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you read so hard. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, first off, fuckface. Everyone knows what a fucking Y-Wing is. Anyone that's watched Star Wars knows what a fucking Y-Wing is. It's been here since the first fucking movie released 40 fucking years ago. Don't tell me that people don't know what a fucking Y-Wing is, you disingenuous faggot. What's a what Y-Wing? What the fuck? How could you possibly okay. make that argument? Everyone knows what it is. It's been in every game. It's been in every movie. Okay, maybe not every movie. Maybe not every game, but most games and most movies. This is so stupid. How could you possibly make this argument, you fucking idiot? Everyone knows what it is. Yeah, but so, the fact that some people don't mean it's means it's so, no. I need to no, no. Just, wait, just because you're an idiot, just because you're a fucking retard that doesn't know anything about Star Wars, does not mean that that claim is accurate. It is not accurate. It is the exact definition of inaccurate. Here's the thing. If it shows several shots in the very first fucking Star Wars movie ever released of Y-Wings, then logic goes, people know what a Y-Wing is because we've seen it in action before. Even, we don't even need Y-Wings to exist for the fucking also, Bobbers to be terrible. We don't even oh need Y-Wings. Also, oh my god. Well, well, this is the, the dumbest man on the internet. 
all okay, respect so, for you that I ever had at, in the past gone completely. So you're done. So I, I, I would like to to uh, try to address something here. Let's say that there's someone that has only seen Star Wars, uh, like just The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, so they are unaware of what a Y wing is because a Y wing is not in either of those two movies. The point is, so uh, I'm not much of a Harry Potter fan, and um, the latest prequel film fantastic beasts 2 shows a fully grown uh, minerva mcgonagall at hogwarts several years before her uh confirmed birth date uh at, that was detailed in the books so that's a massive contradiction but i wouldn't have caught it myself just because i didn't uh remember that particular detail it still is a problem though even if I personally well, uh, was unaware of that. disappearing knife, dude. Most, if not like 90% of the fucking audience did not know that a knife disappeared during the fight. Yeah. Can I raise just quickly as well, what the hell does this have to do with anything he was saying before? I don't know. This is why <laughs> I suggested... Trying to say that it's, I suggested we don't stop, but he did objective. make a point. Like, this is a, this is a singular trying... point here. Yeah, well, he's this he's doing the same point. bullshit. He's doing the same bullshit that he did with you guys in your debate, where he said that well, there could be one person out there that <laughs> actually unironically likes the room, and therefore it's not objectively bad. Also, Look. let me add to this. Let me add to this fucking rant I'm going on. Go just ahead. Because just because other people don't know what a Y wing is does not give you uh, an excuse to not put in a Y wing when they are an established thing in the Star Wars universe over this slow piece of shit bomber. Hey, we could just, just because other people don't know about it does not mean that that's an excuse, you fucking moron. We could just have like, you go to see this film and it just plays Just write, never write anything. Never write anything. I swear to God, if you write anything, I might actually kill myself. I mean, I'm probably gonna do that anyway, but you'll just make me do it quicker. Just no, write. You'll, you'll, you'll come back. Thing to say. Absolute dumbest back. thing I have ever heard on EFAP, unironically. You you will come back to life just to kill yourself a second time. Yes. Be Wolf the White. Yeah, well, I've never heard of EFAP, so him saying that isn't a problem. Oh my um, god. So, like, yeah, what I was gonna, I was like, <laughs> if this is truly based <coughs> on memory, we just have anything in Star Wars Episode Nine. Like, it could just be Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, and someone's like, where's Luke? And then Ryan Johnson's like, Luke? Luke who? Like Luke, Luke Skywalker, and he's like, no, I don't, I don't. Who's that? You're like, oh, he's, oh, uh, okay. You'll, and then most of the close. audience are like, no, I don't remember any Luke. This film's great. <laughs> okay. If you look closely, Barney the dinosaur was piloting one of the bombers. <laughs> I didn't notice it. And I'd watch it. It's I don't not know. A problem. <laughs> In this film, but let's talk about why this is not an objective criticism. It's Ugh. partly because most people do not know what a Y-Wing is, and even fewer Objectively know what its that, you dumb fuck. is, so to even make this wait, critique, did, you have Wait, hold on. Didn't he say most people don't know what a Y-Wing is? Most people. Even fewer know. Wow, I didn't even nervous. notice that one word. Shit. Ooh. For him to say that some people don't know, that's one thing. Most people, though? Bullshit. And even fewer of them know of its military purpose, I'll have you know. <laughs> Oh well, I guess that's how it works. This is not well, an definitely high, criticism. dude. I fucking wish I was high. <laughs> yeah, this is Do not high, Wolf. This is Pizza Wolf. No, this is sober, and I really wish I wasn't. Because if I was high, I would think that I'm not watching a real video. 
Wolf, what is it with you? Like, whenever I'm in a call with you, you go on these, like, ab absurdly <laughs> passionate rages. <laughs> I don't know. You just bring out the worst in me, Southpaw. We should okay. fuck sometime. <laughs> Agreed. It's partly because most people do not know what a Y-Wing is, and even fewer know what its military purpose is. So to even make this critique, you have to have a certain knowledge of... The <laughs> you have to have watched the other films. <laughs> you have to have watched that? a single Star Wars movie. Congratulations. Wait, so you mean to tell me that in order to criticize something, you need to be able... You need to have something of an understanding of it. This is Apparently. a bad thing. Why? If you're going to argue to me that the, the films that come before it and the line of it being a sequel are irrelevant when you critique it because people might have forgotten, then when we talk about Act 3, we don't need to consider Act 1 and 2. People might have forgotten about it by then. When I watch this video, I can't help but just go, why the fuck does the art object even matter just right? Why can't we just sit here interpreting? Like, thinking about, like, TLJ came out, I didn't go and see it, but I have my interpretation on it. And I have my assessment on it from that. It's about space Christians. And I'm right, because... Someone said, it's over, Anakin. I have the amnesia ground. Amnesia <laughs> ground. Hey, you know, maybe uh, he should have gone with the uh, Ren's Reviews approach. He could have just said, they never do show Y-Wings in the previous films. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of like how to how to gedelb this statement. It's like it's not valid if you don't remember it. It's like it's it's so absurd. Maybe, do we have to rewind it? We can rewind it. It's insane it that he was Wolf. showing Rogue One footage, the movie that came out right before the Last Jedi, <laughs> the year before. The absurdity of the idea that it's a bad thing that you need like a certain level of familiarity with a subject in order to analyze and critique it. He's, a, he's an interesting man, this this just right. You know, I'm starting to think he might not just be right. That name, you know. This is why people don't like game journalists, because they're well, bad at games and review games anyway. Mahler, can you add to your Gedelb notes um, the, the thing where most people don't know what a Y-Wing is? I feel like that, that belongs Whoa. on there. No, I want to go so more obvious. Most people don't know what... Um, what a sofa is. Don't know what like, a... <laughs> Planet is <laughs> what, 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 what a person is. <laughs> what a, Most people uh, don't what know a, what a people is. Most people don't know what a mask making laptop is. <laughs> I think I do have quotes from Red Reviews to go into the next Eve. I remember now. You are expected to remember multiple faces, several <laughs> names. <laughs> You're also expected to remember multiple well, imagine, starfighters. In imagine Star his Wars. criticism of EFAP, the amount of memes you got to remember. Yeah. I can't believe I was about to resubscribe to this guy at some point. Well, good maybe lord. Maybe don't do that. Lord. Well, yeah, but this, this killed any chance that that ever happened. <laughs> Y-Wing is, and even fewer know what its military purpose is, so to even make this what? you have to have a certain knowledge of the lore. But on top of that, you have to- The lore. They don't know what the what's purpose is? It's a bomber! Most- yeah, people know that it's a bomber! Fuck, dude. <laughs> I don't think it played that pop for me. I'm, I'm, I'm overdosing on stupid right now. 
boutique, you have to have a certain knowledge. I'd like to overdose right lore. now. But on top of that, you have to overdose on just right. To believe that adhering to the lore established in their films is more important than the immediate impact of the scene. So you have to establish that, that adhering to the lore is more something than, than impa the impact of the scene. The implication being that they're dichotomous. Yeah, you can't, you the can't, idea you... that you can't just have both. He says that you need a certain knowledge of the lore as though this is like <laughs> a, a Y-Wing is equivalent to understanding who Morgoth was in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, what a stupid fucking person you are. You are actually the dumbest YouTuber I might have seen so far. Like, I, I'm not expecting the average Star Wars viewer to understand everything about, like, Mandalore, but Y-Wings? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of obvious well, I mean, what their purpose is. You see them in the original trilogy. They're not too far away from X-Wings, like, in terms of what people should recognize. And if you could argue to me, yeah, most people don't know what an X-Wing is, I'd be like, well, they, what are they fucking watching at that point? Aren't there Y-Wings on the, the, the attack on the Death Star in the first film? Yes. So, the whole, I'm pretty uh, sure I can one find the you the shot of it. Yeah, one of the teams is entirely Y-Wings. Yeah. And even if it wasn't in the first movie, it's still in fucking Return of the Jedi. He's Why even... is Wolf so autistic today? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, maybe it's because I'm watching a fucking moron tell me that nobody knows what a Y-Wing is in Star Wars. You see the Screaming you're nice stupid look. is not clever or entertaining. Dude, <laughs> please fucking kill yourself. <laughs> okay. The immediate impact of the scene. The fact that the bombers are big and slow is a nonverbal way of communicating an idea to the audience. It justifies in our mind why the ships are destroyed so easily. Whichever side of the yeah, as if there's no other way to justify why a ship mm. would be destroyed. Mm. You see the, the problem just right. You are, this is post talk. He takes everything that happens in the scene and then justifies it as it had to be this way, to be this way. Like you want these results, you can get them many ways. The story would not have happened, though, if the Resistance weren't all fucking idiots. That really, I really am getting these... tired of people actually unironically making the argument that I need my characters to be retarded, otherwise I don't have a story. <laughs> like, this story literally relies on the Resistance going, yeah, we're going to take these bombers with paper-thin holes that can get destroyed by half of a TIE fighter crashing into one of them and then killing two others in the process that are designed to basically get destroyed if it can successfully deliver its payload. And they're super slow as well. They're, they, 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 they aren't even compensating this with speed or anything. And the, 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 the bombs have to be dropped directly above the target instead of being sent out like a, like a torpedo or a missile. Yeah, we're going to use these bombers instead of Y-Wings, which are better in virtually every way. That's what the How plot relies on. The plot relies on the make... stupid that they would take these terrible fucking bombers that make no sense as to, like, as to why anyone would choose these things over the fucking Y-Wings that are previously established. We need these bombers because it's nonverbal communication. <laughs> that... The Dreadnought doesn't have shields, by the way. It's How did this guy make communication like, that? Yeah. I mean, I would still argue, even despite this video, that Just Right has some of, if not the best videos on The Hobbit on all of YouTube. How the fuck did you go from that to this? Well, what is remember, wrong with you? <laughs> did you get evolved? Like, were you like dropped on your head when you were twenty or something? 
you can picture him like it is in someone's arms getting fed milk and they drop it. How did how did you go from a good YouTuber to a fucking moron? Didn't we ask him that in the debate? Like what if his Hobbit videos led to people disliking it and he was like that would be bad? I think he like concludes yeah, he, he that would be a bad thing. to the effect of like, man, I think it would be bad if my Hobbit videos that are really good led people to disliking it, even though the Hobbit movies are fucking garbage. Really I can't damn. understand that position. Show some like, fucking balls, you sackless little pussy. Don't make a whole series of Hobbit videos shitting on them, and then say that you would feel like a bad person if you got someone to dislike them. That's the whole point, you idiot. It justifies in our mind why the ships are destroyed so easily. Whichever side of the argument you land on, it's simply a personal preference, and no. it's based on a bunch of beliefs about which aspects of a story are more important than others. Wait, but we- you, you say that as if it supports the idea that Y-Wings shouldn't be there or something, or that that isn't an actual, like, criticism to be presented and acknowledged. He's just like, well, you know, you need-, you need we, we wanted this to happen this way, so is that really more important than Y-Wings being there? It's like, this we, we... video is it's predicated on like this really weird like it's it's not overtly stated but it's it's implicit in the videos that this really weird idea that th this the piece of art could only ever have been one way. Well, fucking Patrick Willem said about Holdo, like if Holdo it, wasn't it, retarded, we wouldn't get our story. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the film could not have been made in another way. You. I will. Like you said earlier, those two things are dichotomous, adhering to the law or the emotional stakes of the scene. I, you I will have give to have this. one or the other, you can't have both with a different setup. What a sad way to look at You definitely yeah. can't have the visual of, of Paige Tico kicking the ladder to get the detonator to fall down. You wouldn't get that in a Y-Wing because that wouldn't be logistically possible in the Y-Wing and there would be no reason for that to happen well, in a Y-Wing because Y-Wings are not designed terribly like these terrible stupid fucking bombers are but um the scene itself where you're having these bombers get obliterated in this bombing run yes it could still happen if you replace them with y-wings and they functioned the same way as they functioned in the previous movies you still could have had the the purpose that this scene plays into the story play out exactly the same way just in a less retarded way i don't buy the you have to have everyone in your story be retarded in order for this to happen. No. Yeah, the, if you need says, a sacrifice uh, moment, you can make it happen. That isn't the exact same way, but in the same spirit. No, but you have to understand, TLG, TLJ could only have ever been like this. It could not have been at all different from what it is, apparently. Is TLG, like, the last yeah, TLG. Gay? The last, the last guard guardian? <laughs> the last gay. That's the one than others, even though none of them are inherently more important than the rest. Artists are constantly faced with these kinds of trade-offs, where they can choose to sacrifice the logic of a scene to a degree in order to improve- Implying that the logic in the scene is actually something they care about, and then you ask why, and then you find out there's a principled argument, and then they sacrifice that principle the second they want to cheat. I just feel so bad for all the writers out there that are going like, like putting in a painstaking amount of effort to have their stories make sense what? as opposed to writers like Ryan Johnson and Colin Trevorrow who clearly don't give a shit about that kind of thing 
and you're having morons like just Wright and Patrick Willems defending this garbage. Well, you, you, so you have Writer 1 completes in a year and it looks like The Last Jedi. Writer 2 spends five years and it's The Last Jedi but way superior. And then he's like, just right, what do you think about my story? I worked really hard on it. And he goes, it was pretty great. Uh, no better or worse than TLJ, because ultimately TLJ couldn't have existed in any other way. You'd have to sacrifice emotion if you wanted logic. And the guy who wrote the five-year story is like, wow. Fuck like me, there, there's no purpose. There's <laughs> no purpose to putting in effort into your writing if this is if this can be accepted. This is the whole purpose of having a standard for objective quality. I mean, does he redraft? This just right redraft. I doubt it. If I could, if I could uh, just it? agree with Sorry, with guy. just right and Patrick, I'd just change a word in their argument. It's like, yes, it couldn't have been this retarded unless it was this retarded. That's what I agree. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I can agree to that. Mm -hmm. Man, just the other day, I was like showing some of my writing to Fringy, and I showed him like the, the notes of like, okay, this is how the thing is going to go. Please tell me if this sounds retarded, because <laughs> I want someone to tell me if my ideas are fucking stupid and I need to rethink them. Yeah, but Wolf, why the fuck do you bother? like... I mean, I just fucking it. spent an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half, a year and a half, uh... <laughs> And a year and a half writing the book I'm working on now just to get the first draft done. And I'm still trying to think, okay, what's wrong with this? How can I fix it? How can I make it better? And then go from there. If anything, and then logic, you, you, should just, Johnson, you should just write by the seat of your pants, don't redraft at all, and then just crap it out. If anything illogical know, is like happening, have a character way. get killed. In a really dramatic way. If anything illogical is going on, just distract the audience with I know, a dramatic. Why, why, am, why am I wasting my time putting effort? Why do you into care? Yeah. I do? Why do you care about making it good? About making your story make sense and not contrived and logically consistent? Why do you care, Wolf? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all subjective. Life, apparently. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> other qualities of the film. Here's another Star Wars example that is the purest version of this. It's oh, often God. said the first Star Wars film was saved in the edit. You can mm -hmm. check out Rocket Jump's video for more on that. And one example of the editing changes to the film is that the original edit lacked the ticking clock elements in the finale. Instead of the Death Star being moments away from blowing up the rebel base, which imbues the scene with an incredible amount of tension and makes the heroes feel like underdogs, the original ending had them being the aggressors. The Death Star was just hanging out in space somewhere and the rebels went and blew it up. But changing the ending introduced a handful of plot holes. Leia says that their ship was being tracked and yet the heroes foolishly lead the villains directly to the... Uh, yeah, but the it's, it's worth the risk That's because they have the plans. Hole. It's worth the risk because they have the literal plans to the Death Star that can get them to destroy it. Yeah. She acknowledges... The, the idea that she says this in the film and you consider that something the film isn't acknowledging, it's like... weird. Hmm... So a plot hole, I, th I feel, would be, um, let's say that uh, the Empire is not actually tracking them, but then they somehow find a way to uh, get the Death Star over to Yavin 4. But there's no established, um, like, like there's no throwaway line or anything that would explain how the Empire would be capable of, of doing that. That would be a plot hole. This isn't a plot hole. This is at this guy's an idiot. a contrivance. He's I mean, it, all we would necessarily worst. desperately need is for her to say that um, uh, it wouldn't matter if they're tracking us because X or that we're desperate to get these plans to the team. But that's what I thought was implied when she says, yeah. 
They're probably tracking us, and that's why we escaped easier. They have the most important thing in the world on that ship, and it needs to go to the people who can actually do something with it. Hmm. The Rebel base on the moon of a planet called Yavin. The Death Star teleports into the Rebel base's solar system, but on teleports. the other side of the planet, meaning that they have to wait to blow up the moon base when they could have just teleported right next Teleported. Stop saying teleported. Why is he He's saying that? You. you know, we talked about this on a previous EFAB, but when you get key flags that give away that someone's not actually the fa a fan of something, oh God, <laughs> they teleport Star Wars. You're like, mm, okay. Waller, do you, do you remember that video? I think we watched it on my channel last year uh, from Annihilation when that one guy was like, they walk into another dimension, and it's like, it's not another fucking <laughs> yeah. dimension! It's on the other side of a wall, you fucking idiot! <laughs> dimension. It's like, it's not another dimension! You don't know what a dimension is if that's what you think is another dimension! <laughs> you moron! It's the exact same thing! Why are we surrounded by idiots? What is wrong with these people? And yeah, the idea that, yeah, so they turned up, um, it, they're on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Yavin is the planet, they're on a moon? Yes, Yavin 4, the fourth moon of Yavin. So, for the, the Empire, unfortunately, when they turn up, Yavin are one-to-one -one on the opposite end of the planet, so they have a choice of, I suppose they could blow through Yavin, um, and then charge the Death Star back up, but I can't remember what the charge time is on the fucking laser, or they can move around it, which takes X amount of time. The idea that they could have just hyperspaced past, I don't know that that's even possible, that they can just hyperspace to, like, a few meters. We don't um, know that they can do that. that. That doesn't sound like that would make very much sense if you could hyperspace just a few meters. I suppose they could have hyperspaced like, away by X amount and then back by X amount, but the thing is, they were right here. They're about to shoot them, and the very important detail, and this doesn't apply to TLJ when people go, ah, oh, you see, Hux chose not to attack the people because he's stupid. This is, Tarkin does not believe for a second that they actually can destroy the Death Star. He doesn't even consider this a ticking clock. He's like, no, they've got I'm no chance. I'm axing you, Mahler. I'm axing you. You know what? Are you Tarkin, willing to Tarkin give... wasn't wrong. Tarkin wasn't wrong. He used the fucking force to nail that shot. Hmm. Tarkin's a good guy. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Tarkin for 2020 present. I agree. <sighs> I miss Tarkin. I mean, he, the competence of the fucking Empire was just him personified. The entire idea of uh, the of the Death Star immediately firing after teleport. He has, me, has this great visual in my mind of the thing just appearing in the system and just immediately snapping off a shot Wait, and then just teleporting I'm... away again. Yeah, Mahler, teleporting, by the way. Like a troll. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs> Mahler, I'm axing you. Are you willing to give Hux leeway for being arrogant? He called him a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. To the moon, and at any time they could presumably shoot their laser at the planet and let the rebel base spin out of orbit. Now, if you were in the shoot, oh, so yeah, but that wouldn't have stopped, like, like them from exist. You know, like blowing up the thing directly versus throwing them off orbit. I don't know. If I was making decisions, I'd be like, maybe we should just obliterate them. It would be better because we're trying to erase the rebels, not. You know, who knows how much they could escape if we just throw them off mm. a little bit. ...of the great Marsha Lucas, the editor on the original Star Wars. Wait, did he just say the great Marsha Lucas? What makes her great? I think that it was just because of uh, her decisions as an no, editor. No, 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 no,
the, the oh, idea that there's oh. no such thing as oh him. you're right you're right i'm sorry it's just i i'm i'm forgetting that he's being a total fucking inconsistent hypocrite here i mean but you know what he's consistently inconsistent he is he is arguing that inconsistencies are not a bad thing and he is being inconsistent himself and he's being consistent with that at least which George looks like he's wearing a dog on his head. <laughs> hey, man. It was the style at the time. Two versions of the film stand before you. The whole thing has already been shot. There is no third solution, so you have to choose. Do you and Georgie release the cut that has tension or the one that's Georgie. more logical? Uh, Hi, but that's not the case just right. That's not actually the case. You just said it is. Sorry. Yeah. There is not an objective answer to and this question. <laughs> what? No, Any answer would one be. does have more tension. <laughs> one more he he just said what is more logical, what is more tension-filled, so he's objectively making those statements, no? Yeah. Yeah, no. he's claiming that those are the case. One of them is more tension-filled, one of them does make more sense. Yeah, so he's, like he's, he's you're able to be he's objective just begging about the question it. Here. He is just begging the question here, and he doesn't have like an alternate point of view to scrutinize the bullshit that he's spewing. Can I ask you guys a question? Go for it. Yeah. Where did Kant and Hume go? I don't know. I missed them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just, I like the idea that he was like, them. Kant had many opinions on Star Wars. First of all, the Y-Wings were not... And you're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> hold, hold on a minute. <laughs> oh, and by the way, this to me is just residue from his experiences with, with not only me, but a lot of people who would have criticized his channel. He's he spent so little on philosophy just to be like blah, 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 Star Wars isn't that bad, okay? <laughs> Trying so desperately thing. to justify his love for this piece of shit fucking movie. <laughs> listen, My God, listen. me high cheeks sent me high. Said <laughs> no. this thing a long time ago, and that means that Star Wars: The Last Jedi is okay. All right. No. This may all just seem like a semantic oh. grievance to insist that the terminology of objectivity versus subjectivity is wrong here. But I think it's more important than that. Implicit Kant in the and Hume disappeared is... like that damn knife in Wolf's patience. <laughs> this is, I remember. Man, I, I can't believe I joined just in time to hear him say the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. Yeah, that's probably the dumbest thing he said throughout the whole video, so nice job. You're timing was just immaculate there Christ. subjectivity is wrong here but i think it's more important than that implicit in the terms is a hierarchy the idea that objectivity is better than subjectivity no since when no um so if i tell you that i feel that endgame is blah 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 and it does this shit for me and then i go objectively speaking it's a this poor spaghetti narrative where everybody is making poor decisions to make the narrative run smooth that doesn't then make me go, well, uh, the, the subjective, my subjective take and go out the window. No one's ever going to talk about that because objectivity is better than it. The, uh, my fundamental reasoning for why I like the discussion on objectivity is because it's the part that we can all agree on. What we yeah. took away from it personally is the part that we take away with ourselves. And we can share it with each other, but we can't share the experience as in, like, I don't know, I fucking adore Civil War, but I can't make Wolf adore Civil War. I can only explain to him what I think, what gives me those feelings, and then he can understand them and be like, yeah, I still don't experience what you're getting, and I'm like, yep, that's just the way it goes. For example, How about I, I think the gray is amazing, but I probably don't 
think it's like I don't have the same experience watching it as Wolf does. Or how about um, the Mission Impossible Fallout debate? Oof. We convinced Ren that it's not a bad movie. He doesn't like it. That's okay, but he agreed it's not objectively a bad movie. Yeah, like um, this does exist. There are people that are capable that, that just to get out of the rest of the debate. I've that only, is true. That I've is only ever said he did also unlist. He did also unlist the video actually that he made. Oh, oh okay. Well, that so maybe maybe I'll rescind that. I um, think I think that he genuinely got like a change of heart or mind about uh, saying that it's objectively a bad film, and he understood that he made a bad video on it. So. I mean, that's unironically our goal. I, I'm not going to say it's an altruistic goal. Because some people be like, well, you try to fucking make people change their minds. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> to a degree. Unironically, my well, goal is to delete my channel before the end of the year. Well, there's only a couple Such of a buttons. Downer. But we'll, yeah, I mean, we can always kill him to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Um... I've only been interested in drawing the line between the two. And if someone said to me, but Mauler, you always talk about the objective elements, not your subjective experience. So, of course you value one over the other. I'd be like, oh, well, it depends on what the topic is. If we pick stuff that's like Terminator 2, for example, would be something that's really close to my my mm. my cold, dead heart. Uh, Buffy and Angel are. Um, aliens. Films that I watched when I was super young. And then I can talk about some experiences I have with them and why I adore them to the ends of the earth, but they're also, you know, there's reasons for that, and then I can talk about them. But um, I've been subjective in my videos. It's usually when I can't make an argument for uh, why something is poor uh, beyond a preference I have, which is absolutely fine, because that's what we do. Um, and then there are times where I might admit that despite being tizzamy, I actually still kind of like it. But, uh, yeah. but oftentimes when I'm redrafting, I'm like, do I need to say this? I don't know. Do people? It depends on how interested my fans might be on my personal feelings on a thing. Which is a thing that happens. You'll get people who are like, wait, wait, wait did you see Shazam, for example? Did you like it? And I'm like... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just as an aside, thank you to being Mauler and Blessed Southpaw for fucking telling me that movie was shit because I was like on the verge of wanting to go see it because the trailers were like, hey, that looks not terrible. But then you told me it was terrible and I was like, oh, okay, well. Yeah, like, twenty dollars then. there's fucking bullies that carry nunchucks on school property when they establish like five minutes before that that the school has uh, metal detectors and, and they and the bullies fucking beat up a disabled kid on school property in front of a bunch of people who all don't do anything. And then there's like this little eight-year-old girl or whatever that tries to do something about it. She doesn't get picked for uh, Shazam's champion, uh, even though the criteria that Shazam needs is someone who's pure of heart. So obviously he goes for the much older kid who is more capable of fighting off those bullies who decides walking away until they say something that personally offends him because they make fun of the disabled kid for not having a mom, which the main character shares in common. Yeah, and then you've got the fucking TV with the news report in the mall, and oh my god, there's so many fucking problems in that movie. Yeah. I'm sorry to everyone in the chat that likes Shazam, but it's a bad film. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, I was very unimpressed with Shazam to the point where I watched it with Battle of Fortier, and Battle was ripping into that film so much, it was so much fun. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, 
Metal watched John Wick 3, and he got so upset about how terrible it was, he demanded I come into a conversation with him so we could rant. It was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> that movie oh, was so... <laughs> I am forgetting most of it, just like John Wick 2. It was just, uh, I don't think crap. I've ever said it on the chat, but or on the chat, in, on a stream. But I, I walked into John Wick 3 on vacation because I had nothing else to do with my time and it was raining. And I was like, okay, I'll watch a third one. When the movie opens up with John Wick running with the fucking other dog, I had forgotten John Wick 2 so intensely that I genuinely didn't even remember where the second dog came from. <laughs> and I, and I, was, I was so confused for like a good 10 minutes until I was like, whatever, I don't care anyway. <laughs> The oh, knife fight was cool. It was dumb, but it was fun cool. I John Wick 2 and 3. I, like, I enjoyed I like how the, stupid they got. I liked the knife fight, and I liked the, the scene with the dogs. That was pretty great, um, but the story itself is not good. I like that the fucking German shepherds were more relevant to the plot than fucking John Wick was. I like, I like summing up the plot to someone who has no idea what the plot is and being deliberately vague, so it's like, John must go to a library to collect a necklace to go to a Russian lady to get a boat that takes him to, like, Saudi Arabia to get instructions on how to go to a <laughs> desert to be found by a man once he's near death that can chop off his finger to be able to get out of the fact that he killed a guy on continental grounds. You'd be like, what? <laughs> what the, the world building insane. is so fucking, stupid, I love every, it. The fucking... Like you pointed out, Mahler, every single character is like, I can't help you. Three seconds later, okay, I'm helping you now. They, yeah. Ironically, I think they usually go, um, I can't help you, but I won't help you anyway. And then he talks for five minutes, he's like, okay, John, fine, John, I'll help you. But guys, the assassin the, Vatican, though. The, the action in that... The action in that film is super impressive from how it's choreographed and shot, but the story is terrible. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> the secret order of assassins. We should, we should stop having fun assassins. talking about movies. We need to hear more from Just Right to make sure we watch this video fully. No, yeah. no, he's, fuck Just he's Right. Teach he's teach going to teach us. And that we have to agree on what something is objectively first before we can even get into subjectivity. The terms empower those who want to end discussion rather than Ooh, those who remember, remember the guy who said that earlier. He wants to they they actually think that we want to like stop it, like prevent people from having different perspectives and stuff. It's like no. And as no, Rags no, pointed out, if anything, it encourages it because people want to challenge the statement. Can I can I point something out? Uh Mala, you might need to push the video forward like just a second or so because i'm noticing something about these bombers i'd never noticed before yeah. that is okay so at the bottom of the bombers there's that little glass ball turret yeah but mm -hmm. it's on it's really far back i think that's where the bombs drop out from so the gun is pointed right where the bombs drop out from want to encourage so if okay, so, so if the bombs drop out and he's shooting the cannon he might shoot one of the bombs and blow up the ship itself. <laughs> yeah, but I no, assume I think, they'd be I aware of it. I think it might actually be in front what of where the bombs are, not behind. That would be so <laughs> Although, funny if they were shooting and then they drop the bombs. <laughs> just explode. Oh, oh shit, sorry. The, no, wait. The little turrets Frank, off Frank, the back. no, don't shoot. Dude, dude, they As hang one off, bomber the, takes they out hang the off the bombers fleet. like a ball sack. They do. <laughs> It, oh, yeah. oh my god! What idiot it's, it's, designed the? Oh, Ryan Johnson. Mm. By the way, I'd like to pause it. As crazy as this sounds, hot take. 
Subjectivity tends to end discussions. I'll give you an example. Hey, Wolf, fucking the gray is bad because all of the characters are like the same. Don't ever say that. that. That's my opinion. Your opinion. It's his opinion, Wolf. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Wolf. It's my opinion. opinion. I've, I've reached that point in discussions many times where you're trying to hash something out and then it just falls back to someone's opinion. You're like, can't we still discuss the references and such like that? And it's just Wolf, what is your opinion on Metro Exodus? Again and again. I'll say it now. Video is coming out. It'll be my last. And it'll be a three hour one. There's a lot of work to do. <laughs> But I, I love it. I really love it. And we're going to talk about it. It'll be a so long video. You... I'll be the longman now. End discussion rather than those who want to encourage it. Okay, so up until this point, I've been arguing about why it's impossible to say whether a piece of art is objectively good. Or... And you've done a horrifically bad job. Also, can I just say object? It's impossible. Oh, I, I guess the discussion's over. Sounds like the an objective statement to me. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. And if you want more on this, I, <laughs> no, I, I would not, I would not Oh no. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to not Oh no. Recommend Chat, checking out Press Jack's F Saints for video. Wolf Sanity. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. It's the duology for the You fucking moron. Can we just not even watch the rest of this video? We know what it's gonna be. He's like, you actually unironically agrees to check Saints. Like, what's even the point of even pretending like we give a shit? His opinion is fucking wrong from the get go. You're such a terrible person. Don't worry, it's okay. I'm a terrible person too. <laughs> uh, on this topic, which just came out last week and touches on a lot of things I haven't talked about here. But I also want to speak more broadly about why the things that are typically brought up in these kinds of discussions aren't as important as they are often treated. Mainly, plot holes. And I want to make the case... So I have a question. Are we going to watch his uh, Game of Thrones Season 8 review we, after this the plan was actually to watch his video on the last jedi and the seven basic questions of narrative drama but we'll save that for another time and i we're, we're nearly at six hours and it because his me... game of thrones yeah his game of thrones review of, of like of season eight like he's basically going with the objectivity type analysis it's so confusing for him to make that video after making this i mean in my Wolf has TF become Ed from the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> the, the comparisons I had with him in the future compared to his season 7 analysis of Game of Thrones, you remember? He just goes back on a whole bunch of shit. It's a shame, honestly, but he evolves and there's nothing we can do about it. He evolves and then devolves and then evolves again. Revolves, that's what they call that. <laughs> in my opinion, other kinds of criticisms are, from my perspective, just plain better. Now, a lot of great... The limitations of logic-based...
A lot of great songs. How dare we oh, use dude, logic? Dude, I like the idea that he's like, let me tell you about the limitations of logic. Look, you, got, you got Patrick Willems there, it's the Holy Trinity. I was about to a say, that seals it. people. The Avengers shut, are assembled. Shut up about plot holes is ironically hey. such a fucking bad video. It it helped kickstart EFAP. That's episode three, I believe. Two, actually. Yeah, because oh, I shit, think two, that's yeah. when we... Yeah, this was is like, the time yeah. people were like, do more of these. And we will, and this was like the perfect video for it. And in fairness, so that's just a really the, fun... The people that the people that made EFAP are Jared Genesis, Tone Loke, yeah. and Patrick Wilms. The three pillars the of EFAP Trinity. Founding does, uh, does Founding Jonathan <laughs> Does Jonathan McIntosh count? With his, he, I think so. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've already talked about oh, this God. too. I recommend checking out Patrick H. Willem's video on it, as well as Film Crit Hulk's essay. The point I want to make. You couldn't have made a better video, honestly, than this. Like citing all of like the EFAP enemies. I will. It's like this is it's the like, prenup, man. This is the this is the start to the fiftieth episode. We're getting this like this dude, is the think of this, this as episode like episode eight of like a feels, season. This feels like the straw man we would come up with, like the the like really ridiculous idea we would come up with. Like, man, can you imagine what a just right video would be like? He'd probably cite Jack Saint and Patrick Willems, and then he unironically does it. Well, he, uh, yeah, I was just saying, like, this is you know, who knows what we'll cover in that twenty-four hour, and this is like a this is like foreshadowing. I'm surprised that this wasn't picked for the twenty-four hour. Everybody's been wanting us to cover this for so long. It's so. Bleh. This video is just bleh. This video Someone said is he should have. Someone said he should have just titled this video "Shut Up, Efap." <laughs> this, this, Look at how they massacred this, my philosophy. This, <laughs> this video is absolutely one of the worst that you guys have covered. Like, I will accept that the Jack Saint video that he, yeah, the the the, the um, hatchet job that he did on Mahler is the worst. When Satan uh, 1 and Satan 2 decided to lie about everyone. <laughs> Satan Ren's, Satan 2. Ren's video on Fallout is the worst representation of a film I've ever seen on YouTube. Ren, you're a nice guy. I respect you a lot. But that was a terrible video and I will never ever take that back. Um, this is up there though. This is up there with, with the worst that's been covered on EFAP. I can't remember... We've like covered a lot of bad videos. videos. Remember the extra credits? I mean, Major video? Lee's video. Yeah. Oh boy, that was really extra nice. credits. Major Lee. Subjectivity um, is implied. Patrick Willems. I mean, Barrett. yeah, like <laughs> the right <laughs> opinion. I was gonna say we've covered a, like a cavalcade of horrible. It's only the best for us. <laughs> only best the best for you. I, I just want to say that this picture of the old woman like glaring at the, the screen. It's like what I looked like during my <laughs> initial rant before I lost my collective fucking mind in this stream. Yes. Oh, I, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> Legal Eagle. This stream. I forgot Legal Eagle. Oh, God. He, he, he did this is what I mean. I, I feel like we say that it's the worst video. We say that too much on you. We do. And I'm sorry. It's just hard to know because in the moment, they're all the worst video. The point I want to make about plot holes is this. They are usually not the real reason people didn't enjoy a movie. Ooh. There are almost what? all- Bull yeah, they're, fucking they're horse reasons. shit! Sideline sources! Sideline sources, foul beast! Okay. 
you didn't <laughs> okay. really dislike it because of the issues in the story. You this actually is... disliked it because of something else. That's the real, true, actual, legitimate, yeah, very the, the, accurate The mark of a true critic is to tell other people why they feel things. Okay, That's so the solution the solution to a to the uh, problem to the to the conflict in your story is something that should not be possible. Again, the astronaut murderer that who's on the moon when the victim on Earth is killed. That there's no explanation for how this happens, and it is the crux of the story. So yes, that ruins the story. That, that that's an exaggerated example, of course. But there are other ones. I can't really think of them off the top of my head. There's a ton of them in The Last Jedi and Dark Knight Rises and Fallen Kingdom that are ruinous to those films. I can't. Hmm. I, I. I can't comprehend all of this. This is too much stupid for my head to process. Yeah, and I should probably. I didn't word that well. What I meant to say was what a critic. Uh, tells you how you're lying to yourself, I guess? Or the implication that he's saying that we've been lying to people about why we actually don't so, like a thing. So, so is it... Is it not object... Is it not subjective, then? If we can I just like pin it down like that, there is there is a truth to why I didn't like something, rather than simply the experience I had. True to them, meaning subjective. dun 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 dun, dun, dun. No, I like because that apparently the... it is true. This is why you didn't like it. I don't care what you think in your head. Your head it's is so, wrong. Oh, it's so presumptive. Isn't it? <laughs> so fucking. Fuck I you. like that their side. <laughs> I like that their side of the aisle is always like you guys are trying to say that you can't like things. Like your opinion is objective. You you're telling people they can't like movies. And then this motherfucker's coming here and telling us why we don't like movies. The true reason we don't like it. I'm curious, though, not what, to is, mention, what is it? Not to mention that they're also the ones that tell us that we're watching movies wrong. Oh, yes. Hey, he cited luckily, that video as being great criticism, so... It's the real reason. Oh, great response L to criticism, I don't know. Luckily, luckily, I can say that we only have four minutes left because I can guarantee that last two minutes is going to be like a Squarespace ad. Oh, let's hope so. Or people didn't she'll enjoy spare it. Oh, or I know so. I know pill. so because oh. he, he always puts a giant chunk of his videos toward an ad at the end. I mean, we've, 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 earned, part. we've earned an ad, I think. The ad is like the reprieve from the video. There are almost always part. deeper and more personal issues with a film that prevented people from connecting with it, which aren't as easy to identify or articulate as plot holes are. But plot holes are very easy to explain, and since you didn't like the movie, and the plot hole is a problem in the movie. Yeah, so just right, just, you know, not being condescending here, but the reason a plot hole will bother someone so much is because it'll fuck entirely with the stakes, and the stakes were the whole reason that you were invested in the progression of the events in the first place, i.e., Danny cannot possibly take King's Landing because there's about a thousand scorpions when three of them killed her dragon in the last episode. And then the, the show just says, no, nah, she can. Yep. So now we're like, um, okay, so anything can just happen then. Fuck it. Why am I even watching? So Bruce Wayne traveling from where the fuck is Stan to Gotham with no montage showing us how exactly he does it. Um, that's not necessarily a plot hole because it doesn't contradict any prior information, but it would definitely be a giant blank that needs to be filled in by the filmmakers and not the audience. Yeah, I'd call it an extreme it's been, convenience. 
it's because basically he's spawning resources off screen that they, the writers don't feel the need to actually come up with themselves. And I really appreciate that Spider-Man Far From Home actually did the exact opposite of this. Mueller, yeah. we, we talked about this a while ago. So Far From Home spoilers warning. Um, Peter ends up in the Netherlands because he gets hit by... Wait, Wolf, you've seen Far From Home, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can explain okay. this without yeah. any spoilers. He ends up in a similar position yeah. as Batman and he... Finds yeah. access far... to a phone, and then he calls someone he knows to help him. They show that on screen. They just take a couple of minutes of screen time to show it, and it makes sense. And they then are able to show how he gets to where he needs to be, instead of being in a different country from, from where the action is happening. So Far From Home does exactly the opposite thing. Even Hobbs and Shaw, actually. They, they, they have characters travel from one country to another, and then they briefly have a little bit where they're talking to the guy that hooked them up with a plane that got them to where, and they're, they're talking about this. So at the very least, there's a throwaway line about how they got there. This is basic elementary bullshit about no, 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 how to no, no, no. tell you, a story. They're not real reasons to enjoy or not enjoy. The true reasons are no, much more meaningful you. and it, intrinsic. No, no, the no, no. Real I am in the theater else. and I'm wondering how the hell did Bruce Wayne with, I'm assuming, did they take away his leg brace? Apparently not because that's, <laughs> I, I, I don't know why they didn't take his leg brace. And then, and then fucking no, no wealth, no resources that we know of or that are established. And then he just makes it back to Gotham in time to save the day after he spends uh, his entire day painting a too. bridge and gas. Yeah, it, 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 he fell into oh. the trap. That's what not trap? a real criticism. Real ones involve much more meaningful things. That's not meaningful. That's what you just, that's what you just explained. Uh, you fell into the trap of assigning your very dislike easy. of a film to a plot hole rather Idiot. than the real, actual times two reason. To explain, yeah. yeah. Since you didn't like the movie and the plot hole is a problem in the movie, it's very easy to fall into the trap of saying you didn't like the movie because of the plot hole. And I believe this because It's very easy to fall into the of... trap of thinking. Hold on a minute. <laughs> he just said he just said the plot hole is a problem in the movie. Is that objective? Uh-oh. Dun, 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 dun. You didn't agree with us on that, I don't think. Like the movie, and in. the plot hole is a problem in the movie, it's very easy to fall into the trap of saying... Yeah, because he's tacitly agreeing here that plot holes are an actual problem, yeah. and thus, but but they're not meaningful problems. They're not actual, real, super... Yeah, such a... The solution so, so slippery. Conflict. So if the solution to your conflict relies on a plot hole, the stakes are gone. The, 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 the immersion is broken. He's very slippery, this man. You didn't like the movie because of the plot hole. And I believe this because there are a bunch of movies with a ton of plot holes that pretty much everyone really likes. Right. Remember what I said about The Dark Knight a million years ago when this video started? It had Amid I wouldn't be done with my fucking intro at this like point. <laughs> this video's... it's been going so long. Is he, is he It really does feel like that. Has more plot holes than any movie minutes. you can name. The Joker's plan makes no logical sense in virtually every scene he's involved in. It requires him to have information he couldn't possibly have, move things to places they couldn't possibly get to, or need literally months of planning despite the fact that he claims that he doesn't plan anything. Okay, but well, that doesn't necessarily mean he also changes his like origin story well, like three. I was about to say that doesn't mean he doesn't plan anything. That's dumb. The crazy man told he, us he doesn't plan, whole, I, so he must not plan. He this whole thing is that he's insane 
he, he's just he trying to fuck with people. Also, just right. Pro tip. Pro tip. The references, not just vague statements. Like, is bad, is mm. bad, is bad. I need a reference. Give me. We get to or need literally. Just because. Of plan yeah. Hold on. Pause it. Just because he says that he he doesn't have a plan when he says, "Do I look like a guy with a plan?" Doesn't mean that he's telling the truth there, especially in a scene where he is manipulating Harvey Dent. Doesn't don't they say at one point that he um, all of his clothes are custom made with no like traceable elements? Idea being yes. that he plans to wear things that can't possibly give away any of his history. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. But he doesn't make plans. The crazy man. The crazy man said he doesn't make plans. Yeah, he told us he doesn't plan. It's not like even though literally every single thing he did in the kind of requires a very complex plan, like the first scene, you know, which needed an extremely complex plan to kill everyone and still get away. But it's not like there's. He told us. It's not like there's anything in the movie establishing that the Joker is very competent and would probably have several backup plans in case one of his. Uh, first plans didn't work out. This is like the whole thing with like in in Fallout, how that whole thing makes sense is like you're you're, you're talking about spies that are very competent at their jobs. They can improvise pretty well when I mean, be, things go south. I would say that the Joker is probably the same way. I'd be willing to accept Christians if he just like give me one, you know, like just give me a specific one, just right. Don't just be vague. It's the fact that he claims that he doesn't plan anything. Money doesn't burn this fast. What happened? What? You, okay. Well, they put oil or <laughs> gasoline, gasoline you fuck! I'm pretty sure they poured oil on it, yeah. I'm they did! Almost po- okay, they I did. haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I'm almost positive they poured gasoline on it beforehand. Yes, because what's, you Maybe know what's actually happening? No, 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 no. What's actually happening, I, I remember it, I remember it. So they're pouring gasoline on the money, the Chechen guy is confused, and he's asking about why burn the money. So it's before Joker even throws the fucking match on the money, when they know, oh, you're going to burn the money because you're pouring hey, gasoline hey, hey, hey. on the money. No, and why yeah, would you be pouring it. gasoline on the money? I was going to say, I got, I got control mm-hmm. over good old Efaparu. I'm just going to play the clip in the background so that people can see it. Pouring gasoline, yeah. man is upset, and they continue to pour it. And Sorry, just right, the first time you make a reference and you fuck it up. <laughs> That's not did, exactly did not the first know? time. I mean, hell, look at everything he's said about so far. He literally can't be correct on anything. <laughs> no, 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 Mahler, Mahler, Mahler. Let me, let me, let me do this for, for just right. Okay, listen, that's a, that's a small detail. It's only there for a couple of seconds, and it, it might be CGI. You know, <laughs> it was too small even, for the amount of fire that was made. <laughs> even if we give Crazy. him this criticism, like, did you guys know that apparently all flaws with the film are equal in size? <laughs> purely just right. There's no degrees of Go. scale to it. Just right. Go fuck yourself. Go just fuck wrong, yourself. Buddy, man, I can't man. wait to evolve fucking... as a critic myself and become <laughs> a fucking idiot like him. Go Dovid, Dovid, movie womp, scenes womp. out of context. Taking movie scenes out of context to concoct a plot hole from thin air. Fuck you. <laughs> this is You're funny, a fucking though. garbage video creator. You're terrible. Let's just hear it again, though. It's just for the fun of it. Information he couldn't possibly have, move things to places they couldn't possibly get to, or need literally months of planning despite the fact that he claims that he doesn't plan anything. Money doesn't burn this fast. What happens at the party after Batman jumps out the window? How come none of- That's not a plot hole. What happens uh, at the party after Batman leaves is not a plot hole. God the, damn it, just right. Like, the plot- 
the plot didn't hinge upon that part, you idiot. Like, yeah, but it, I, I, is it like he, he wants to know if, if the Joker killed any people or if the Joker just left? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, recording these issues is purely a tally chart thing. There's no scale or scope. I like to it. it. See, and this is the thing. Like, I like it if they make fun of people like Cinema Sins. It's like at least Cinema Sins is like partially accurate. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so hold on, hold on. Uh, does anyone remember what the purpose was of Joker showing up at that uh, gala? Kidna kidnap Harvey Dent. And, and Harvey Dent wasn't there. So well, as the, far as the Joker the knew, he wasn't why, there. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Harvey Dent was there, but he was hidden. So the Joker sees that Harvey Dent isn't there, so he leaves instead of massacring everyone there, which I think is fine. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't get why you're expecting him to just massacre all those people. I'd like, well, if you remember, Just Right said this movie is filled with more plot holes than any film you can name. You're right because money doesn't burn that fast. <laughs> He's gonna need to try harder. Get out! Fucking... Get out that! Get out that! Money doesn't oh, burn that fast. Shit! Yeah, that's true. Oh. This is a good video. I like this video. This video hurts. Yeah. You guys gotta entertain yourselves. I gotta write this whole thing down. Entertain myself. Okay. Okay. You know, they never that? showed. They never showed how Bane's mask was made. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fucking plot hole. It's a plot hole in Dark Knight Rises. All right, I'm done. Why I'd like to imagine that? that Just Right forgot that Dark Knight Rises even happened, and when he went kind to make this, he was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." <laughs> how do you? Uh, yeah. While, while Just Right kind of forgot that the Dark Knight Rises happened, the EFAP guys definitely did not. <laughs> No, I because wish I and it's because of how much we probably happened. fucking loved the Dark Knight, and that's why we remember the Dark Knight Rises being terrible. Oh, damn. I can't wait Those to. I can't, I can't wait to make an eight-hour-long video series talking about why that movie is one of the worst written movies I've ever seen. Huh. That was the first oh, Batman movie I ever saw too. <laughs> I, see, I was, I, lucky. I was the I, only person in my group of four friends who thought it was terrible. Everyone else was like, no, man, it was great. And um, I hold this over Alex's head forever, Smiler Al. He said it was the best of the Nolan trilogy when we came out of the cinema. And I was like, um... <laughs> um <laughs> that age <laughs> like milk. It. Well, funnily enough, these days, he'd be like, no, it was fucking terrible. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, look at that. It's, it's like the subjective great. take can change, and the objective take does not. Assuming it's accurate. Yeah. Drivers are alarmed that one of them drove into a bank. And how did the Joker still get away with this? Why does a cop stand inside the cell with the Joker when they all... Okay, so... Why does the cop stand in the cell? I mean, sure. That yeah, could uh, be... I'll, I'll give him that one, actually. The, the, that could be an issue is, of, of incompetence. This it's is still not on He's the same a... scale. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's a brightly lit room, and they have access to all of the double-sided mirrors. I don't see why they need someone in there. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. But I, I would like to say, again, he's saying that he's using the Dark Knight instead of the Dark Knight Rises, and I would say that the decision to send all of, all of the police into the sewers at the same time in the Dark Knight Rises was oh. significantly dumber than this. This is a terrible example to use. It's like, I, 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 I think he's, he's using the Dark Knight instead of the Dark Knight Rises specifically because he knows that the Dark Knight Rises is going to be, it, it's going to have fewer defenders than the Dark Knight. 
he, um, he's using this is, because he wants to show that even great films have plot holes which and doesn't so plot hole isn't the reason you don't like a film because great films have some but even if that were true that wouldn't necessarily dis if anything he might be bolstering our position yeah that subjectively it could be amazing while still having objective issues anyway yeah. some people in chat are saying in fairness uh, the joker says a bunch of shit that pisses off this guy he does that after this scenario begins like, I think it actually may have made the scene a bit stronger if the Joker was talking at the mirrors, like, goading the people behind them, and then one of them came in to beat the shit out of him, and they fucked up. Okay, so let me let me try another defense. Um, so uh, the Joker and this cop have a have an exchange where uh, the cop basically reveals that the Joker has killed a couple of his friends. So is it possible that the cop got in there in the first place because he wanted an opportunity to come at the Joker? Well, if you were going to make it Joker that, you'd need, we'd need a, there's no reference for that. We'd need that. He's just standing there casually, and then the Joker says, you want to know which of your friends were cowards? I think that's the line. And then he like looks at him, he says, mm -hmm. I'm going to enjoy this, and takes off his coat. And it's like, if you... That's like, after the fact. You, if you had that before it, I'd, I'd probably let it slide. I'd be like, yeah, but as, as it stands, it's like, well, it's fucking convenient for the Joker to have a guy in there. And you see what we're doing here? This is the process of objectivity where we're trying to come up with different reasons for why this would still be a problem or why it wouldn't be a problem and seeing which one holds up against uh, scrutiny better. I think that your argument there, Mahler, stands up to scrutiny better than my defense. And that's, there you go. And that's the thing, you know, you, you didn't respond, well, in my opinion, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, oh, okay, that ends the conversation. And then, and then, then the conversation yep. stops. And you're like, oh. Oh, I'm glad, yeah. This, I guess. Happens at the party after Batman jumps out the window. How come none of the bus drivers are alarmed that one of them drove into a bank? And how So how come the bus drivers weren't alarmed that one of them drove into a bank? I'd say that uh, there's definitely something else may have happened there. We don't know if the Joker, like, fucking just drove off with the bus. We, we, we don't know if the buses were so, like, what the fuck just happened? There's not enough... There's no necessary contradiction, there's just um, a loose end. Like, what happened mm. next for the Joker there? And I think that it, it, it does require a bit more than... Um, like, what you could have done is have him drive out into some kind of alleyway, all the smoke goes off him, and he gets onto the road, and then he joins up with a bunch of buses at the back of the line, not necessarily in the middle of the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's fair to a degree, but I'm not sure how much of an impact it has. How did the Joker still get away with this? Why does a cop stand inside the cell with the Joker when they already have him safely locked up? Since this creates the risk of a hostage situation, which is exactly what happens. Can you really get a fingerprint off a shattered bullet? How did Batman- I mean, that would be a tech thing. The film is telling us within its universe that it's possible to uh, recreate yeah. the pieces of the bullet it's, and uh, extract a, a fingerprint. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, is it really yeah. possible to have the a AV of every single person ever projected by their phones from this guy's, like, basement technologies? Like, I, 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 yeah, I guess so. Is it, is it really possible to have realistic-looking rubber masks and voice changers that allow you to basically mimic any person in the world? No, not in the real world, but that's how it's established in the Mission Impossible series. So it's, get tough. Over it. it's tough to make technology criticisms in what is essentially, like, almost sci-fi stuff it's like possible soft until film yeah. tells us it's not as far as it's like, it's like the nanotech for stock it's just it is just in infinity war and someone could be in like hologram when did he yeah, in, the, invent the, the that and it's stuff. like you know what it is that's it's not it's there <laughs> or like the, the, the holographic computers in iron man one and and all of the mcu like 
We don't really have those, to my knowledge, in yes, the real world. I don't think but... we still have those. That was 2008 that he first had that. Someone yeah. said, is it really possible to be as dense as just right? No, he's uh, he's not from our planet. Yeah. To build the supercomputer while everything was born else from is a neutron star. Why is Batman so worried about not killing the Joker when he very clearly kills several people in this very movie? Um, okay. So I don't know the, um... the shot that he just showed doesn't necessarily mean he killed people, does it? It looks like they would have taken oh. some damage. Inside the cell with the Joker when they also, already have him. So there's this uh, this concept of um, there are some lives. You could say that maybe there's some lives that Batman took there out of necessity due to the emergency of the situation. And there's not really a way for him to uh, dispatch the threat and um, preserve the lives of the people that are causing that threat. Whereas what happens at the end there with the Joker there is. He has a grapnel gun that he's able to hit the yeah, Joker with. Yeah, he has a choice to kill the, the Joker. Life. He has he has an opportunity. Like whereas he's trying to save Harvey Dent's life and all the cops that are in the van with Harvey Dent and, and Jim Gordon, um, like he doesn't have uh, that luxury in that scene. But he does. Is after the... he... I just want to look at that scene again because like, I don't, know, I don't think this we creates the risk because we do know that he kills Harvey Dent at the end of the film, but it's to protect a family from being killed. He technically kills him anyway. He drags him off the edge and falls with him. So if it's anyone's fault, of a hostage situation, but, um, which is exactly what happens. Can see... you really get a fingerprint off a shattered bullet? How did Batman build the supercomputer while everything else was happening? Why is Batman so worried about not killing the Joker when he very clearly kills? Oh, also, he uh, he tackles Harvey Dent off of a ledge to save Jim Gordon's son, and that oh, kills like I said, the Dent family. Because, yeah, yeah, it's like there, there are instances where you're not going to be able to save the lives of the innocent people and the life of the threat. But then there are cases where you could, and if your principle is to preserve life whenever you can. Uh, like within reason, basically, then yes, it's consistent for him to do this. But there, um, but there will be some situations where, look, he's not God. He can't just, yeah, he can't control every situation equally. Well, it's part of what some have an issue with with this Batman is that he's not one hundred percent not going to kill. Um, more complicated than that, I think. And yeah, mm -hmm. the Harvey Dent does get killed. It's not something that he I don't think he desperately wanted to kill him. It seemed to be a He didn't do it result, in cold blood. It was it was result of circumstances, yeah. While with Joker, he has a choice to let him die or save him at no necessary cost other than fucking pulling a wire. I think yeah. he would have saved Harvey if he could have. And these guys, if he can dis dismantle them or di you know, knock him unconscious without killing them, I'm pretty sure he would have chosen to do so, but this seemed to be the the necessary like I don't see this as any kind of contradiction. Yeah. Several people in this very movie. You could literally talk for hours about the logic in this movie not adding up. And yet, <laughs> people still love the film because it has incredible pacing. Probably because there's a difference between objective and subjective. How about that? How about mm. that? And, and the besides, film is strong on other merits. And if you did I a love video... That he says that... Go ahead. I was just going to say that I love he how he says we can talk for hours about how the logic of this movie doesn't make sense and then he has yet to really bring more than one entire criticism <laughs> yeah. that's valid. Yeah, and he I would say that like fucked up the, on one. I would I would say that pretty much like all of the crucial uh plot points in the in uh storytelling beats uh have a very consistent through line like the the cause and effect uh oh. that results in the the events of the dark knight taking place you like 
for the most part makes sense, even if, yeah, there's, there's some problems here and there. But again, it's like it's trying to take a film that has uh, like a relatively low percentage of issues compared to something like The Last Jedi. Like there is just a giant disparity in uh, the number of issues that The Dark Knight has versus The Last Jedi. You can even accept that The Dark Knight is a very flawed film, but it's still going to have a much higher score than the average film. Um, I wanted to highlight that... Uh the name it's a long confusing name but it's the uh the kirop loki lin car loki and car locking car logan whatever he said the um there's the uh the quote from the first film i'm not gonna kill you but i don't have to save you he says that to razal ghul and then razal ghul gets killed so it's technically in line with his he's not someone who directly with kills his prior, with his prior established character and you, you might be like, this is inaccurate to him in the comics, let's not get into that. <laughs> so the comics! The, uh, the character of Batman in the Nolan trilogy does seem to be on board with the idea that people will die, uh, be it by his hand indirectly, or as a result that's of just, desperately trying to save people. That's just realistic. Occasionally, if you go out at night and beat people to a pulp with your fists, you might give one of them blunt force trauma and kill them. And there's many other situations. It's just, it's not very realistic, you know, if you have absolutely no mortality rate when you're going out and fighting crime. Kirop I think that Loki it's just kind of, unless, yeah. unless you're, unless you're actually, you know, someone with powers like Superman or Spider-Man, then it's pretty difficult to actually achieve a 0% mortality rate. Okay. Batman is just Batman. He's just a human being. I have a question. Go. At what point do we factor in the innate uh, superhuman durability of film characters? Because you know that's a thing. Like, it just seems to be a natural thing in films where people survive things that they they wouldn't oh. if everything was played I mean, straight. And I would real. happily accept references for that. I'm pretty sure they show Batman takes a lot of damage. And sin- like, even isn't it? Alfred is like looking at him with loads of bruises, and he's like. Hmm. It's like how uh, John McClane would have died like 30 times over the course of Die Hard from yeah. all the damage that he takes. And John Wick pretty- also, like, I, I think that John Wick takes way too much damage in all three of his movies. There's no Dude, way that any. The end of the third one, that is that. so funny. When he falls <laughs> yeah, off, off that 80 foot building. Me and Fatio yeah. laughing our fucking asses off watching that. Oh my god, that was and so It hits good. like four things on the way down <laughs> to, like, Straight well, up Harry Osborn from Spider-Man 3. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I, I, at least it breaks the impact a little bit of the final fall, but still. Have you guys heard of The Bodyguard with Sam Jackson? Nope. The Bodyguard? So, no. It's a film with him and... I think it's The Body... Is it something... Oh, Hitman's Bodyguard. That's what it's called. Heard of that? No. Oh, yes. No. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Ryan Reynolds. So there's a scene... Um, in that film, the whole film is like a parody of action movies, and I it's a comedy as well, and I actually had a lot of fun with it. Um, there's a moment where Sam Jackson fucking jumps off, like, a building, and he slams into the side, and, like, does a backflip, slams his head on the back or something. I think it's in, like, the trailer, and, like, I burst out laughing, and it's, like, one for one what's in John Wick. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, I want someone to do a comparison, it's just like, oh my god, it's, like, the same fucking thing. John Wick plays it straight. 
<sighs> yeah, it's oh. awkward, but... Uh... Uh. Anyway. Great acting, compelling characters, intense action, interesting, provocative, and relevant themes, and gives the viewer the... On all those things, like, partially... Outside of interesting, all of what he just said is provable to a degree. We can we can work with this regardless. Yeah, all the like, this is a tangible. Does he remember what he was trying to say argue. with this video? Like half no. of this shit could have been in a video we made, but you know we would Kansas actually get our references yeah. right. Captain <laughs> Huber not gave their bags and left. <laughs> the vicarious sense of being Batman, along with a hundred other reasons, which all successfully distract you from its logical failings. Successfully distract you. Implying that they are there, regardless of whether you see them. And uh, isn't that our yeah, whole those, thing? Those are what if they? Statements? What if they didn't? What if they didn't successfully distract me? I find this fascinating. He just fucking what argues if, against himself. But also, again, it's like so. Isn't he kind of trying to argue here that any film that has, uh, like a certain number of plot holes is bad like having any plot holes means that your movie is now bad as opposed to like having a, a few that are like spread out pretty far across from each other in the film as opposed to being littered in every single scene or every other scene like is, is there is there not like a, a difference here are they all the same apparently i mean Oh, there's degrees. I mean, of he's 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 trying to issue. say that the Dark Knight has more plot holes than any other film, but he's not like he's listing uh, like what ten different examples, and all of them are different that, things, by the way. Not all of them are plot holes, and not all of them are valid. As in, like he's actually got the exactly, references wrong. Exactly. Like if you have to, for a day. Yeah, if you have to make if you have to ignore context, like them pouring gasoline on money in order for your plot hole criticism to make sense maybe there aren't that many plot holes in the dark knight because given that context you could have just picked a different one that was actually valid huh how you like them apples just right hey he didn't you notice fucking, he didn't notice you your fucking, criticism so it's not real yeah you didn't notice the fucking gas being poured on the goddamn money in to the very simple, shot. There are some terrible films where the logic holds up and some excellent films where it doesn't. Now, this is not to say that the logic of a story never matters. Of course it does. Uh-oh. When does oh, it matter, no. Just Right? Tell me when it does matter. Literally every choice in the artistic development of a story matters. And it's totally fine to have an appreciation for films that get the logic right. But what I'm saying is that to make a- Is he saying that Winter Soldier got the logic right, I guess? Maybe? We had to cut back to that and then back to Dark Knight, I don't know. Yeah. Better case against the <clears throat> film. It's important to demonstrate why the presence of a plot hole impacts other aspects of the storytelling. If you notice a plot hole in one movie and not in The Dark Knight, it's because The Dark Knight has better pacing. What? Not necessarily! Oh, no, 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 not necessarily! No! It could be for any reasons. What the hell? Better pacing what? means better movie. That so... was, uh... I, I wouldn't Again, even say that, that the Last left Jedi has. That just came out I mean, of nowhere, yeah. From, aside from Canto Bite, I wouldn't even say that the Last Jedi has particularly bad pacing. Just a bad movie. Pacing's complicated yeah. to actually like break down. So, yeah, what does he mean by that? Terrible. Like, the only time you notice plot how, holes is when it's badly paced. How can you possibly because make remember that the plot hole thing? isn't the real, actual, so, literal, very hey, real reason? Hey, Mauler, I have a question for you. 
Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Shazam was pretty well paced overall in spite of its uh, other writing issues? Because I felt like it was pretty well paced. So the part where the bad guy first gets to the kids and Shazam is first having to deal with that, I feel like from that point, but like you skip forward like 40 minutes and you're essentially in the same position still in the story. Like, they, they really pad that shit. Uh, and I remember, I was just looking at the runtime because I found the film pretty terrible, but I would make an argument against that particular portion of the film, but I, I think I'm going to agree with your overall point anyway, that pacing, good pacing does not equal good film regardless of plot holes. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because, or, or like, I don't know, um, there's a... I'm, I'm trying to think of like other films that have pretty decent pacing where the plot holes are still noticeable. Because I think that The Dark Knight Rises is a film with many plot holes and the pacing is pretty bad, so it's not as strong to counter-argue here. Um, but still, like... like I, movies I, 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 have solid pacing, but there's a lot of issues with them. I think that like also the size of the plot holes in The Dark Knight Rises are significantly bigger than those in The Dark Knight. Again, one cop being... Uh, like like waiting in that little cell with the Joker, or interrogation room, sorry, um, is not as noticeably stupid as literally sending every cop into the sewer. It's stupid, I will grant you that, but there are several orders of magnitude uh, more stupid that the, you know, sending the cops into the sewers is. Like, that's just, it's on a different level. There's stuff that's just going to be more noticeable because it's dumber. If you understand how pyroclastic flows work, the thing with Star-Lord <laughs> surviving them in Fallen Kingdom is going to make no goddamn sense. Well, if he can survive them so easily, why do we care about them at all? Like, you know, oh, they seem to not what really about that part where he shoots through the bulletproof ball? Yeah, underwater, where the bullet shouldn't even be... In fairness, all I have to say about that is, one, when you see a bullet fired at the thing in the first film, it makes a crack, I believe. And in the second film, that that uh, ball has already been like broken, cracked, and smacked by a bunch of things. So the idea being that its structural integrity would be down. I still don't think it should work, but ultimately it doesn't necessarily work. He has to get the knife to do it. Robot Head also mentions lists Batman's tech as a plot hole, making Batman a plot hole in a Batman film. Well, this is the thing. I don't think you can criticize the Batman tech. We get told how it works and what it does, and as long as it remains consistent with what we understand about it, it's fine. The idea you're like, Batman shouldn't have... I think one of his criticisms was like, how did he make it so fast? That was something he said. Yeah, how did he make the supercomputer while everything else was happening in the film? We don't know how difficult it was. It might have been something that he just had to check a few boxes. Or I think he even says like he, he did a thing. He took whatever Lucius made, and he made a few adjustments, and now he, he's unlocked the ability to blah blah blah, and Lucius is like, whoa, not are something you given, should be using it for. Are we given reason to believe that such a thing's improbable, or highly unlikely, or even impossible? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Will this matter? Why am I so committed to the idea that this kind of criticism should occupy a smaller fraction of film I don't want to hear opinions that disagree with mine. What is the correct fraction? Oh god, so three reasons why we should stop talking about plot holes as much as we do. Yeah, n- not completely stop. Th- remember, despite this... I don't like all... it when people Hold point on. out that my movie sucks. Was it? Uh, remember, feelings. despite an objective analysis being impossible, we shouldn't stop, it should only occupy a smaller fraction. So, and wait, what's didn't this correct he... fraction? 
Didn't he also cite Patrick Willems' video, shut up about plot holes? Shut up, yes. implying it. Stop well, talking about them completely. You know he just right has already inferred how we truly feel, so let me infer how he truly feels. He hates that we talk about it when it comes to things he likes. Go ahead on things he doesn't like, like Game of Thrones. But do not do it when it comes to the things he enjoys, okay? Jesus. Okay. Such a bad video. <laughs> I lost a debate against Wolf and Mahler, and I despitefully <laughs> prove them wrong because I'm too stupid to say it to their faces and make myself look like even more of an idiot than usual. I mean, he fucking counted himself in this video, so we didn't even need to react. Congratulations, to it, but, hey. Just Right. You actually made yourself look worse in this video than you did in the debate against us. Three reasons. First, <sighs> since my channel is dedicated to writing and is meant to be useful mm. to writers, I think it's especially important. How can it be useful to writers if there's no way of getting better as a writer, you turnip? <laughs> you donkey! For writers to embrace other forms oh. of criticism. Analyzing the content of media, the ideas it's communicating, and not just the form, is the best way to improve. The content is the form. It would create yeah. the form. Since when do you not do that? How is the how is talking about plot holes not talking about the content? Just right, can you hear me out in the field of the straw? Who are you talking to? <laughs> your own writing. If you treat stories purely as logic puzzles to be solved, I think you are only setting- Logic puzzles to be solved? What are you talking about? Who um, said any of this? Who are you talking to? ...yourself up to produce superficial pieces of art. Yeah. Ooh! Okay. So if you follow our wait, wait, ideas, wait, wait. you'll end up with superficial pieces of art. Wait, I'm sorry. So, uh, Mahler, what, uh, what timestamp are you at right now? Uh, 1836. Eighteen oh eighteen thirty six. Okay, um, I'm at eighteen forty. So I um, oh, I'm yeah, at eighteen thirty nine. Yeah, same here. Can oh, we like man. synchronize a little if you bit? Treat stories purely. Are you as now back at eighteen thirty? Yes. Yes. All right, we'll stand you for a second. Good night, robot head. He said he just liked to pop in and hate on stuff with us. <laughs> yes. Night uh, robot head. Um. Night robot head. So sweet dreams. If I was to. This could be a straw man as far as just right is concerned, but I don't really care because I want to talk about this regardless of if he's what is what he's actually saying. So when we're babbling on about plot holes and all this shit, he's like, what does the Dark Knight truly tell us about society and morality or the ethical stance you take on how crime should be dealt with? All of this stuff. And we're like, but the, the bus is blue and it should be green. And he's like, oh my god, these guys are getting stuck on all the minutiae and they're not actually paying attention to what the film means. And my position has always been, fucking make a poem or a sentence if you want to talk about an idea like, should we kill? Or sh should, uh, I don't know, should we protect children from the idea of death till a certain age? How important is innocence? Like, all this stuff. It's like, I don't, if you want to say it, say it. When you make a story to represent those ideas, it's very important that the story does that. So when you go, oh, failure is the best teacher, lol, let's have Poe not fail and then learn a stupid lesson that gets near enough all of his team killed at the end because that supports the idea that failure is the best teacher? Like, if anything, it's the reverse. That success is the worst failure to teach you how to be more of a failure? Like, I don't even understand what the hell- And then they're sitting there like, wow, boy, you're focusing all the minutiae, you're not taking the, the lesson that failure is the best thing. I'm aware that you can learn from failures, and if you're gonna have a story that gives you that sort of presentation, that, that idea, 
I fucking hope to God that you're consistent with those ideas, otherwise you're going to confuse the shit out of your fucking audience. See, what you should be doing is talking about possible interpretations and wider literary context for some, because it's a it's despite being a different conversation. Uh, I like yeah, the idea that. that we can learn shit from stories and we can draw large amounts of meaning as part of what makes my favorite media my favorite, but good God, I can't stand it if they bungle their own message and you need to be logically consistent fucking nine times out of ten to be able to do that. Obviously, it comes down to context. You need to tell me a message does not stand if it is poorly communicated or poorly expressed through the work. You know despite what? The work telling us that there is that message. By definition, yes. How about the <gasps> fact that uh, Shazam tries to de- tries to depict Billy as uh, being selfish and mean with his powers, and in order to deliver that message, they're having it come from a handicapped boy who's been exploiting these powers himself. Yes. Living vicariously through Billy. To give context to what Southpaw just said, you have this character who doesn't like getting bullied, and he's aware that his friend is a superhero. So he's like, hey, superhero's gonna come here tomorrow and show all you guys. It's like, dude, you shouldn't be doing that. That's not only, like, irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. And then he doesn't turn up, and so the kid gets angry at him for not turning up, and then he criticizes him, spending his time entertaining people with his powers. And it's like, you have no leg to stand on. I know that's <laughs> contextually cruel. <laughs> you have no leg to stand on when you're talking about that, when your whole thing was, I want to impress people with you. It's like, you were doing the exact same thing. You have no fucking right to complain. Not, it makes no sense. Can, can, I, can I also just mention that there's an establishing shot in the movie where there's a student watching a YouTube video that these two have been uploading because they upload YouTube videos of Billy testing his powers. And uh, not only can you hear Freddy's voice behind the camera in all of these videos, but in a couple of them, he actually like shows up, like his entire body shows up on camera. And there is one that is being watched by another student on their phone. So he could literally just pull out his phone and pull up that video specifically, or even just his YouTube channel go, hey, look, I'm in control of the YouTube channel that is uploading these videos of a superhero, and here I am, I know the superhero. So he doesn't even have to have the superhero come to the school anyways. So the, the, the whole conflict could be resolved instantly if he just pulls out his phone and opens the YouTube app on it. And then he, he goes on to bitch at Billy for uh, being irresponsible with his powers when he does not have any moral high ground whatsoever. Fuck Freddy! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> As logic puzzles to be solved, I think Shazam. you are only setting yourself up to produce superficial pieces of art. Yeah. Oh yeah, and so I think your art would more than likely, I can't say it definitively, but you're more than likely going to project much more of meaning if you can actually line up with the fucking point you're trying to make with your story. So in the case of The Last Jedi, I would actually have Poe be headstrong and maybe make a mistake that he can learn from and thus create a better scenario in the end of the film instead of doing it all inverted and backwards because for some reason Ryan Johnson doesn't have any idea what he's doing. And if all you have is a theme, that's it. It's like, oh, it's, it's a nice theme. It's like, it doesn't even make sense. It's like, okay, so you're fucked up. I see. <sighs> You have to read deeply to write deeply. Second, because the quality of art and the quality of criticism are interrelated. Tis hard to say if greater want of skill appear in writing or in judging ill. But of the two, less dangerous is the offense to tire our patience than mislead.
Hey, I'm sorry, can we quickly address this tism in the chat? Ray Day saying, LOL, a child doesn't use adult thinking, movie bad. Mahler, how, how would you respond to this exactly? Because um, I think that I it's I thought we were on the topic simple. of the lesson of the film, and we were saying that characters were being conflicting with it. Also, I'm not, I'm with YMS on this. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of being like, oh, it was a child character that did it, then therefore it has to not make sense. Yeah, apparently childs have an idiot license, even though this is like a 14-year-old kid who's established to be somewhat intelligent with some modicum of common sense. And this is a common sense thing where if you you know that you have the means to prove something to these bullies that you want to impress and you don't do it. So Freddy's it's, it's pretty level-headed like, outside of that moment. That's, that's what I'm saying is he, he has a modicum of common sense throughout most of the movie. I don't understand how how this this... I don't see how this is adult thinking. You fucking moron, Ray Day. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible argument. Wow. We're just ripping into chat. Also, uh, Theo, chat. You, you can respond to this argument from Just Right Go. <laughs> <laughs> nice poem. It is hard to say if greater want of skill appear in writing or in judging ill, but of the two, less dangerous is thy... I'm sorry, what? The the fence? The, the fence. To tire it's our a... patience. <laughs> don't to know tire what our this is. To mis mislead our sense. Some few in that, but numbers are in this. Ten censure wrong for one who writes amiss. A fool who might once himself alone expose. Now one in verse makes many more in prose. Thanks, buddy. All right. That's sense. not an argument. Those lines are the opening words of Alexander Pope's An Essay on Criticism, published in 1711. And I don't in them, care about Alexander Pope. That... <laughs> How dare you look at his hair. That bad criticism does more harm than bad writing. Since Come up with your own ideas. Stop taking them from other people bad that know more than you. Bad criticism does more harm than bad writing. We agree with that? No. I don't think yeah, that we can even quantify not. it. Yeah. And who is this? Who is this guy again? Pope. He's he's, he's the Pope. Pope. Oh, the Pope. He, he's Alexander the Pope. The Pope. <laughs> oh, Alexander. Al oh, Alexander Pope. Okay. No, it's Pope no Pope Alexander, the Alexander the Pope. The Pope the oh, Alexander. Alexander the Pope. <laughs> it's bad criticism <sighs> will influence more writers in the wrong direction than. So the implication being just right, that you think that we're into influencing writers in the wrong direction, while we would accuse you of that. Yeah. I guess we're at an impasse. <laughs> Except we have references and you don't, because you don't know how to reference. I'd bad like story writers to care about the shit they write about. Criticism creates the grounds from which great art springs. And so if we want better art, we need better criticism. I agree, which is, we've got to start with you, yes. buddy. <laughs> I, know, I want to know what good criticism is to you. Also, yeah, I'm sorry, if we, could, we can't have good films, how do we have good criticism? I'm curious how that works. Film discussions that are too focused on logical inconsistencies will lead to art that is too focused on logical inconsistencies. Uh, what a terrible thing. How dare art try to not be logically inept? I love the idea you know that you have, like, there's a supermarket getting held up and you have a character, maybe a hero, and it's like, wait, I have to consider this logically. Would he have gone to the supermarket? Maybe he wouldn't. I can't have this scene. You're like, Frank, it's okay. Just have it so that he went to the supermarket. No. Logic dictates he would not go to the supermarket. <laughs> okay. Guys, uh, my vision is ruined. <laughs> just a bit of advice. Just a bit of advice to 
you know, everyone in the world, if anyone under any context says that logic or implies that logic is bad in literally <laughs> any context, you're in trouble. Maybe you should maybe you should stop listening to them or taking them seriously. Hey, hey, Mahler, I have a question for you. And, and this goes to you, to Wolf and Theo. Um, would you rather watch John Wick 3, which has an absolutely stupid plot with like really cool action scenes that are shot well and everything? Or would you rather watch Mission Impossible Fallout, which Ooh. has a great plot and is that, is all of those a, great action not scenes? Not even a competition. I will take the John Wick 3, please. How dare you? <laughs> that subverted my expectations. This is, you know what's no, the funny I, thing with, with John Wick? I'm waiting for the action scenes. With Fallout, I was just like, shit, man, what's going to happen next? It was good all the way but, through. Well, you're, you're not having to I'm sit saying, through a terrible story to get to the good action. All I'm saying is the Hobo King assassin is the good shit. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Uh, go check this, anybody. Uh, Metal brought this up to me. Who's He's like an aspiring critic right now. I, I couldn't believe it. If you slow it down, when they say you're going to get cut seven times, the, the sushi salesman man cuts Lord's fish food six times. <laughs> Oh. There's six slice sounds, and you can clearly see six movements. Why doesn't he cut him seven times? Oh, oh my God! I'm getting alpha and omega eight. It was so funny because I was I, I, when he said good. it, I was like, oh, you know, it, it was probably seven. He was like, no, I checked it four times. It's not. And I was like, okay, I'll check it. And I was like, oh my God, it's six. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, no, you're on par with the alpha and omega. But that's not a good thing. <laughs> and yeah, you know what? Uh, I need a HD version because I had like a DVD version or whatever. But uh, so there's potential for me to be wrong, but I'm almost certain there's only six slice sounds. So is that at least? There's there's someone there's someone saying, are there people who watch John Wick for the plot? So here's the thing: there is a lot of. Uh, scenes in John Wick 3 that aren't going to have action in them as is, as is standard for action movies. You can't have uh, action be literally 100% of the film. So if those scenes are not well written, then it's definitely a less enjoyable experience than if you're watching an action movie that has a ton of great action and also a great story to complement it. And that was yeah, the purpose I of that really question. actually really liked the plot in John Wick 1. So. Yeah. I'd say that John Wick 1 is absolutely the best film in the series. Yes. I can't believe you guys aren't on board with the Assassin Vatican. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's honestly perfectly purposeful as a standalone film. It's a, well, for me, I wish they never made more than one, but uh, I understand yeah. that people really like the actions. Silences in I, the subway. I, love, I adore how stupid the world building is. It never fails to make me smile. The whole like when the, when the hobo the faction the get wiped in Vatican. Yeah, the hobo, the hobo faction hobo get King wiped assassin. out by the sushi faction. I was like, okay, <laughs> the sushi <laughs> assassin story, character, and theme. I don't want future wait, wait, wait. artists how, to decide. How are we not going to mention there's like people getting stabbed in the middle of the Logical. subway and no one fucking acknowledges that. We we got it. We got to stay on track. Because they're assassins too. They've got to let the guy. We got to finish this video, please. We need to listen to it anymore. All right. Consistencies will lead to art that is too focused on logical inconsistencies at the expense of story, character, and theme. I Do you notice how he, when he was writing that, he's probably like, they'll focus too hard on it, and then he was like, oh wait, I need to actually highlight why that's bad. Well, it'll come at the expense of character. And it's like stop. 
That's not true. What you just said this is, a false is not true. You just assume it is it because for some reason you, can, you lack imagination. It you can have, have to be that way. Terminator, Terminator 2, Mission Impossible Fallout, Predator. There's a ton of movies that can be just excellent on, you know, every level logically and also being like emotionally satisfying and having even deep themes. You don't have to sacrifice one for another. You can strive for excellence. That's a thing that you can do, you know? You don't have to settle for mediocrity. There is a there is a a, a ver- there is a far superior version to like every bad film that has been made. All that it took was just effort and care and talent. And and when go sorry never mind go ahead sorry it was just so close (laughs) want future artists to decide (laughs) actually I won't write this story since it doesn't make perfect logical sense (laughs) nobody fucking said that nobody on this fucking planet said I'm not gonna write my story because it doesn't make perfect logical sense (laughs) you you don't you don't stop writing it you don't stop writing it you sit down you sit down and you think about it for more than three seconds and then you fix it idiot give the fuck up. But I want to have Daenerys Imagine kill everyone. Imagine having this mindset where it's like, man, there's a problem. Do I fix it? Do I give up? Or do I just leave the problem in knowingly? Hmm. Which of the three? Oh, I'll just leave it in because I'm lazy and terrible. There is a oh version of the events oh boy, that happened. I have YouTube. There is there's a, there's a version of Game of Thrones Season 8 where like the events that unfolded were actually earned. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, there, there's it's a, out there somewhere a, in the ether. Yeah, the piece of work yeah. had to be the way it was made. It couldn't have been any difference. Different guy. Guy asked me if I have Asperger. I reply. I relate to so much you say, and I too have Asperger. I don't think I have Asperger now. <laughs> no, that's me. Uh-huh. We all have a bit of Aspergery inside of us. No, I mean, I, I, who I wants to live in the universe where the Wachowski sisters don't make the Matrix because their idea didn't adhere to the law of thermodynamics? So now he's strawmanned the shit out of us to say that we don't want them to make stuff unless it's uh, logically consistent perfectly. Like, um, Wait, and also uh, abiding by the laws of thermo- thermodynamics. I don't think that we'd necessarily give a shit about that in science fiction, per se. I mean, I, I think that when it comes to I don't know, Leia surviving the vacuum of space, that's a bit out there. And Indiana Jones surviving a nuclear bomb by climbing into a fridge, that's also a little out there. I think that when you have jarring uh, moments of uh, like total unrealism, I don't know if that's a word, but I've, I've made it a word now, in your film... Yeah, that's going to stand out more than like and- having a scholar's knowledge of the laws of thermodynamics. Fuck you, just right. And we want people to do the best that they can, but there's no fucking way you're not going to make at least one mistake. Like, everyone makes mistakes. It's fine. Jesus. Like, holy shit, the idea is that you get better. The idea is not that you Ryan Johnson yourself and go, well, I've not heard any fair criticism. Uh, yeah, not really. You need to fucking grow. Do all of the things. And, uh, yeah, judge a thing for what it is. Don't be... Yeah, just give up, idiot. Ugh, the idea that we don't want any stories unless they're 100% logically consistent. It's like, Jesus Christ, I'll take I'll take any story. I just want to see what you did yeah. with it. You know what? I said it's... I was willing to look at a Tommy Wiseau Star Wars film. I'll do it. Gimme. Mauler. But, I mean, but Mauler. Big Mauler. Shark is, like, unironically one of the I enjoyed the shit out of Endgame. Films. It's still logically inconsistent. 
But Mahler, we wouldn't have gotten Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull if the writers went, you know what? It's not going to be realistic if Indiana Jones survives a nuclear blast by climbing into a fridge and Shia LaBeouf swings on a bunch of vines with monkeys. That's not realistic, so let's not make it. Although, well, actually, you know what? Never mind. I, I'd rather that they had not made it, but it's I'm a, it's being a pity sarcastic they anyways. Yeah. Dynamics. Our culture would be immeasurably poorer for it. Yeah, if, if this nightmare scenario that nobody's advocating for came true, we'd be worse off. Alright, good job. Sure. Lastly, for both writers and non-writers, I think this conversation matters because media analysis can, for lack of a better phrase, nourish the soul. It Listen listen to this emotional music he's got playing in the background. Nourish now, the, saying, soul. Really the soul. Profound. Nourish the soul. Good that. <laughs> can nourish the soul and that's why you're wrong about why you didn't like the film nourish the soul man if that was true then i wouldn't be depressed ever because mm -hmm. my soul would be nourished that's why objective analysis is wrong because of soul helps you make sense of the world Often, when we see a piece of art, we are confused by it, confounded by it. It's only through the act of creating and absorbing criticism that we can bring sense no, to that experience. What are you talking about? Sometimes art makes sense well. if you don't, you don't necessarily have to watch a critique of art. To, like, think about the people that made those critiques of art in the first place. Obviously, they understood it before, uh, without having to like watch someone else uh, analyze it. That's bullshit. There's some know, there's some art that also say. just doesn't require any analysis that like that in order to to make sense of. <laughs> Someone what? in the chat said, "Who's the grandma guy?" <laughs> the grandma guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, don't 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 answer him. Don't answer him. I I just want to I, I just wanted to think for however long it takes him to figure it out himself. I'm, I'm I sorry. Just, I, just I, I, just lo I just love the term grandma guy. I, I'm sorry. I just have to, to, to make this uh, reference. My grandma, what massive teeth you have. Oh, fuck. I get it. Big gay. And bring the insights of that process oh, into talking. our everyday life. The kind of criticism I think you should seek out or produce is one that seeks to understand what is being communicated in a piece of art. A uh -huh. criticism... And I think you should seek out for ones that communicate the idea consistently instead of confusing the shit out of the audience. Because communicating ideas mm -hmm. is, is one element. Communicating ideas is like contingent on the communication anyway. I mean, fucking, by his logic <clears throat> anyway, the communication of... Whatever's being said could be entirely subjective, as he fucking pointed out with, like, how Star Wars is apparently religion versus science if you take one specific thing and ignore how everything else contradicts it. I'm sure he considers that valid, because that was his point. Yep, that puts those messages into context, one that demonstrates how art affects us both personally and socially, and that shares a unique perspective that can make something beautiful even more so. Criticism can do so much more than say whether something is good or bad. And oh, good, I'm ready. As if that's what we are only capable of, anyway. Like we could only ever say something is good or bad, and then that's it. The conversation's over. Yeah, because in my three-hour upcoming Metro Exodus video, when I criticize the hell out of a ton of aspects of it and give very good reasons as to why it's bad and 
tell them how they can fix it. I'm just saying that the game is bad. That's and, great. And Jamie Thank Lannister says utter lack of nuance. Jamie Lannister says he doesn't care about innocent people. All I'm gonna say is that's bad, and then move on. I'm not gonna talk yep. about him whatsoever. I'm not gonna reference past elements of his character. I'm not gonna mention how it strips away everything about him. Nope, it's bad. Conversation starts and, and ends at that. I want to do more to show you what criticism can be. That's why this episode is the first in a new miniseries on this channel. Which, by the way, he has not Ooh. continued yet. This is yeah. the one and I'm only still part. still waiting on this one. Please make okay. another one. I want to tear it to shreds. Thank no, 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 no. Don't ever make another video again. It was like a pilot uh, oh, please episode. Please tell me what Aristotle a... had to say about the arts. It was it was a TV pilot for this aborted sitcom. If they played one episode of it, like, all right, we're done. <laughs> oh, give me just right's reading of the birth of tragedy. I need that. You no, know, did you know that there's actually there's a TV show that uh, it was a sitcom called Heil Honey, I'm Home, that yeah. was centered around Adolf Hitler <laughs> and and how jews like move in next door to him and his wife and it got canceled after one episode <laughs> anyway oh god uh, and all that i'll be calling the history of arguments how <laughs> hilarious as if he's going through the arguments even yeah. a little bit on the one hand i really Wait, want this, this but the on the most... other hand how dare you sir well, this is the thing. Is I would like, actually argue, just right, you're going to do some damage to discussion if you make this series. How fucking dare you <laughs> posit that you're going to write a history of argument series after what you did to Kant and Hume? You fucking I'm, monster. I'm, I'm actually under the impression this might be the most pretentious YouTuber on the entire website. It, it's pretty bad. It's up there. Yep. It's up there. Oh, I cannot believe it. I respected this guy. I am so embarrassed to say that I was ever subscribed to you. In you Hume today, but what about Plato, Afra Ben, and Oscar Wilde? There is a 2,000-year-long history and of critics Wilde. debating a small collection of interrelated questions that I want to explore. Foundational questions like, what is art? What should it be? I don't think you're the man for the job. I'm sorry. Nope. <laughs> I don't think you're the one. Influence how we talk about art today. I'm really excited to get into all that, and if you want to help ensure that those videos get made, then click on over to my Patreon. Meaning that the reverse would be, if you want to prevent these videos from being made, please unsubscribe from his Patreon. Chat, chat, please go to his Patreon and fund him so that we can have more EFAPs like this. Why would you willful <laughs> never agree? <laughs> no, no, I have a better idea. Southpaw, do you have a, uh, do you have a Patreon? I do not. But okay. I should set one Make up. Make one and everyone go to that one and go to Mauler's. And Theo, you can probably set one up too. I keep seeing people every now and then in chat saying, hey, where's Theo's channel? And then yeah. I get a little bit sad. Yes, Theo. Hey, look, idiot. I'm working on it, kind of. Okay. I actually just, I like just support everyone that is not just right. <laughs> everyone on the planet. <laughs> to literally every YouTuber except for just oh, I, right. I, I, I don't think it just support? be YouTubers. I can, like... Like, support Bryce O'Connor, an author who's self-published, who's actually good, and cares about consistency. Go to his Patreon. He only has, like, 36 patrons. So, go fund him making good books. And don't ever give Just Right your money. Patreon and chip in as little as $1 a video. This video was brought to you by...
So, if you've seen my other videos, then you know that this, this one looks ad. very different than my previous Wait, work. What with all these hands-on. Is that his real name? Sage yeah. Hayden? I yeah, so. I guess so. I like okay. the idea that in the mission to go and support everyone who's not just well, right, someone goes and supports Patrick Willems because the hardest choices require the strongest of will. Now, now we... <laughs> had to be done. The hardest choices require... <laughs> oh, the good. I think that's oh. it for the video, though. We're good now. Mm -hmm. uh, what a nightmare. We made um, it. There, so many people have wanted us to respond to that for so long. I hope it was everything you wanted. Um, I now have one hour and seven minutes to go through every super chat. Good luck. I've, so I'm gonna have to seriously machine gun through these in order to get to them before splitting this in some kind of weird. Like I don't want to do it so that I begin the next EFAP responding to them because that's just we can't have a rollover here. So let's wait, breeze wait, wait. through them. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do this. I am sorry if we can't give detailed responses to a lot of them, but uh, short, short answers on only, guys. Uh, so uh, the ones first. It's always good to see how people come and debate with you guys in a chill manner and explain their point of view. By the way, do you guys know the video made by Make Stuff, The Last Jedi restoring balance to the Star Wars fandom? It was pretty horrible. That I believe is in the backlog for a potential uh, look at. I probably would like to have. Jeff and Jeremy back on for those types of ones, because it's just so funny seeing the two sides of the quote-unquote fandom and, and, and to, to let them see the, the toxic brood meme, man. That was just glorious, and that was with them, so. <laughs> Don't see. Um, and the lackluster boycott. What was your opinion on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood if the panel has seen it? I have not seen it. I've, I've seen, seen it. it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's good. Uh, a bit behind, but that dude's name sounds like something Doodle Bob from SpongeBob, also high rack. <laughs> I think. You want you want you want. Uh. <laughs> Is that me, high cheek set? What are you talking about? <laughs> I guess so. Um. Hulu holds the title for longest video live stream at six days, seven hours, eleven minutes, and thirty-two seconds. Could EFAP be capable of beating that for episode one hundred? No, <laughs> we're not gonna. <laughs> I can't do that. We couldn't even do that if we wanted to because YouTube caps us at eight hours or whatever. So, you know, like a continuous live stream would actually be halted. Hey, Theo's back. Howdy, everybody. Hey. Hello from that Evo twenty nineteen. I don't know what that is, but I oh, know. Evo, Hello. that's a big old fighting game event. That sounds like the gay. Nice. Yes, Nothing indeed. like EFAP on a Sunday with some freshly brewed iced tea. Wonderful. If a man pushed Thor from behind, so in return he smashed him and his creamy meat stick into Mjolnir, do you think people would defend him like Captain Marvel? No, it would be a sextism. Even if he did it to a guy. Yes. Uh, take me um, to quit. Go ahead. Well, uh, Man of Steel has a scene where Superman, like, wrecks a dude's truck, and I don't think that that was approved of by a lot of people because they agree that that wasn't a Superman thing to do. Right. <laughs> I remember he lets his dad die. That's something that everyone has a problem with, right? <laughs> he was double-de-dadded and left woefully dadless. <laughs> Uh, rags, you massive. Why do you... All right, I'm just gonna copy that so we can check it out when next year. Mola, where's your unbridled rage for the bells? We're starving to death. It is currently at one hour of edited visuals, 
Um, the audio's got a little bit left to do. I've got someone else doing a certain section of it, not editing-wise. Well, technically editing-wise, but it's a certain special little segment. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. Um, I'm hoping to get it done this month. That is, that is it. It's coming. It's going to be like two and a half hours at least. So, you got two chunky videos coming from me and Wolf soon enough. Uh, TFA Part 3 Critique as a guest for 24-hour EFAP. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but, uh... <laughs> it's... It's always coming. It's always coming. Like I would say, I, I said the Captain Marvel video was coming for a million years before that finally came. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm good for it, guys. It's coming. And that's your most watched video now. Hi, Rags. I demand you sing Akbar's theme on 24-hour stream in honor of Drunk Rags. And we'll we'll have him answer that. Gonna have to relay that. I one. went in a cornfield today. Hey, Rags. This is for you. Spend it irresponsibly. Also, what's your? Oh, I'm gonna have to copy that. God, I'm gonna have to... he, by Rag is not being here, he's gonna make it so that we can go through these really quickly. It's great. Um, movie binge update. Why do people like Kingdom of Heaven? Orlando Bloom is a massive Gary Stew, and he also doesn't have any emotion at all. The only good thing I can say about it is every shot is stunning. You reckon? Anyone? I'll have to watch it again. I remember really liking it. I never yeah. saw it. But yeah. I mean, it's been a few years, so maybe my. Criteria has changed, but I remember the actual like uh, director's cut, which is really the only cut you should watch. The theatrical is really messed up. Uh, I remember that being really good. So, um, it said one out of two, but I don't see a second. Oh, and yes, I watched the director's cut. Okay, that's the second part. Hmm. I'm Mola, Big Boy yeah, Rags, and Theo. Your PFP is looking hot as always. Reminder: Y'all should watch Monogatari. Ignore him. Okay. <laughs> oh, hi rags, three-way split. Right, I will sort that out. Um, I'm at EFAP 13, I'll catch up with you guys. EFAP 13? <laughs> that's gonna happen anytime soon. Good luck. Uh, Look out for me at 16. <laughs> Here you go, Theo, who was on EFAP. Don't spend it all my... God damn, I have to keep making notes about everyone who needs different pieces of money. Can't you guys just donate to them directly? <laughs> don't give me money, I don't give you anything in return. Well, you were here, you provided help with the philosophy aspects, you uh... I mean, I guess. Beyond and if, that. if Salad King wants to give you money, then, you know, it's... Because I was just gonna say, you guys get, right, that sending money through this takes... 35% is it? Off it already, so... Gotta like, uh, if you can get direct donations to any of the people you want money to go to, I would totally recommend it instead of pushing it through uh, my stream or anything. I'll still sort out. I've got notes of all of them. I just try to wait until they're up to a chunkier number before sending it instead of sending those mini payments and then having to pay the mm. payment charge through PayPal. It's this whole thing. Um, have you ever played Monster Hunter World? Yes, I love it, but I haven't played it enough because I've been busy with everything else that happens. I've been back on that game recently. It's awesome. It's great fun. A friend of mine is making a video essay. What should I tell him? <laughs> don't, do it good. Don't listen to Just Right. <laughs> just, just get going. Uh, fundamental advice, redraft. That's always my fundamental advice. Just really re think through everything you want to say and what you want to do. Anyone else got fundamental gems of, of advice? Mm. Try to make sure you're saying something you think is 
worth saying, I suppose, whenever you're saying something. That sounds very basic, I know. But <laughs> I mean, mine was that's, pretty that's basic. That's what I go through with like essay writing at uni and with my attempts at video script writing. It's just try and make sure that you're saying something worthwhile with every second. Uh, give this money to my favorite massive N-word doggo named Raggers. Shall be done. Random comment that won't be understood in five hours. I mean, I understood it. Molesley, I'm working on another EFAP comic. Stay tuned for the next few days. Very well, sir. I hadn't seen Captain Marvel or Aquaman. I just watched them out of some weird sense of obligation back to back, and now I hate movies and... Brain left, no have. Love you, chaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two, oh, are, those two are great to do back to back. Speaking of that comic that he was talking about and the memes, did you so so show that picture I uh, sent you of Daenerys like leaning over the burning child? Oh no! Like you're free from tyranny. So I'm just collecting memes right now. We've got a shit ton uh, to go through. They're all going to be for the fiftieth. Seven hours to memes. I was gonna say we got like, <laughs> fucking we got plenty of times. So it'll be fine. Uh, was just rewatching your Outlast critique, and I must say, burning yourself on a Jesus stick is a great way to die. Yeah, so, um, someone was, of, of many of the cr uh, critics I covered for Outlast, one of them was like this kid, and he referred to a crucifix as a Jesus stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> Jesus stick. <laughs> uh, saw Lion King with family today, it was meh. Be Prepared was an atrocity though, talk singing, cut the song by three minutes, best, best part of the original. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I actually I, saw I, the the video footage of it, and it was horrible. I, I listened to the uh, the upload like the uploaded version of it on YouTube, and it's literally just a slam poem version of "Be Prepared." And I immediately was like, "No, I'm not fucking seeing this film." Just not even to see how bad it is. It's like the, I can't that, that. Uh, "Long Live the King" scene was so embarrassing. <laughs> Long Me and Live I, the King. <laughs> Smack. <laughs> I think it was me, Mahler, and Fringy. We watched it together and we just lost our minds. It's amazing. So terrible. So, how's your day cry. going, guys? My day's going pretty good. Did it some editing. Did EFAP. We're going to go to sleep, wake up, do editing, go to sleep, wake up, do editing. It'll be great. I return on EFAP, so pretty I wrote great. Some, something of a script I hope to someday make, and I was on EFAP. It was you, a good day. All in. True. One one who was blessed and one who was on EFAB. Thrice now. Thrice indeed. This time we actually got, you committed to your purpose. <laughs> you see, in the previous one you did not commit to your purpose, therefore you were a bad Theo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what if the middle of the sandwich is made of another sandwich? Oh no. Sanception. Everything about sandwiches is just too confusing. <laughs> I know people named Sarah O'Hara and Clara Dare. Funny names come from everywhere. I agree, Sal. That was from me. Uh, is anyone interested in seeing The Lighthouse? And thoughts on the trailer? I'm surprised to see Edward in a good movie. Defoe looks on fire. So what I've heard is that um, Edward... What's his name? Guy from... Robert, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah, apparently he's a good actor. I've just not seen... He's in a lot of indie stuff. And apparently we're supposed to be watching that if we want to judge him. Because judging him from Twilight is unfair. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. I, I wouldn't know. The Lighthouse... Is like a four by three black and white movie that's made by the guy who made The Witch, which is critically acclaimed. I watched the trailer. It looks interesting. I might check it out. That is, and yeah, Defoe looks kind of crazy in it, which is always great. I don't know if you, any of you guys have heard of it or. I don't know if I'm thinking of the right movie. Let me look up the trailer. 
I've I seen the poster, not the trailer. I tend to keep up with video games a lot more than films. <laughs> I just typed in the trailer and <laughs> that did come up with what I wanted. The trailer. <laughs> the trailer and it came up with like every single trailer. Oh He's no, also... I have no no no, I was thinking of something else. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen Ro this. Robert Pattinson's also gonna be in the next Nolan movie. He's the next Tenet. Batman, isn't he? Ooh. Yes. I'll be Hello, God. gentlemen. Is it a coincidence that in my time zone, EFAP started in the middle of the day? Ooh. Like I said, I can't make any definitive comments about the middle. The middle is a controversial subject. Where is Wolf? Is he love make? Is he making love to pizza? Well, we can get the answer. <laughs> Where is? No, Wolf? I hate it. He, oh God, he 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 fucks it and then eats it. You like a praying mantis or whatever? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you think Rose got everyone that she captured before Finn killed, seeing as she left on a pointless adventure and then Holdo kamikaze Oh yeah, probably. All those people, because there's a shot where you can see her taking Finn towards this, like, holding area. So I guess everybody on that holding area was just killed because everyone would have left without them. Rip. Mm. Imagine being in there and suddenly you enter hyperspace and get obliterated. You're like, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> All because of the fat Asian bitch! <laughs> Explodes. Oh, no. Racism! You think Rose... Oh, wait, sorry. Hey, you guys have, have got to get Hello Future Me on your lineup of guests. If not, you need to increase EFAP's Australian harem. We have a few Australians that come on. I actually really do like his channel. Well then, get he's, in contact He's a really good YouTuber. Brag him on if you want. Well, I, don't, I can't get into contact with him. <sighs> useless. Useless! You guys have helped me to think more critically about media. Thank you. Also, hi, Raggers. No, no, no. We've made you think more about logic, which is ruining writing. Congratulations it's... on your more superficial takes. Yeah, you'll have superficial characters doing superficial things like being logical, so get fucked. Aha! Our evil plan to dominate the world with logic <laughs> is working. Yeah. Have a, fucked, great, idiot. have a great stream, guys. Hello, Rags. Did the Ancestry thing... Did the ancestry thing, and it turns out I have a very Welsh bloodline. Good to know that my ancestors were long men. Also, high rags. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of long men over in Wel Welshland. That's what they call it nowadays. Um, after chat last episode explaining what happened to me when I made a spelling mistake, night terrors, etc. In a chat, I made two more. I no longer wash, live on the street, and rim hobos for pennies. Also, high rigs. <laughs> Oh, right. That means you serve under the hobo assassin king. That's got to be a good life. I mean, he's he's cut up right now, but he's probably healed up by the time you get John Wick 4. I found out there was a John yeah. Wick 4 before John Wick 3, by the way. I was like, what? Like, why isn't it ending? <laughs> um, oh yeah, it makes money. I am running out of time. i got to speed this up. Muller, if you could live in America, which state and what city would you like to live in? I'd literally just pick the one that Wolf or Rags are in, whatever it is, just so I could hang out with them. I am that well, sentimental. I, I wouldn't want to live somewhere in, like, Alaska, so... Fine, I'd go, go there. there. Molly, you said your TFA... Please, it's too hot. James Moore, fund this! <laughs> James Molly, Moore, you said Alaska. Your oh. TFA critique was supposed to be safe for kids, yet you spoil that Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy aren't real. Um, sometimes you just gotta pull that band-aid early. Gotta. Sorry. You can mute that part for your kids, I guess. Hi, Raggy Rags. I may be massive, but at least I don't wear glasses. Also, what happened to Cornstarch Girl? Did she give birth to the Cosmic Chicken? <laughs> I actually remember her. Oh, that was a weird thing, wasn't it? That was weird. But yeah, um, I don't know how she fits into the lore. That's gonna, that's to be decided, I suppose. 
Mola, my brothers and I want to rip off EFAP. How do we format OBS and also shout out our channel, please? So format OBS? I'm not sure what you mean by that, but... Um, get Streamlabs OBS. Default? It says how do we format it? Uh, oh, when I think format, I think... Well, like, I just think factory defaults hard reset. Sort of formats it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, get, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Streamlabs OBS, um, and then Google the rest. I'm not even kidding, just Google the rest. Everyone always asks me the same question. Discord comes up as black on my screen, and you can see this in the re-upload of Jay's stream. I do it live. <laughs> you just Google the problem and you have your answers. It's how I figured out pretty much anything that I can do on the internet. Um, but yeah, that's Three, brother, Three Brothers Movie Reviews. That's the channel. They want to do a similar sort of EFAP thing? Check them out. Um, luck, guys. Dear EFAP, would it be worth it if you got a one-time payment of $5 million, but you would forever involuntarily involu involuntarily end every sentence with, this is my favorite part, regardless of structure or context? Sincerely, Mr. Massive. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't agree to that, because it would be insufferable. I would, ag I, I would agree to it, only because I would like have a legitimate excuse for not having to talk to people. Yeah, you could just take the money and then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't speak to you. But I, I do find it amusing that you just constantly hear like... Learn sign language, pretend to be a mute. My favorite sign for me. Uh, sanctum Peter Cotium Deus in Re Unum Hippitus Hoppitus Reus Domine. Also, hi, Rags. It's your fault I'm addicted to e-fapping. I too speak retard. The reason why hack creators push subjectivity is because it makes it so nothing they can ever be, nothing they can ever make can ever be considered bad. It's a cheap shield for cowards. It certainly can function that way. Um, Morley, you said that uh, Thanos was overpowered in Endgame, but in Infinity War he beat the Hulk in a fist fight. Yeah, it's a bit. It's, it, I'd say it's harder to beat Iron Man, Hulk, uh, Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor at the same time than it is to beat Hulk. Especially since you have a power stone when you're fighting Hulk. Yeah. I don't know. I would imagine that that makes it a little easier to fight the Hulk. Didn't Thor kind of... He knocked out Hulk uh, in Ragnarok. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it'd be weird... Well, he didn't win overall because of the... the, the, the what's his name? Electrocuting him, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be weird for Rey and Kylo to be in a relationship if she time travels and turns out to be Anakin's mum. I've seen a lot of talk about her being Anakin's mum. What is this? Rey's gonna be Anakin's mum? Why? What is happening? <laughs> I, want, I want it to be the case just because it won't make any sense. Could you imagine? I want that to be the case just so that Attack of the Clones can be made slightly better when Anakin's mom dies. <laughs> I just, I so we can start calling My anticipation... Calling of the Race absolutism me? in episode 9 is going to be through the roof on the night I go see it. I'm going to be so excited. I'm be like, how did they fuck this up? Shmiray. 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 Who is Theo and why does he look like such a massive weeb? Mola, <laughs> <laughs> check out the trailer for Carnival Row. Cara Delevingne plays a pansexual... Th a pansexual theory. How do you play a pansexual theory? With great difficulty, I'd imagine. <laughs> in this upcoming TV show. Also, Orlando Bloom is in the show. Alright, sounds interesting, I guess. Hello, EFAB, have a Kit Kat. It goes well with rhino milk. Thank you, Dr. Martin Luther Pepe. Good guy. <laughs> Hitler being bad is subjective. Well, it depends on... 
whether or not you think people getting killed arbitrarily is a bad thing as well. Well, well, if you start you, on morality. Well, if you missed that, Rags and uh, our <laughs> random guest of the day had a whole back and forth about the Holocaust. Oh dear! In which the the guy accidentally uh, implied that the Holocaust didn't happen. Yeah. Wait, what? He accidentally <laughs> said essentially that the Holocaust is a fictional event. <laughs> Hold on, was this today? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta rewatch this now. <laughs> Moobler and Co. Have any of you read content from SCP Foundation? Yes. I've played the game briefly, but I have not read any like stuff from, I guess, the website or wherever it's from. Yeah, the website is the original thing, if I'm remembering right. Um, there's a question for Rags. I'll save. Stuck at home on IV antibiotics for the next week and a half. So far, I've had a marathon of 29 EFAPs and counting. Drink antibiotic milk, perfect for when you're feeling under the weather. Hi, Rags. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if you actually have all free time and you spend solely on EFAP, you probably can get through it quite quickly, actually. Three episodes per day. <laughs> Stupid as that sounds. As far as... That's going to take more than a day. No, not typically. I think the average length right now is probably 6 hours. So 6, 12, 18, 24. It's like 4 per day. I think. We had one, the the, slow, the slowest, the quickest one was with Appaband, I think, when we covered why The Last Jedi is so great, which has one of the best highlights of EFAP in it, if you remember, Wolf. Um, that you one mean was, when we were losing our minds, yeah. That one, I think, is 3.5 hours. It's like the, it was shocking how short that was, now looking back. But I still remember thinking that three hours should be the average, and these days it's like, how could I possibly say Cosmic Chicken, the one true god, death to the infidels. Completely off topic, but what are you guys' opinions on the writing of Attack on Titan for those who have read it? I like it. I think it's uh, way more airtight than people get credit for. I can't it's say I've read it, but I started watching it and it didn't appeal to me, so I quickly fell off of that. I know nothing about it. Yeah, the writing's really good, especially later on. It's pretty slow at the beginning. But it's it's got really good writing, yeah. Watch EVO or EFAP? Why do you make me choose like this, Maul? I think the answer's obvious. Very, very I mean, obvious. I picked this over Sicario, and Sicario was really fucking good, so... I'm looking forward to watching it now that I know Rags hasn't seen it. I always love it when people haven't seen films I love. Mm -hmm. um, but I also chastise them for it. <laughs> like, how do you not see this? God, let's watch it right now. The duality of man. Uh, what mics do you guys use? I'm planning on buying a mic and a headset separately that doesn't have gaming on the box. Something professional. I use an AT2020. That's why. Alright then. <laughs> blue Snowball. I bet Southpaw uses a blue snowball. I do. <laughs> oh, I Filthy really? casual. Yes. <laughs> that, was, that was unironically the first uh, microphone I ever had. I had yeah, to, I, um, I just, I've never bothered up upgrading, but I, I will eventually, of course. Yeah, I went from crappy headset to Snowball to Yeti to AT2020, and then I, it's AT2020. It's just, I think AT2020 is pretty much top of the consumer line that you're going to get. The next step mm. up is the one that everyone uses who's like got really fucking really popular channels like the H3 podcast or Joe Rogan, I think, uses them. I can't remember what they're called, but do you guys know what I'm talking about? They're those microphones that... A lot of people use them. I think they're Shure microphones or something like that. 
Um, they're yeah. the next step up from AT2020, as far as I can tell. At least in that sort of tier. Hi, Rags. Okay. I'll, I'll oh. invest in that. Oh, Mola, you had a backlash for being in Sargon's video? Uh, I have not had one, but I know that there are people out there who, when they want to guess my politics, say that he's spoken to Sargon, that tells you everything. When I'm like, uh, I've, I've several times wanted to speak to people like H Bomber guy or... Because apparently if you talk to someone, that means that you share the same politics. You know, this is the thing, yes. like, um... I fucking unironically said I would do voice work for Quinton Reviews if he wanted to on Twitter. I'm not I'm not joking. Like, if he said he wants me to have a British character to say something like, you know, Oh dear, we need to get out of here now. I'd be like, yeah, I'll do that for you. Why the fuck not? Like, it would be fun. But then if like, oh, so you endorse Quinton's politics? I'd be like, no. But, uh, yeah, maybe a better example than that would be someone I don't fucking, I'm not blocked by on Twitter. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, I haven't really gotten backlash for it beyond the standard, which people usually say is like, yeah, he's got a vague association with Sargon, he's the worst thing ever, so that's how it works. Uh, is that's DS... why I don't associate with him. Is DS2 75% off a good or bad buy? Please help. Um, unless it's free? No, even when it's free, they owe you money, so... <laughs> they... they owe you something for your wasted time. <laughs> Uh, Mauler, undo the rag oopsie. I'm not sure what that's referring to. It might be the... referring to the objectivity is the opposite of subjectivity thing. He didn't mishear that. He, I think it... Everyone people... thought he did, but... I, I know, think I think did. people misunderstood what he was trying to say. The opposite mm. of X is not Y, it's anti-X, I think is what Rags wanted to say. Yeah. But I'm not sure where I stand on that idea. The opposite of objectivity is subjectivity is a weird statement oh. to me. Um, but it's not necessarily untrue. I'm just not sure how I would look at it. But yeah, um, that was thing. Playable Theo DLC when? <laughs> okay. Just, just right. Your Quinton is showing. Oh no. <laughs> Remember to never answer a phone during sex, even if you hilariously answer with "I can't talk now. I'm going into a tunnel." Uh the room is like a cucumber. It needed to sit in a jar and marinate for a while to become good. It became a pickle. Also, hi, Ragagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagagag
I mean, you can replace it with other ones, I suppose, uh, but yeah, a lot of people... I think a lot of people have a problem with how they feel... The fact that he said you can only define words one way was a red flag, I suppose. As Rag that's said. A, that's a big no. Water is no objective, clearly. Is thought yes. bath water objectively good for you? Yes. Ask Vito. <laughs> Stop <laughs> using words that have more than two syllables, please. It hurts my brain. Objective has three. McQueen is an objective good. Oh. Is Alan objectively or subjectively in the middle? <laughs> Gonna have to be both. My first super chat, Ultimate Fatty. Congratulations. Thank you. How's your Game of Thrones video coming along, Mola? I've answered that a few times. It's coming along wonderfully. I'm working on it every day. I'm looking forward to releasing it. It's gonna be fun. Um, I'm nice and vague, but there was a Twitter update with a bit more detail if you want to check it out. GTA 5 Online currently has an exploit in the track race betting. Capitalize on it before it's patched. Okay, there you go, guys. Uh, what okay. are you guys' music tastes? Also, high rags. Uh, Wolf, what's your music taste? You I gravitate toward rock, metal, and classical. Okay, but that's actually kind of similar to mine. Then again, I'm really not picky with music. I like it f uh, from many walks of tism. Um, but my favorite would be metal. And Theo, Southpaw, what do you guys reckon? I tend to stick with dark synth, but I'm not too picky. That's just my usual peel house. What's wrong with light synth? You know, it's not dark enough. I mean, I just go with, like, alternative rock, generally. Uh, or even alternative pop. Like, um, have you guys ever heard of the band Churches? Spelled with a V instead of a U? No. No. Sounds interesting. Though. Okay. They are, they're a Scottish synth-pop band, and they're very, very good. It's not music that I normally listen to, but uh, it, they're one of my favorite bands ever. Check out Churches, guys. There you go. What's everyone's favorite type of meat? Mine is buffalo. I mean, I would say chicken, but it's poultry, so I don't know if it counts. I think it's still meat. All right, good. I'm glad you validated me. Uh, I would say... There's, like, some good elk burgers I had in Colorado, so I'll go with that. Burgers it is. Got two more votes to come. Come on, guys. Fuck if I know. I don't know. Wait, what was meat. the question? <laughs> What's your favorite meat? Oh, uh, tri-tip. A what? Tri-tip. Tri-tip uh, roast. That is, sounds like a sci-fi animal, but I'll agree with you. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a, it's a, it's a calif, it's a calif. So, writing teaches grades. Students work based on an objective standard. They don't judge the work's content, but how well it adheres to the standard. Yeah, but they would say that that standard is arbitrary based on the teacher or whatever. But um, it's a it's definitely a way to be objective, though. Another part that some people don't agree with. From Southpaw, Mission Impossible Fallout and Unbridled Praise When. That's actually a potential. It's just that I've got a lot of films I'd like to do that with, and I'm just super fucking busy with everything else. It'll Things will happen, you know? Things will happen. That's Alrighty. my promise. It's definitely, really definitely a movie worthy of an Unbridled Praise, though. Yeah, I topped. Uh, characters in children's media that are more of role models than characters, such as many of the Disney protagonists. 
that's in reference to us talking about how um, characters don't always have to necessarily represent a person as opposed to an idea in stories. They're often characters are often stand-ins for a perspective or an idea or whatever because they're not fully fledged. That's true. Question: When you do a twenty-four hour stream, are you going to read super chats during or at the end? Because otherwise, we might be looking at a forty-eight hour stream. Um, the plan, I think, will be to when we reach seven hours of the first, second, and third stream, I'll start reading super chats every time. I'll get through them consistently. I think. Uh, if you survive an event you shouldn't have, then that's IRL plot armor. We'll see. In in real life, it would be luck. In writing, it's plot armor because the writer made it happen as opposed to it happening naturally. Um, but yes. Damn it, you guys, my husband did the this is my favorite part to me. Rags, I mostly blame you for this one. Way to ruin the mood. I, I knew that was coming up in the previous EFAP, but I was so excited to show people it. It's, well, for context, we were covering, um, video that was talking about Walking Dead. But, like, I mostly wanted to skip the video and just talk about the ad at the end. And it's this guy trying to sell a mobile game, and he sounds like death. He's like... This is what you do. You, you put this here, and then this is my camp, and it's meticulously designed. Now I'm going to have to defend my characters from zombies. This is my favorite part. <laughs> it's like, oh no. <laughs> you put so much energy into that, it was great. You could just, you could use it on anything, this is my favorite part. <laughs> I really I hope like that the fact that we have husbands and wives watching our stupid show. Oh yeah, the I really the Mola video. This is my favorite part. Can you imagine if you guys ever get to a tonal woke video where he says, "This is my favorite part," in just about the same. <laughs> I, I'm same still delivery. waiting. I'm still waiting for him to acknowledge and like say tonal. Like even if no, he's just like, I don't know what, he acknowledged well, it on Twitter. He's acknowledged on Twitter. No, no, no. I mean, like, I want him to verbally say yeah. tonal in a video. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it from his mouth. I don't know if we we can tolerate that kind of, you know, just, that's going to be that that can can EFAP contain that level of holiness? I don't I wonder, know. I wonder if he does like Twitch streams where someone can we can like rate him and just spam Tonald and get him we'll to just be like get someone to do a super chat where it says my name is Tonald and then have him read it. <laughs> <laughs> do this. We can do it. Hey Rags, I'm thinking of purchasing guys. a handgun. What recommendations? I'm going to copy that. God, Rags has so many questions he's gonna have to deal with. Your mum has plot armor because she didn't die giving birth to a massive. Oh! Oh shit! Not oh, no plot wow. armor. Yeah, so the the super chat about plot armor and Sicario too, which uh, I addressed. Uh, get back to that playing. Pissed me off so much. Your devil monster cry five world instead of hanging out with these schmucks. The auth. Well, wholesome hugs oh. to Muller and Rags, though. Aww. I guess I'll in... just go back to playing video games, then. Soon enough, you will be allowed to... Oh god, I've got <laughs> 34 minutes. Your character in Fortnite oh, yeah. Vegas should 100% be dead. They were shot twice in the head and buried in a shallow grave, and god knows how long it took Victor to drag you out with his lobster claws. I don't even... I haven't played it, so I'm guessing it's ridiculous that you survive whatever you survive in that game. Shrug. I didn't play it. I have a question about the guy who got shot through the cheeks in Sicario 2. One that could annihilate the film even further. Did it send them high? Um, <laughs> his cheek may have sent him high. Uh, 
How do you guys feel about narrative shortcuts? Detective shows often have tech to speed up the plot, not related to unknowable info, but slowly acquired. Oh, do you mean just like, uh, oftentimes in those kinds of shows, the pacing of the unlocking the secret to the next part of the, the plot is just a piece of tech and it'll operate as fast as it's required to? Because that's mostly okay if um, there's reasoning for it to occur that way. I would just go as far as saying that, as long as it's not arbitrary in one direction or the other. Gotta be careful. I think it's yeah. I think it's like an unfortunate um, uh, part of of the medium that it's telling that story in. I think it's just you know, like it like a sort of necessary evil. It's like usually within reason. If you know Batman, for example, in The Dark Knight, they they were like, we need to find this guy who's an ex-con and he's gonna be with like some kind of parole officer. It's like that shouldn't take them five seconds to do because they have like access to say levels of shit. That if you're doing some kind of uh, private investigator who has limited resources in like the 50s, I'd be like, oh, that's going to be tough for him to do that. So you have like limitations, but you can still just tweak how long it'll take for them to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, Wolf, get high and rag on Sargon again. <laughs> Trudy says Victor pulled you out of your grave right after Benny and the Khans left. Your character in Fallout New Vegas could survive that. Again, that's an argument between super chatters. I don't actually know because I haven't played it. Um, BFAP on Sundays don't makes... I need to be high to riff on Sargon, by the way. I could do a stone cold sober. BFAP on Sundays makes sense. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it objective. Yes. Uh, how much money do I have to give you guys before you finally do the right thing and condemn my friend for constantly DMing me scat hentai? Every, every hey. stream. Every stream. You know, That's disgusting. I don't want to think about that. Uh, Rags, can you leave a link to your book in the description? <laughs> I think Rags has a book. Yes. Wolf, yours is called Iridescent, right? Yeah, it's not available. No, oh, okay. Um, a bad character, in my opinion. I'm not going to... Yes. Tonald and Just Right could team up for quite an interesting video, I would imagine. I don't know if That's we should allow it though, crossover. because it would be it would like infect him. I don't really want that to happen to me. Mm. Can you foreshadow subversion? Yes, I guess. The red wedding. <laughs> I'm not sure actually how you do that. Like the foreshadowing of an event that you don't expect. So like you could have. Well, I mean, the red wedding was foreshadowed, and that's definitely not something anyone was really expecting conventionally. That is. Would you call it foreshadowed, or you call it set up? Uh, I'd have to. There was a pretty good video I saw on it that I don't really remember all the arguments to because I saw it a couple months ago. But uh, there definitely was foreshadowing exampled in that video. I'll have to find it and show it to you sometime. All right, cool. I love you guys. Have some taco money. Wait, why are you guys talking about character arcs? Don't you know Rhino Milk is out? Hey, Rags, Muller, I sent you a message on Streamlabs a few weeks ago when you weren't streaming. Do you still read Streamlabs? Yes, but um, I'm afraid that one's probably lost by now. Unless you have the same name, I might be able to search it. Uh, Rip Wizard Friend fra, Friend Karen? Wizard Friend Karen? Oh, uh, that's a D&D joke. Okay. From a D&D that I wasn't in. You sacrificed it to come on every frame of <laughs> a massive. What was it I said about the, the hardest of choices earlier? <laughs> Strongest of will. <laughs> Just wanted to say hi. Hope you're all having a good day. Now I'm off to watch your DS2 playlist for the thousandth time. Oh, well. 
Keep you there, I'd say. This is good. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, an unbridled rage, praise, or meh for Mauler. Uh, it would be a rage, if anything, because unfortunately for Blade Runner 2049, I'm not invested enough in Blade Runner the original to be pissed off, but my friend is, and he wants to make that video one day. He hates that movie, and he's explained all of the reasons to it, for it to me, and I was like, holy shit. Blade Runner 2049 is terrible. Um, but it needs to go out to the world, because a lot of people think that movie is amazing. Um, even Blade Runner fans. So it's, 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 it would be interesting to see what the conversation might lead to, but I'm not passionate enough about either film to make that video. Uh, would you guys do an EFAB on Rob Ager's uh, Blade Runner 2049 plot fails YouTube video? I have not watched it, but if he highlights similar things to what my friend wants to, then um, perhaps it's a, a well-reasoned. Who knows? But again, I, I would have to re-watch the films and then maybe if it was like particularly bad. Would you rather try your hardest at something and be seen as mediocre, or not try very hard and be called the worst of all time at that something? Probably the former? I mean, yeah. would I know that I was going to be seen as mediocre before putting it out? Because I would just try even harder until I would feel, this is great, this is genuinely great. Yeah, I, th I just rather try my best, um, regardless mm. of what everybody ended up saying I did, I guess. Mola, give this to DX. I don't. I don't think. Like, I don't think that's gonna work unless we bring it on as a guest sometime. <laughs> Just to DX. Okay. Uh, hoped it would hold out a bit longer, but my computer is officially dead. Big F for the meme machine. Meme machine 2.0 coming in September when the AMD 93950X comes out. Video essays also coming. That's from Meme Repository. So looks like we will have a deficit of memes from him for now, but we've got plenty to use for. Uh, for 50, so yeah, I hope that all works out, my good man. Um, can you use all of your force milk time powers? I sick. Is that something we can do here? Do we have force milk time powers? Not how the force works. I mean, it That's might be. It might be by episode works. nine. You never know. I still want spider count, Dooku. <laughs> 20, 26 minutes, alright. A vote for Trump is a vote for more Quinton. I really hate Trump memes. That's all, folks. I think that's reason enough to vote for Trump, alright. <laughs> We're done. Uh, there was a question in my paper to a... To, paper 2? A level, a level economics exam. How does a fall in... How does a fall in real incomes affect subjective happiness? So dumb, what the fuck. How does a fall in real income affect subjective happiness? It's... It, that's a pretty easy line to draw. Fallen Kingdom? No, it was sure. it was apparently an A-level question. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, oh yeah, now that you guys have Switches, I would highly suggest getting Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. It's a much deeper game than Monster Hunter World. Hortler did nothing. Hortler didn't do nothing. Fair enough as well. The Mental Gymnastics. Oof. Odor did nothing wrong. Is being consistently bad objectively worse than being inconsistent? Yeah. Consistently bad worse than being inconsistent. Oh, like, so context, like context, context. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say it would have to. I need to examples of what you mean. But if if the question is is always being inconsistent worse than being sometimes inconsistent, I would vote for the the worse being the always inconsistent. Imagine a unless. Ultimately, if you were making a fucking comedy, I'd probably gun for the always inconsistent, because you can end up something like, uh... 
Actually, no, a comedy probably wouldn't work as well if everything didn't make sense. You need some things to make sense so you have, like, a grounding. Yeah. Mm. Uh, finally, a live EFAP. I'll watch live later as I'm leaving. Muller, I have something for you. Please DM this... I don't... Uh, is that a Discord thing? I'm not sure what that is. It's like, too many numbers for... Um... Try me on Twitter, person. Uh, the solution is poison. Who's Wolf? Who's fucking Wolf? Watch this fucking show? What kind of question is that? He, he's a bad YouTuber. Don't worry about him. Wolf, are you to do a review on Shad's book once you're done reading? Um, probably not. Although I am going to talk with Shad about it. I messaged him the other day, getting references and everything. Um, here's some money for Wolf. Very well. Crab is worst girl. Me too much money. Cat for the win. Crab is worst girl. Cat for the. <sighs> it's a reference to the anime my profile pictures from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what if Jay watches Lord of the Rings and thinks they're objectively bad? He'll be killed. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know to do anything. Literally, if you watch Lord of the Rings and you go, "That was objectively bad," it you just detonate. Like, it was a mm. part of the living experience, you can't say it. You get smoked. I, I thought your neighbor just felt a sudden compulsion to enter your house and do whatever it takes to... No, it's within your own you body. We all come with a stick of dynamite the, in our stomachs. Oh, shit. The cosmic chicken basically, you know, hypnotizes the nearest person into having a sudden urge to fucking bash your skull open with their bare hands. Um, F, Philosopher Man, bad. Get Louis Levi and please rewind on the show. They're both both on a very long list. We're, we're getting we're getting people's. Uh, Gimli's actor, John Reese davis is going to be at Hawaii Con. Want to try and want me to try and get his autograph for you, Wolf? For me. Guess so. I mean, I mean, I would say get his autograph no matter what. <laughs> Guess they're off for you as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm not giving, not giving out addresses for that. Uh, was it just Wright who started crying, or was that someone else? No, that was Great Debate Man. Well, the not so Great Debate Man. Hey, there. Really sad. <laughs> oh wait, crying. you answered that question already. Uh, damn, sorry I'm late. Was busy wiping my Willems after dropping a massive Quinton in the Jack Saint. But anyways, <laughs> guys, here's an extra large donation this week to celebrate by. Raise at work. Gotta go, but have fun shitting on Just Right's trash. Oh, thank you, Zach. Um, our movies art, like art and design, aren't the same. Uh, this is the problem. We haven't actually discussed that on EFAP, I don't think, but like what counts as art? Some people take it to the extreme and they're like, a leaf in the wind is art. And you're like, okay, but... <laughs> Good luck essentially defining art. Yeah. Good luck. Can't stay for the whole thing, but I... Can't wait for you guys to get to his reason as to why Y-Wigs were in TLJ. It's terrible. Well, yeah, oh boy. We, we got a reaction out of that, yeah. to a degree. Oh, we did. Um, yeah, Wolf, uh, he, I think that he likes that argument quite a bit. Yeah, he, he, um, he thought it was great. And... Let's just go through the Super oh. Chats. James Moore said, Wolf, no, don't go. You're upsetting James, Wolf. Well, you know, it's okay. People will be upset for ten minutes and they'll forget. Oh. Well, you often talk about a standard being achieved with objectivity. What's a great example film of 
for being of a high standard, Lord of the Rings is the easy one to go for. Because it, it excels in a massive amount of aspects of filmmaking. Um, it's downright... It doesn't make sense that the Lord of the Rings is as good as it is, to be honest with you. you it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, RLM appears to think TLJ is not as bad as the prequels, calling it a mess with interesting ideas. Get them on EFAP to debate it. Rich Evans is a god. They, I don't think they'd ever come on EFAP. We would gladly have them on, but... Yeah, they think the prequels are worse than, than TLJ. That's their take. I'd, I would happily talk to them about that because it's just so unfair. The fucking sequels are a disaster at this point. And if you remember, they were very much in favor of TFA. And you can since tell they're not sure about that anymore. Um, and it was it was kind of the same for, for me with, with TFA. I was on board with it, but then once you give it a real critical eye... Like this narrative that went around that was... Um, it's a clone of the OT, and it was like, it's not just that, though. It's not just that it's a clone of the OT, that's not a... Th it's, it's, it's a horrible clone. It's like a botched clone. It's not a good clone. Because good clones can actually be okay. Look at The Lion King. That did pretty well, didn't it? Dun, dun, dun. Mm. People might think I'm referencing the, uh, the live adaptation. I'm not. I'm referencing... <laughs> uh, the Kimba Wolf, that's the name of it? Oh, yeah. The, the White Lion. That... that... There, there's a video out there that shows like just how much the Lion King stole from it, and it makes me, it made me lose a lot of respect for the Lion King. It's insane. Hmm. It's actually, I, I mean, I don't think I can remove how much I like that movie, but at the same time, good lord, that is the most clear act of plagiarism I think I've ever seen. Uh, you are wrong, Wolf. Your videos are excellent. Please don't leave. From Chip Chipley. Mm. He's convinced, clearly. Uh, Wolf, have you heard about the upcoming Lord of the Rings game where you play as Gollum? It takes place a couple hundred years before The Hobbit. It comes out in 2021. You can find the logo. How would that even work? I don't... I have never heard of anything like that. I'm curious. I haven't either, so... But yeah, alright. I would like to thank all of the EFAP viewers who subbed to my Mark the Cyborg channel. My newest video is a review of Wolfenstein Youngblood, and I end it with one of Wolf's favorite quotes. Rhino milk cosmic chicken, I think. Um, but yes, Mark the Cyborg, I remember that name. Uh, check it out, I guess, if you want to. Wolf, how many slash which Lord of the Rings games have you played? Um, I played both the Middle-Earth games. I played a bit of Lord of the Rings Online. Um... I tried to get into War of the North, but it was really boring, and after two hours, I stopped playing it. And I think that's it. Uh, just writes a version to objective qualitative statements appears to be a knee-jerk reaction to TLJ criticism. Your discussion with him was fascinating. I didn't realize how fundamental that discussion has become in terms of, like, a originating point. In terms of the discussion as a whole and what it did to him and his channel. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a casual stream that me and Wolf had set up. We were just like, yeah, okay. I feel like Wolf was... Was it... Wolf, were you doing it anyway? No, we were watching a video and we said, should we stream it? Yeah. That's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, I think it was actually your idea to stream it. And then we did and we didn't expect anything. And then he just happened to be in the chat. And that's how that came about. Hmm. We're going to have to do a part two for this, aren't we? I've, I've got like 17 minutes. I, I think I might be able to do it. 
Morley, you should consider comparing TLJ and KOTOR. I'd have to play it first, and uh, I think there are people who are doing a way better job than I ever would at that already online, so... Fair enough. Uh, is Darth Vady gonna Dave to force choke a bitch? Maybe? Um, yes. I, Dialan Volo, am destined to be king. My immortal, mid-crimson, will erase the middle of the next ten seconds of time, and I will finish my enemies. That's a Jojo. I was gonna say, there's a couple of references in there that were EFAP related too, so I guess... Just a big ol' reference. Uh, Wolf, if you leave EFAP, you won't be able to demand art from Beowin anymore. Also, I'll cry and become a bad adaptation of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is as uh, this is as bad as the Nietzsche is a nihilist. This is colon. I feel like there was more to that, but it got cut off or something. Um, would anyone consider oh, Sloth from the Goonies to be subjectively beautiful? <laughs> His mum <laughs> didn't. <laughs> <laughs> a face even a mother can't love. Uh, Wolf, thank you for banning Ra in that one stream. <laughs> That's from Creepy Sheep. <laughs> I Banned Ra. He did. Uh, 20 minutes equals a billion years? I can't remember what that's referencing, but yes. Oh, when uh, Just Right said, uh, remember the Dark Knight, that thing I referenced a million years oh, ago. Oh, right, because to him, yeah. a 16-minute video is like a lifetime. Uh, Jesus. Well, 16 minutes of time, anyway. Here, Chad Stuckman, take a monies. And as well. Oh. Chad Thank Stuckman, you. that's not so bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> take that, David. Chad Pulse of Stuckman. Uh, the Just Right guy is a salty bitch. Would Just Right argue that films are objectively subjective? Well, this is the thing, a lot of the time with the whole nothing is objective thing, it's like, isn't that an objective statement? It's like, no. It's like, hmm, I don't know, it seems like you're pretty definitive about it. And it's like, how are you proving that? How do you know? You know, the counter-argument being that how do you know we're not being objective just by accident in your worldview? Like we, we could be committing to it, but we don't have the necessary uh, framing to understand that that's definitively what we're doing. Yeah, it's this whole thing. Wolf, I want to buy you a pizza with this, but I want it to be a healthy pizza. Maybe even some pineapple on it, or at least some cosmic buffalo chicken. Oh, good lord, don't. Uh, when is Just Right going to stop making excuses for his logical shortcomings by claiming subjectivity? How long can this charade of sophistry go on? Well, it's already... He's already gone back on it in his Game of Thrones Season 8 video, but nobody cares. Because he'll make the claims, and then be like, oh, it's all subjective, la la la, anyway. This Game of Thrones is really bad because it's logically inconsistent as fuck. It's like, yeah, but it's all subjective. Like, you just apply the same thing to everything he says in that video. You go, hey, just right, you say this thing is incongruous with this other thing, but ultimately, if they had done that, it wouldn't be as emotionally resonant. They need it to happen for the story to happen, just right. Just right. Right, you're not making any sense, just right. So, it'll just go on forever. I don't think his fan base are paying enough attention to notice anyway. Not, you know, no offense to them. I'm sure they're wonderful people. Uh, I just finished Shad's book while listening to this and I enjoyed it, but you should make fun of him for making the symbol of one of the factions suspiciously similar to his own logo. Oh, that's... It's a reference. If I was making a book, I'd probably throw a whole bunch of EFAP references in there. Like, I'd have this faction that have a name that, you know, like, is EA, EF... EFP maybe with an A, like EFPA, just people could be like, oh, oh, 
subtle references. That's the that's the that's the key. Uh, if I had a cent for every time someone cherry picked things, a philosopher's said to suit their agenda. I mean, it works apparently. Yeah. People Just twist your words. Uh, does orphan art have value? No. No. <laughs> Also, someone in chat said, uh, I googled YouTube stream max length and it says 12 hours. I've looked into it several times. The most common answer I find is 8 hours, and I, I'm pretty sure that is the case. And if ever I try and test that, it'll mean that we'll actively delete part of an EFAP as a potential, so I don't really want to push it further than that at that point. Let's hope that they extend it someday for sure. Um, EFAP is the red pen of death for video essays. Potentially. Flowers are literally proper use of the word, designed to be pleasing to the senses. They are a plant's way to trick animals into doing their work because they didn't evolve legs. Oh well. That's just your opinion. That's a big old tin of worms that we don't have time to get into. No, we don't. No, Wolf, your diet. Oh, I guess they're saying because you had the pizza. Mm -hmm. He literally made the argument that if I don't know about it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so glad I got to watch Just Right give Wolf an aneurysm live. Oh yeah, wonderful stuff. Most oh people don't God. know what the Millennium Falcon is, so it's not a plot hole by not being in the prequel. Fucking, I'm not even well, gonna go over that terrible argument most, for how it explains most, anything. Most people don't enough about it. Tell you what, tell you what, nobody knew that the Millennium Falcon had L337 as the navigator when the original oh, trilogy no. came out. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mola, give this to Wolf, and it must be for drugs and alcohol. Alright. Hello, Mola. Hello there. Literally, more people know the name of a Y-Wing than most people know what the bomber in TLJ was called. Go to hell, Just Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with you on that. Just Right, you made really good Hobbit videos, but I truly, deeply, really deep down in my heart think that those videos were an accident, and you should stop now. Uh, you guys need to focus on praising what you love, not critiquing what you hate. Just Tico. <laughs> hmm. Inspirational. Uh, at Word of Wolf, I can't take any more of Just Right's video. I'm gonna go out for a bit before I kill myself. Hopefully you guys will still be on when I come back. Love you, Massives. Hope you survive. Arkin equals right. Tywin. Oh yeah, uh, either actor could have played either character, honestly. Oh damn. That's a good point. Um, Metal Man Bad. John Wick 3 is objectively good tism, but it has a lot of tism. Not good tism, but... <laughs> it's, it, a, it's got good action it's in it. It's good fun tism. Fine, the, I'll give the you the fun tism. The, the action scenes are definitely worth watching on YouTube. There you go. I'm incredibly biased because I adore how silly it is. It is really how silly. Exactly stupid as world building is. It's it's like up there with Hobbs and Shaw and like dumb action movies. Wolf, are you actually serious about deleting your channel crying face? Yep. And silence. Hmm. It's a bit of a bombshell. Mm-hmm. There's a moment of silence for an excellent YouTube channel. Leave for Can't two say you won't be missed. I mean, all these super chats are about it. I leave for two seconds and Wolf is going insane. Well... If Wolf wants to delete the channel, we can't stop him. But we'll make sure he's aware of how much we'll miss him. Piece of shit. Uh, lol, as we know, Jack Saint is honest. Absolutely. Here's my tithe for the holy trinity of dumbassery. Thank you. 
Wolf is Keith and Natani a good couple. I think they're cute. Also, when do you think they're going to do the nasty? Wolf is Keith and Natani. Oh, oh no. Oh, yeah, I read that asking, wrong. Okay. It, okay, no. I, I know what he's talking about. Yes, they're actually better than the two main characters, in my opinion. Uh, and it's never going to happen because Tom likes to mess with his fan base in that way. Uh, guys, calm down. Stop being immature. You should just evolve as critics, right, guys? Just Right's kind of forgotten how to make valid points. <laughs> Only when it's on stuff that he likes. Objectivity ends conversations. EFAP six hours plus. It's like, yep. <laughs> End conversations. My brother walked in during the freakout about the Y-Wing. He went on a straw man rant that criticisms of TLJ are out of stupidity and con artist reasons in a Kermit voice. What? We criticize TLJ out of okay. con artist reasons? Okay. <laughs> Alright. I was watching Probably Iron... Probably a con artist, I guess? Yeah. I was watching Iron Man 1 and Tony should have died like four times. Him flying in the first Iron Man suit out of the cave and just landing in the sand was so jarring. Yeah, actually, uh, we, me and Alex rewatched that after Endgame, just for, like, nostalgia. And I remember saying, it was like, it's a bit weird that he survives that. It's such a major fucking blow. Like, and, and the suit is destroyed when he lands, and you're like, wouldn't that have... Uh, okay. I'm telling you, even non-superhero characters in films have superhuman durability. Oh, well, that's the thing. I, I think that it's valid to point those things out, but I think some films do take measures to try and, you know... Uh, keep them at least a little bit grounded. They'll show them taking mm. wounds or something. Or they never I mean, actually I'm, have them attacked by something hugely significant. I personally am just happy to like accept that the tolerance threshold for damage for a film human is higher because it allows for more stuff to take place. Typically, um, yeah. It's just me though, I guess. Uh, but what's the secret to Mario's jump? We'll never find that out. It should be noted, a new hope, Tarkin did say he was risking a lot by letting Leia get away with the plans, even if they were tracking them. Yes, uh, but it was more of a, it's absolutely a risk versus having them kept prisoner. But uh, it, I'm assuming that's tied to the fact that it was Leia specifically too, and losing them compared to, but the thing is it did pay off as far as he was concerned. He was like, yes, we've got him. And then um, there's a line where he says, um, uh, abandon the ship in our moment of triumph? I think not, or something like that. I can't remember the actual quote. Just Right's theory is crap. History already proves art continues despite objective critique. What if I said I'm not going to write because subjectively someone might think my work promotes murder? Exactly. You can, you can absolutely make the, the argument in reverse. I don't know why he thinks it only applies to his side. Um, well, this is from Meme Repository. Wolf, I wanted to just say how much your video on depression and mental health meant to me. Keep up the good work, you beautiful massive. I will. You'll get another video soon. Uh, glad to see that you guys are still going. Gives me more to catch up on later. If Rags comes back, ask him when his next video is coming out. Uh, split this between yourselves. Will do. I'll put that in for Rags as well. As far as I know, his next video is on the way. Uh, I guess similar to all of us. Wait, 2,000 years? We only started arguing 19 years after Jesus? <laughs> I just know. Oh, big crap. <laughs> uh, also, surprised you live through this slash make the DMC content, you coward. Oh, wait. DMC content? Work on it. Oh, okay. uh, that's, oh, that's what you're I'm doing, working yeah. on Don't Make Cry 5 video. Uh, Mola, please say, alright, steady, slow, and easy. And, okay, you guys can come and pick me up now. Guys? Hello? 
There you go. And Wolf, they want you to say, we are ready to go. What are your feelings towards our success rate? We're ready to go. What are your feelings toward our success rate? Yeah, but I guess it's from a meme video, I'm guessing. So they probably want you to say it in a way that sounds like you're saying that. Hey, that's cheating. Okay, okay. We're ready to go. What are your feelings toward our success rate? Eltheo, I am platinum mad. Okay, Bobson. <laughs> Here's some money for Wolf's next pizza. Also, hi, Rag. Or he'd say hi back. How long have I got? Oh, four minutes. Okay. Mauler, ignore Theo and watch Monogatari. It's important you do. It is Theo's favorite thing. Yes, I'm spending five more quid to dab on Theo. <laughs> Wolf, at 91% of Ori, so glad to be out of spiky, windy hell, was playing while listening to this stream and had more fun than you did tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Loved it. Excellent. Speaking of memes, I got a couple coming out soon, as well as the first part of EFAP the movie. Can't wait for EFAP 50. Oh, neither can we. I want Theo, who was on EFAP, to read my bedtime stories. Or read me bedtime stories. He will. Oh. Yeah. Uh, damn, you guys are still going. I missed the stream, but wanted to drop by to say I hope you're doing well, and also we should repeal the 19th. I, yeah, of course, Ra. Could you release videos where you guys react to memes separate from the actual EFAP? No. That's part of EFAP. Uh, any chance you'll have Sargon or Shapiro on EFAP 50? I doubt we'll have him on EFAP 50. EFAP 50 is, like, gonna just be past guests coming back on, so... Um, but who knows what'll happen in future? Uh, I'll take a few years, but I'll get to work on moving EFAP to a beautiful home in Alaska, I promise. There you go, James. It's a wonderful project for you to engage in. Alright, I got three minutes. I can do this. Thoughts on 3D anime? Bad. <laughs> Burn it. Burn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who knows? Could be good, could be bad. I don't know anything about that. Uh, Red Cross report said 200,000 died of typhus, by the way. What does that cool. have to do with anything we were talking about? Okay. Okay. Sorry. Uh, thoughts on next James Bond? Wait for it to come out. It's probably going to be terrible, but who knows? That's next 007 to you. Yeah. Attack on Titan is based. Its core conflict is the world's most impotent, important issue right now. People who disagree deserve to be thrown off rooftops. Emir did nothing wrong. Okay. Muller, I want to thank you right now for watching Rise of Skywalker so that I don't have to. Oh yeah, I can already recommend. It's probably not worth it. And then I will confirm that for you soon after it's released, probably. Thoughts on black sails on stars? I have no idea what that is. Uh, do an endgame critique like the TLJ one? I am tempted to do that. I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing exactly with endgame, though. But it will be something. You should do an EFAP with Ryan Dawson to discuss Schindler's List, United 93, Zero Dark 30, and Sicario. Guaranteed top-tier episode. Well, yes, I don't know who that is, though. Wolf, when will, be able to, when will we be able to buy your book again? Don't know. Mola, what's with the drawings in your Soma vids? They were supposed to be funny, stupid, and represent the fact that I'm just a randy dude who's trying to comment on stuff, but they were also great but not how to, to convey emotion in what I was saying, because I was a little bit less emotive back then, but um, I might bring them back. Oh god, I have a minute. Uh, watch the Doom Eternal presentation with the dev, plays it on stage, it's amazing. There's still a developer listening to fans, thank you, it's software. Oh yes, it's probably going to be a very good game. Whoever said Crab is worst girl and Cat for the Wind deserves to be burned by one giant ghost tiger. Hey. 
Thanks again, Bobson. Wolf, if you leave, I will genuinely miss your faithful promotion of one of life's great joys, pizza. It's fun to point out whenever you go on mute. Okay. Uh, Wolf, you sound like Boogie in Eye of Souls DMs. Oh, I've heard about that. Uh, I don't know what that reference Well, is. I'll talk to you about that after the show. I've got 50 seconds and I've got four super chats. As the son of the philosopher, it's nice to see philosophy on EFAP. Also, crab best kill, second best kill. It's two bullets by what? Benny. Talk to the forecaster or against Legate Lanius at Hoover Dam. Also, how could you say that, Wolf? I couldn't forget my favorite EFAP host. You're the one I found first. Ah. James Moore as well. Hmm. Uh, Pothead Wolf bans me. Me? Out am I? Oh. Out am I? I know that reference. Uh, in OGTLK at the Stampede, Zazu says he will help and Scar knocks him out. 2016, Scar tells Zazu to help him and he lets him leave. Zazu proceeds to do not do that and instead chills with Rafiki. What the fuck? And then the final one is Geode. Yeah, that movie sounds terrible. Um, so, end of stream. Thank you all for the generous donations and, and the, for watching. We will see you next, EFAP. Toodle pip, cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs> Later.